Hey, what's up, Leftover Army? Um, yeah, watched The uh, Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies, which we're going to be talking about, and I'm going to review the episode with Frank later on. But, you know, I noticed in the movie that, you know, you had, like, uh, you got all your dwarves, uh, elves, and humans, and I noticed in this movie that, you know, the dwarves, they were obsessed with this Arkenstone, you know, uh, Thorin in particular, Thorin Oakenshield, um, had to have the Arkenstone. Arkenstone, Arkenstone, Arkenstone. Thorne talked about it so much, I wanted to call him Born Oakenshield because he was boring the hell out of me, just yammering on about this fucking Arkenstone all the time. And the elves, Thandril, he in particular, but he was obsessed with getting that necklace back. You know, it wasn't a huge part of the story, but there was that object. They had to have that necklace back, you know. I think in the books they talked about how that necklace was, you know, fashioned by the dwarves. He wanted it back. It was supposed to be made for his wife, blah, 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 blah. You know, everybody's got to get their bling on. But what about the humans? You know what I mean? The humans, like, what about us? What do we get? You know what I mean? We, I guess we were just looking for shelter in this movie. But you know what? Why didn't we go after something, some object? You know why? And I figured it out. I figured it out because we are above that. We are above that. We don't need the bling. All humans need is the heart of rock and roll. They say the heart of rock and roll is Episode 70, Merry Christmas Leftover Army. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Gonna toss it, gonna taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture. Leftover. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the next day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. And he's a leftover. I'm the leftover. I'm the lone leftover this week. Stop. Hammer time. All right. Is it time okay. for a drop? Is that what you're saying? It could be. All right. Hold on. Where is it? Where's this stupid thing at? There you go. <laughs> Hammer time. 
Yeah, so uh, it's uh, just me and you, Frank. Yep. Yep, we're hanging out in the garage this week. Dim the lights down low, play some soft music. Right. It's an intimate uh, Frank Hammer and uh, Brian podcast. Caress the top of my hand ever so gently. <laughs> Whisper sweet nothings into your ear. <laughs> my wife's like right over there. I think she's probably going to get disturbed. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, hey, uh, it's uh, Christmas in a few days. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas to the Leftover Army. Or, you know, uh, Happy Hanukkah or your preferred Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Yeah. All Merry Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa, yeah. as I like to call it. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, yeah, Merry Christmas to the Leftover Army. Hope you're doing something fun on Christmas, spending time with family, all that good stuff. So. <laughs> I'm so festive. <laughs> jingle bells, jingle bells. You know, yeah, hold on. Let's, yeah, let's, it is Christmas, right? Yeah. Here we go, come on. There we go. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. We can have that, there we go. Yeah, it's Christmas. Sweet. Now it feels like Christmas, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much. We haven't had any snow, so it doesn't look it. I wanted to ask you, what's the deal with the mistletoe above your crotch? What's going on there? For what? No. <laughs> I, I, bad thing is I had to double check to look to see if I took it off before I came out here or not. Yeah. <laughs> you are, what are your plans for Christmas? We are going to have Christmas here. Uh, we decided not to travel, and I'm going to have my son on Christmas this year. So uh, we're going to have it here, cook some turkey, open presents, all that good stuff. Awesome. How don't, about you? Don't ask me. Oh. It's depressing. Let's see. Okay. Like, my family... My mom lives in North Carolina. My dad's still living here until he finishes. He works at Cat. Right, yeah. And when he retires, then he's moving down there with my mom. Gotcha. So they're spending Christmas. My dad flew into North Carolina yesterday. Oh. So they're spending Christmas together there. My sister's going to be with, like, her boyfriend's family or something like that. Yeah. I'll, dude, I'll just be kicking around the house. Well, fuck, come over here. <laughs> no, seriously, everybody's worried about me. What do you, like, no, like, I need people to eat this fucking turkey because I bought a 20-pound turkey and nobody's showing up. Yeah, like, see, that's what, everybody's, like, worried about me. Like, like uh, the day after Christmas, they're going to, like, find, find me hanging from my closet. <laughs> no. You know? No. <laughs> If they do find me hanging from my closet, I'm going to do some interesting stuff. Oh, shit. Like what? I don't know. I have a belt around my neck. Thinking, you know, I've been doing some uh, erato, auto erotic <laughs> asphyxiation stuff. Oh, God. Make sure you're like, you're like assless chaps or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have like, you know, I'm going to just do weird stuff, dude. Just weird stuff. Holy shit. Like uh, that, I'll be having, there'll be like a power drill like next to me. <laughs> And then, like, one of those troll dolls. I'll just have one of those strapped to my ass cheek or something. Oh, It'll just be weird. Like, you could draw, like, uh, eyeballs above your dingling and use the thing itself as Frank, a Frank, this is a family show. Don't be using words like dingling. Oh, fuck. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do, do what? Put eyeballs above it? Yeah, like, draw a picture. Like, draw eyes and, like, your dick's the nose. Oh, so I could make him look like Gonzo? I could take... <laughs> I can take a beloved Muppets character, <laughs> yeah, and then just destroy it and with with my with my dead corpse nudity. <laughs> give everybody something to talk about. The play. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want him to play. I want him to play that song. Let's give him something to talk about. <laughs> and then I want my picture to actually be that picture, my picture of my Gonzo dick. That's right. the one that they put up on like the tripod, you know. Yeah. 
We should make like a pact that like whoever goes first, the other yeah. one goes dressed as the Grim Reaper and just stands in the corner, doesn't talk to anybody. <laughs> These bells are driving me crazy, dude. I forgot they were there. I just tuned them out. <laughs> How can you talk about, like, uh, this stuff with, with bells going on in the background? It's like the fucking Chinese water torture, man. Right. It's not so bad, but just over time, it's like... Yeah, when you notice it. Hold on, it's gone. Uh, yeah. Wow, I still hear it, though. That's the I messed know. up thing. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah. No Jake this week. No... This this is the episode like nobody thought would happen. I don't even know if people are going to listen to this one, man. It's me and you. Right. I Man, I don't even know that I would listen to this one. I know. This is scary. <laughs> me and Frank. You got. I was telling Jake in a text message that Frank has no Jake safety net. No. Nope. There's no Jake net. I don't know. I, I, th- I feel like sometimes I take beatings from the both of you. I think this is a good, yeah, a little bit. I think this is, I think this is a good episode for you. I mean, you've bust out of your shell on a few, ep- a few episodes, but this is a mm-hmm. good one for you. You know, just kind of like come out of your shell because it's gonna be, it's gonna be very Frank centric because it's just me and you. Well, yeah, and no. I am at home, so I don't have to like try to go anywhere. So right. I could just drink my fuck ass silly. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. And now Brian's but, scared. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> no, but I look over there. You got a Mountain Dew. You don't know what's so, in there with it. Uh, that's true. That's <laughs> true. But no Jake this episode. He will be back next week. Um, we do have the Tupperwares coming up in two weeks. Uh, excited for the Tupperwares. Yeah. Yeah. Jake's uh, really getting yeah. going with that Tuppies. Yeah, the it's, Tuppies. It's, it's growing on me. Um, and then, uh, let's see here. Yeah, this week is the, the Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies. Yep. I mean, we're not going to do it like we've done in past episodes, like breaking down every scene by scene by scene, because there was a lot of news that I want to cover this week. Sure. You know what I mean? We had, like, the whole interview thing. Yeah. A lot of Sony Spider-Man Marvel stuff going on. I want to mm-hmm. talk about that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll be doing that later in the episode. Um, I was, an, an announcement, uh, I was a guest host on the Joe Schmo Comics Show, uh, the, ho- the show hosted by uh, Jared Gafford, who listens to our show, uh, him and Neil and Lucas. I had a great time with those guys. I think it's going to be episode 15. Hopefully it'll be up by the time you listen to this. Uh, but definitely check that out. Uh, also, this is huge. We are listed as an official editorial review for Snowpiercer. That's awesome. The comic. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like the graphic novel that came out, The Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. Part 1, Volume uh, volume 1. We are an editorial review. And, it, and like the, the it, it, I was wrong on our Facebook. It said, like, the quote was a modern classic yep. is what they took from us. And it's not just Barnes & Nobles, man. I mean, if you, if you do a Google search for this, you know, um, Pop Culture Leftovers, it shows up on every site for The Snowpiercer. We're listed as an official editorial review. That is scary. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, though. So I wanted yeah. to thank, you know, Dave Griffin, who, who wrote the article for us. Um, I, I, at first, I didn't think it was real. I, I thought that I thought it was a lie. Like, yeah. I couldn't, I, I forgot about him doing that article. And I th- honestly thought, like, they had just saw our pop culture leftovers and just said, oh, we'll make up a quote and throw it in there. And then I, like, I went did some research and saw the actual article, and I was just like, no, we we had an article and they pulled from it. That's that's pretty awesome. That's fucking bitching. We're immortalized for the Snowpiercer, a wow. movie I loved. I haven't read the the graphic novel this volume, but dude, that's awesome. 
That's nuts. Yeah. I, I haven't got a chance to see the movie yet. I got it. I paid for it before it got yeah. on Netflix, but it is yeah. on Netflix now. It's so. on Netflix now? Yeah. Nice. Dude, it's it's a great movie. Tupperware. Uh, Chris Evans. If you haven't seen it, it's like a post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie. It's it's amazing. Um, <laughs> let's talk about what happened last week. Daniel Cudmore. All right. Yeah, I heard it. Okay. You heard the episode, that part of the episode with yep. the Daniel Cudmore stuff. Mm-hmm. Daniel Cudmore plays uh, Colossus um, in the X-Men movies. And last week I got on the podcast and I was talking about him. And I said basically he's a poor man's Brandon Routh. Like if you strip Brandon Routh of all of his talent, you would have Daniel Cudmore. Right. Right. <laughs> And so, like, um, we kind of ripped on him a little bit, and then um, it kind of spilt over into Twitter with with the Leftover Army. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anderson Arruda, he tweeted, you know, okay, this is what happened. Like, I, I was talking to, you know, Jared, the Joe Schmo comic show on yeah. Twitter about, you know, like, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him that... You know, he was saying, like, Logan Lerman should be the next Spider-Man. Okay. And, I, dude, I'm, I'm not sold on Logan Lerman as Spider-Man. Gotcha. And so I was like, uh, so I, I, you know, I messaged Anderson Arruda, and then I tagged uh, uh, Joe Schmo Comic Show in it, and I was like, dude, this guy wants Logan Lerman. And then we started going off on that. And then Anderson tweets, can we also, can we also all agree that Logan has as, has as much acting talent as Daniel Cudmore? Okay. And I, 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 Logan Lerman's a better actor in my opinion. Yeah. He's good for what he does. I just don't see him as Spider-Man. He was phenomenal in Fury. He was great in Perks of Being a Wallflower. He's a good actor. I just don't see him being able to be, you know, pull off the quips and, and be as witty as a Spider-Man that I want. Sure, right. Um, and so Joe Schmo Comic Show says, how many times do you think we have to... Okay, and then we started talking about how much we love Brandon Ralph. So we started tagging... You know, Daniel Cudmore and Brandon Routh in these tweets and sending them to them, too. They're, so hopefully, you know, hoping that they're going to read these. Right, yeah. And everybody's, like, you know, basically, like, sucking Brandon Routh's dick, talking about how amazing he is. We <laughs> yeah. even started our own hashtag called Dat Ruth, though. <laughs> and we're loving Brandon Routh, giving him all the love and bashing on Cudmore. And Joe Schmo says, how many times do you think we have to say that we love Routh before he favorites a tweet? And Aruda says, dude, it should be our mission to get a Routh tweet. And then he says, uh, at Daniel Cutter, uh, oh yeah, it's, uh, and then, and then, uh, Dan- uh, Anderson Aruda tweets at Daniel Cudmore and it says, it's not like Daniel Cudmore has nothing else to do. It's not like he's shooting a movie or something. <laughs> and then, um, Matt, Soggy MO uh-huh. from Twitter goes, at Daniel Cudmore, as Black Bolt, so he never has to speak on film again. Oh, damn. So these are getting sent to him. Oh, shit. And then Anderson Aruda says, well, if that's the case, he's been playing B- Black Bolt in movies for years now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then they throw up this headshot of Daniel Cudmore uh-huh. as Colossus. It's just like a headshot. Yeah. And then uh, Soggy Mo Matt goes, most emotional in a headshot I've ever seen. Oh. And then Anderson Aruda says, I know that look. It's how the fuck did I get this gig and who do I blow to keep it? <laughs> Holy shit, my man. <laughs> All right. So, like, that happened one day. Like, the next day... We all, you know, we all wake up, you know, bright, bushy-eyed and all that crap. And there's a tweet from 
Daniel Cudmore. Right. And it says, no, but it does show I'm a working actor, <laughs> exclamation point. Grr. Thanks for the advice, fellas. Yeah. So I tweet back at him, and I said, <laughs> I thought Colossus would have thicker skin. That's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> so David Isaac starts tweeting dude and he goes uh and then you know they're still showing brandon routh so much love yeah 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 and um david isaac says when man crushes go too far <laughs> never far enough with routh though and then joe schmo comic show says never i'd leave my wife for routh but he'd never have me no time for that and then david isaac goes i'd leave my wife if he agreed to wear soups and adam suits in bed and then he also says, I'm sure he is probably sufficiently creeped out. That's when we get a response from the man himself, Superman. Right. And he says, just a bit. <laughs> Smiley face. That's awesome. Yes, dude. So in less than 24 hours, we got tweets from Daniel Cudmore and Brandon Routh. Right. That's okay. awesome. Frank, are we going to let it end here? Oh, we can't. No, we can't no. let it end here. No. No, this, no, guys, we gotta keep this going. Yeah, that'd be like, great. Okay, these two have been brought together, in my opinion, for a reason. Uh -huh. And it, you know, it started on our show, it spilt over into the twits, uh, twits. Twits. <laughs> <laughs> it spilt over, I guess I'm calling Cudmore a twit now. <laughs> oh shit. Ralph excluded, he's awesome. We love Ralph. Yeah, um, we love, hashtag we love Ralph. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, I don't want this to stop here, I want this to keep going. It was a lot of fun. And I think these two should be immortalized together now, okay? Right, yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Brandon Routh a lot better as Superman. I don't know if anybody will agree with me or not, but uh, I didn't hate Henry Cavill either. I Yeah, I, uh, Brandon Routh as Superman yeah. was really good. Yeah. Uh, the screenplay was awful. Yeah. He was really good. Yeah, I loved him as Superman. Yeah, I mean, and his direction was he was told to play... Christopher, Christopher Reeves. Reeves. Yeah. He was supposed to act like Christopher Reeves being Superman. Mm -hmm. And I think you nailed it. He did for the first part of the movie, and it started to trail off a little bit. Yeah. But for the most part, I think he did a really good job. Yeah. With like what he, the direction he was given mm -hmm. from Singer. Right. So, but I want these two to be mortalized forever together now. Okay. So I have started our own Twitter page. Okay. Frank, do you have Twitter? Can you pull it up? Yeah, I can pull it up, yeah. All right. I want you to do a search right now on Twitter for... Okay, we remember Remember, we talked about Star Trek 3. Yeah. Bring in Riker. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. My goal is, on Twitter, to tweet both of these guys, and I've started a movement, because they started Bring in Riker as a movement. Our movement is Bring in Colossus. So I want you to look up Bring in Colossus. And my goal is to get Daniel Cudmore at least one episode on Arrow uh -huh. to work with Brandon Routh in a scene. I don't right. care if he's a regular character. I don't care. I want this guy to have work on Arrow. I want Daniel Cudmore on Arrow. That is my mission. Okay. And I want us to tweet. I want us to tweet, you know, at CW Arrow. I want us to tweet Daniel Cudmore, Brandon Routh. I want to bring these two guys together. We've immortalized them on our podcast together in that one episode. It sure. spilled over onto Twitter. And now I want this to spill over onto the actual shows. I want the army to tweet, use the hashtag, bring in Colossus. I want Daniel Cudmore on Arrow. Yeah, that'd be next season. Awesome. Next season, it's gotta happen. Oh yeah, man. I, I'm I just getting started on Arrow, 
So I'd be looking forward to that. I'm going to do my best to try to get caught up before the end of this season, which I think is season three, right? Season three is this season, yeah. Gotcha, yeah. yeah. And I'm going to, it's kind of lame as what it is. I'm going to hold off on starting Arrow until I get through the first two seasons. Yeah. Because they got that crossover episode on both shows, and yeah. I don't want to get mixed up, so I'm going to have to end up rolling those both at the same time. Yeah. Are you still watching Flash? I have never started. I didn't have time to get going with it. Yeah. And then after I heard that there was going to be the crossover, I decided to wait and hit Arrow first. Ah, gotcha. But, yeah, I found uh, Bringing Colossus. I went ahead and retweeted it already. So by yeah. the time you hear this, I mean, people should be able to see it. Oh, okay. All right. Um, read the mission statement on, on, the, on, the, on the page. I want you to read the mission statement. It says, we are dedicated to getting at Daniel Cudmore, who plays Colossus in the hashtag X-Men movies, to star in hashtag Arrow and share screen time with the great at Brandon J. Ralph. Yep. That's our goal. That'd be awesome. Let's do this. Yes. Let's make this happen. We can do that. Retweet. Retweet. Tweet. Do it all. I mean, let's get this out there. I want, I want this to be big. I want, I want freaking Cudmore on Arrow. That's my goal. Right. That'd be awesome. To share a scene with the great Brandon Ralph. Sure. And then if, uh, if he's got anything to say about it, I mean, worst thing we can say is we were just trying to get the man work. Ouch. <laughs> no, you know, honestly, he Sorry. was, a, he was kind of a good sport after that. No, I know. I was just teasing. Yeah, I was just I a know. joke. No, but yeah, you're right. He needs work. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got an email this week, uh, from, uh, Ryan Dross, who was on the show with us last week. Star Joe's podcast. Yep, heard it. Got an email from him, and he's got, he asked us some questions. He asked us a really good question. He wants to know like our top ten favorite fictional characters in pop culture. I'm not going to do it this week. Right. I'm going to wait. I'm going to give. I'm going to give us a week. I'm going to talk to Jake about it next week. And okay. this might even be part of our Tupperwares. You know, it's a, yeah, that'd be cool. It's a top ten list. Sure. I mean, we're going to have a list on the Tupperwares. Might as well knock it out then, right? Yeah, I think that's a great question because uh, you know so many things are so far reaching. Yeah. I'll reveal Ryan's on that episode too, because he's he's got his top ten in here as well. Gotcha. So um, I don't know. You got? Do you want to jump into the Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies? Yeah, sure. All right. Unless, did you have anything else you wanted to go over? No, 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 not yet. All right. So, um, yeah. Oh, I did. What's up? All right. <sighs> so, I got a feeling I'm in for it for hold some on, reason. Hold on. All right. So, um, yeah. What was it like? What time was I supposed to meet you here today? Oh, fuck. <laughs> One o'clock. What time did I show up? One o'clock. Did that boggle your mind? Was it, was it, were, you know what I mean? Did it confuse you? No. No, I knew you were going to be here right on time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, right? Yeah. One o'clock rolls around, boom, there I am. Uh-huh. No text. No, no, like, random text saying, hey, uh, I'm going to be getting something from Steak and Shake. You, right. you, do you want something? <laughs> exactly. No, it was uh, <laughs> it was just like me being company man, yep. Mr. Pop Culture Leftover, showing up on time. I thought it might confuse you. No, no. Was, like you would have looked at your watch and said, you do know I said to meet me here at 1, right, Brian? <laughs> no. I, uh, you realize it's not one thirty or one forty-five. right? I was scrambling around trying to get some stuff ready, and I kept looking out the window to see if you were here before 1, and then I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You know he's going to show up right at 1 o'clock. Yeah. So, yeah. 1 o'clock. There you go. Yep. yep. Mr. Johnny on the spot. Fuck, I'm late to everything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. Now, we do have a unique rating system here on Pop Culture Leftovers. So if you're not uh, familiar with our rating system, we want you to be. 
The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. So, yeah, we're going to do toss it, taste it, or Tupperware for the Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies. Um, it is directed by Peter Jackson and written by Jackson himself, Fran Walsh, Philippa Boyens, and Guillermo del Toro. It is the third and final installment in the three-part film adaptation based on the novel by J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, it stars Martin Freeman, Ian McKellen, Richard Armitage, Evangeline Lilly, Lee Pace, Luke Evans, Benedict Cumberbatch, Ken Stott, James Nesbitt, Kate Blanchett, Christopher Lee, Ian Holm, Hugo Weaving, and Orlando Bloom. We're going to go ahead and rate this movie. Frank, talk to me about The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. How did you see it? Was it IMAX? How did you see it? I just saw it in regular 2D. So did I. Uh, I have an issue with 3D anyway. That's that's right, yeah. So uh, in order to not distract from the experience, I just saw it in 2D. Um, Yeah, I am a huge Tolkien fan. Uh, I I even own a replica of the One Ring. Um, And these three movies altogether, they didn't need to be that long, and I really wished that this one was going to knock it out of the park for me. I didn't hate it, and I don't know how deeply we're going to dissect it, but uh, I give it a taste-it. Um, if it's anything, it's a high taste-it just because of the source material, but uh, I, there's too many issues for me for it to be a Tupperware, so I'm going to go and taste it. So it's a taste-it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am going to give this movie a high taste-it. Okay. A solid high tasted. Gotcha. Um, I really enjoyed myself. I, I thought it was great. Um, the only issue that I had, maybe I saw the first two in IMAX and really enjoyed them. Yeah. Um, the only issue I had is like they promised us like this huge battle at the end. And I think we got a big battle at the end, but I don't think it compared to the battle that we got in the two towers. I agree with that. Big and time. I wanted to see something bigger than that. Yeah. Or at least something with more weight. And it just didn't feel like we got it. No. It was awesome. Um, part of like what I loved about that battle too is like all, it's like this crazy battle with the orcs, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, in this one, yeah, we got that that dwarf Dane. Yeah, uh, and it was great. I loved it. Yeah. But, um, you know, in those we had Bloom and Gimli working together, and it was just a lot funnier, yeah. in my opinion. Right. But I loved it. I loved the movie. I thought it was a, a, a it was a lot of fun. I feel like the first two movies could have been one movie, but I think this needed to be. I, I think this was a, a an okay length. I guess. I mean, um, it could. It, it was two hours, 20 minutes long, which right. it could have been longer, mm-hmm. you know, and just spoilers, there were no five endings. It wasn't the battle right. of the five endings. Exactly. It was just, boom, one ending. Right. And, and they did tie it in nicely to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, they did. And I told everybody, like, I told Jake, and he said, no, we're still going to get Elijah Wood in this movie. No Elijah Wood. Nope. I mean, he came out and said he's not in the movie, so, and we didn't see him in this movie. Right. So... Um, but, you know, like, uh, I'm going to give it a high taste. It. Uh, the visuals were spectacular. Mm-hmm. Spectacular visuals. Um, and uh, I, 
I just can't Tupperware it just because of that one battle. They promised us something so big and so huge. And I, I think what they meant was, like, you're going to get all the dwarves, all the elves. You're going to get, you know what I mean? And right. But I think some of that was what they were fighting over. And yeah. they kept talking, oh, well, the mountain's got strategic position. Yeah. Like, oh, well, it's got all this wealth in there. Right. Those are, Those things are petty. In the Lord of the Rings, when you're dealing with the battle at the end, yeah, you're talking about like the survival of everything that's good in the world. Yeah, there's there's too much weight in that battle. Well, and it was just cool that they were battling <laughs> over a ring. Just, well, right, but no, no what I mean, it meant, yeah, yeah, it's just this tiny little ring. But that's that was awesome. Yeah, 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 and there was just, I mean. It didn't feel that any of it held the weight that it did just because, okay, so whoever won, humanity's still going to move forward. Everybody's going to die. Somebody's just going to be in charge of the mountain. Yeah. But uh, one thing I did want to say, I thought it was funny, uh, when the orcs went after Lake Town. Yeah. And you had that one that had the battering ram helmet. Yeah. That was yeah. fucking hilarious. He charged head first right into the wall and then stood up and stumbled and fell back on his ass. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. And then... Um, uh, I, are we just doing out of order, bouncing around? Um, I mean, we can go in order. I wanted to okay. talk real quick about, you know how I talked about how it, I think the first movie could have been just, the the the, the, the first two movies could have been one movie. Yeah. I, I, I think it would have played better that way because they did stretch, I mean, to, uh, Jackson did stretch, stretch the source material. Yeah. Big time for these movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk about that real quick. Cool. Um, there's a sequence in the first Hobbit film, you know, the unexpected journey. Yeah. They're, you know, the, the, they're traveling and there's the stone giant scene. Yeah. Which I enjoyed the scene. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. Um, and you see like the stone giants throwing rocks and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. That whole scene takes about two minutes, 15 seconds. Gotcha. That two minute and 15 second scene is based off this one small part of text from the book this is the this is the text sure bilbo saw that across the valley the stone giants were out and were hurling rocks at one another for a game and catching them and tossing them down into the darkness where they smashed along the trees far below or splintered into little bits with a bang they could hear the giants guffawing and shouting all over the mountainsides that's it. Right. That's what's in the book. That's mm-hmm. what they stretched out into two minutes and 15 seconds. Right. In the movie. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I like the scene. I thought it was a fun scene. Sure. But <clears throat> that's what we got from me reading something that took 20 seconds. Yeah. Uh, the uh, whole uh, love story between Tariel and Feely. Yeah. That was all made up, too. And yeah. know, Jackson himself even said that it was a cold-blooded attempt at trying to get young ladies into the audience oh really yeah hmm. so yeah that sucks um the hobbit is the only film with more minutes of film than book pages holy shit there was one minute 41 seconds of film per source page in the first film mm-hmm. one minute 20 seconds per page in the second and two minutes per page in the last film Right. 144 minutes total, and it's based on 72 pages of source material for that final film. Wow. Um, the closest runner-up is The Great Gatsby. 
okay. which was 143 minutes, uh-huh. and that's based on 180 pages of source material. Gotcha. So 48 seconds of film per page. Right. As to where this is, it's just insane. I think that if he would have, he would have, we would have all been a lot happier, ended up with a far better product if we had two really long, but fucking action-packed movies. And you're still saying, like, they could come out with the extended edition. Yeah, then throw whatever. I mean, they wouldn't be able to do the love story, but that he, he himself said that was bullshit anyway. Yeah. We didn't need it. Yeah. They, they were just trying to throw something in. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think two... I would have rather had two three-hour-long movies that went from place to place, just like the book did, and keep the pacing... Yeah. ...than have it be all drawn out. Right. One thing I was really glad to see that was not in the book was when um, the battle that between Saruman, Galadriel, and Elrond, when they came to save Gandalf. Wow. That was fucking amazing. I was Thank glad you. that was in it. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's the one part in the movie where I was like, damn me for not buying an IMAX 3D ticket. Right. I am going to go see it again in IMAX. Wow. I, I mean, of that. that was phenomenal. Um yeah, it, it was amazing. It was an amazing scene. Um, uh, the visuals in this, I think, took another leap forward yeah. because of that scene. And I was squealing like a little girl in the fucking seat going, yeah. Go, Saruman! You Christopher Lee! I go. know, I know. Right. It was so awesome. Um, Elrond with the sword. I know, it was fucking crazy. Uh, you know, Galadriel like, went all like exorcist and shit. You yeah. know what I mean? It was awesome, dude. Right. Yeah. I loved it. And uh, the visuals that they had on, like, are they the necromancers? I believe so, yeah. Like, you talk about the... The Nine Men. Yeah, those are the ring rakes. Well, they're, 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 yeah, they're, they're pre, like pre-ring rakes. Yeah. No, the Necromancer, that's what they called, in The Hobbit, they called um, Sauron the Necromancer before yeah. they called him Sauron. Right, yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't really know yeah. that was who they were dealing with. Yeah, but, the, like, dude, the way they looked, even on a 2D screen, mm-hmm. visually... You could see right through them. Yeah. They look like specters, like ghosts. Sure. It was uh-huh. so amazing. Right. I um, I had a little bit of an issue with the video quality in my theater. Oh, really? Uh, a lot of theaters now are going to this 4K stuff. And yeah. the one that I was in, I could tell was Did not. you go to Pekin? No. Oh, okay. I know. I need to go there yeah. from now on because yeah. I did see a 4K down there. But no, um, this was, we were sitting not in the front, front row, but like at the front row of the high rise. How many people were in your theater? Not that many. Uh, but we went Friday at 11. See, I so, went Tuesday night, opening night. Right, yeah. And I had a great seat and there was maybe like 20, 30 people in the theater total. Sure. I mean, usually this is the where, right where we head, but. I don't know why. I saw a lot of pixelization along fine edges, like especially when you would have a sharp contrast between light and dark. You could see it. And that's part of the reason why I want to see it again, because it was so bad in my theater, it started to try to pull me out a little bit. Yeah. So I want to make sure I see it again in a different one to see what it's like. Right. What did you think? Let's talk about the, like, you know, some of the scenes in the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got Smog back. Yes. So what did you think about Smog in... In the movie. I loved him. I mean, I've loved him in both of them. Uh, it's one of the shining moments, one of the Tupperware parts of the movies. Yeah. Um, a- absolutely great. Terrifying to the end. Yeah. I mean, I-, I loved it. He looked so damn good. Yeah. Just out in the open, flying around, torching the city. Right. Looked gorgeous. 
And, you know, he's one of the reasons why I like him so well is there never is a shred of humanity about him. There's no possible redeeming anything about this guy. Yeah. And while Sauron's the same way, Sauron never really speaks. And every time, every time Smog speaks, it's intimidation, it's terror. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I thought that was really cool. But on the flip side, it's like, I don't know, I'm like half and half. Like, could they have wrapped this part up in the last movie? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think they should have. Because we watched uh, The Desolation of Smog the night before we went to go see this. And it kind of made me feel like a lot about what you were saying about the Hunger Games movie. Yeah. If they would have smashed it together right there and just had, you know, trim out some of the bullshit, that would have been a lot better. But that all should have been one continuous... Uh, all in one movie thing. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know if it would have been more climactic had they had done it in the other movie, or if it's less, or if it's anticlimactic in this one. It just felt like, let, okay, let's just get the smog stuff done right. and over with. All right, now here's your movie. Here's yeah. your real movie. Here's the Battle of the Five Armies. It's like they just kind of like wrapped that up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it. Uh... <sighs> I, I, I still think all of it should have just been one movie altogether or two, the entire series. Yeah. If you trim, I, I don't think it could have been one, but... With with the with the way that they did the battle of the five, five armies at the end, just doing it in one movie, I don't think they right. could have done it. They would have had to trim the fat a lot. Right. See, and, they, and some of that is still due to them adding stuff in there because the two bad orcs, yeah. they were never a part of the books right they, they pulled those from the appendages right yeah and um, see with that it was just the big intimidating army there was no like leader no face to it yeah so they added that so so that I think at least I didn't know that they were pulled from the appendages but I found a, a buddy of mine had actually read all of them right and told me that yeah they're they're in the appendages gotcha that character so sure. um, but yeah I think they were just wanting to have more of a poetic uh, or meaningful death for Thorne yeah. So, and Keely and Feely. Yeah. But, uh... uh Keely, uh, that's not the one that was in the relationship. That was Feely, right? I'm pretty sure it was yeah. Feely in the relationship. Keely, I, 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 like, I didn't, the first two movies I didn't know who the actor was, uh-huh. but now that I've been watching the show, uh, The Almighty Johnsons, the show from New Zealand. Right. With, uh, where they play, like, uh, Norse gods. Uh-huh. And I love this show, by the way. I just like watched like they had the season finale on Sci-Fi uh, Thursday night. It's so good. I love it. But he plays one of the Norse god brothers. He plays um, uh, one of them on the show. His name's Anders. Ah, okay. So, but uh, yeah, I love that actor now. Gotcha. So, just throwing that out there. And then, did you uh, recognize who played Dane? Oh, uh, that's from, um, it's the Scottish actor. Billy Connolly. Yeah, from, uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff, but I remember from, like, he took over in, uh, Head of the Class. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as he spoke, I knew right who that was. Yeah. That was crazy. Eric and Simone. <laughs> Stop making out in the back of the classroom. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's, what else has he been in? He's been in a bunch of stuff, oh, dude. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. I can't even think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Frank. No, you're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, uh, we had that battle, you know, with Smog. It was cool, man. I dug it. Uh, people trying to get the hell out of there. And then, um, let's see here. Uh, I loved that the death was cool. I thought uh, with uh, the bard and his son, 
up on that tower yeah and pulling back on that uh makeshift bow or whatever that they had yeah know? he was using his son as a yeah. as a fucking uh, i don't even know like what to a, call like, a bow just to kind of like target balance. Yeah. yeah balance it man yeah, pulled, move to the left. Oh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> pulled back on it, and right. that was awesome, dude. The death was. I, I thought, like, the, I don't know. I was thinking to myself, are they really milking this thing? But no, I think it, the death played very well. Yeah. Well, I mean, there had to be some humans left to be able to flee to the ruined city of Dale. Yeah. He, yeah. And he was making real quick work of them all too. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of wondering how they were going to do that. And it was just absolutely brutal. The death, it's just, I was like, are they really milking this? Because I was like, it reminded me of like the death of Unicron in the Transformers animated movie. Okay. Where like, it was just like, you know, uh, he flies up into the outer space and he's like, and then, you know what I mean? And, right. and then, then, then the fire burns out and then that's where Unicron explodes, but that's where he like falls back down onto the, on the middle earth and just like destroys right. the town. <laughs> but I thought it was cool. I loved it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, where are we in? The, I don't know. I, I just want to talk about different scenes that we liked. We already talked about the, the scene, um, with, with the three fighting Elrond and yeah, oh, so awesome. Oh, that, that was really good. I mean, yeah. in the books, they never really even go to Dol Godor. Yeah, you just know that uh, G- uh, Gandalf leaves and then shows back up, and then that I did like. Right. That was an addition that was awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So Saruman, uh, he tells Elrond that you know Sauron is not a threat without the One Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we see Azog. Marching on Erebor with his orc army. Um, we learn from Bold that an elf army under Thandril is also approaching. Uh, Azog sends Bolg to Gundabond. Uh, these <laughs> Gundabag, Gundabad. <laughs> that sounds like something that Jar Jar Binks would say. Yeah, exactly. Gundabag. Yeah. Uh, to summon the remaining forces. Legolas and Tariel, they, uh, they witness the march of the second massive orc army. Um, and then we see like the goblins and uh, then the giant bats. Yeah, which we didn't really get a good look at those up close. Mm-hmm. I'd say just like the one scene. Yeah, but the bat—I thought the bats were pretty cool. Yeah, they were pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Thandril's army arrives in Dale, and then um, that's when he forges an alliance with Bard to claim the necklace of white gems. Right, and. Uh, Basically, Thorin said, no, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get any treasures. I'm not giving the humans anything to, like, you know, you know, build themselves back up. Right. He's gone mad, crazy with madness. Did you think it was weird how he was turned to the side when Bard was trying to barter with him through the rocks? Like he wasn't looking at him? I, visually, I don't think he wanted to look at him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. look him in the eye because... Maybe he would have felt a little bit more remorse. That's possible, yeah. I don't know. And my wife was joking around that like he was he was like going to confession. <laughs> uh, yeah, that too. I don't know. Maybe like if he would have looked him in the eye. Maybe he's just so disgusted with humans, and you know he just didn't want to look him in the eye or or, or feel any kind of like remorse for him at all. Because I yeah. mean, those people went through the ringer, dude. Yeah, yeah. That or he maybe felt like he was too high and mighty to even have to deal with them. Yeah. Um, Gandalf arrives, Bilbo sneaks out of Erebor, and uh, he'd stolen the Arkenstone, mm-hmm. and hands it over to Thandril and the Bard. Um, then the next day, the Bard and Thandril's army gather at the gates of Erebor, and they say, uh, you know, trade the Arkenstone to Thorin for gold. And Thorin says no. 
and says we're going to go to war. Uh, Thandril's forces begin their assault on Aragor, uh, uh, on Erebor, um, but it's short-lived, and uh, Thorin's cousin Dane arrives with an army of dwarves. Mm-hmm. I love this. Yeah. Because that's the one thing that we didn't get in Lord of the Rings, the first one, was dwarves. All right. we got was Gimli and then, like, the two other dwarves that showed up for, like, that, uh, you know, to figure out what they're going to do with the One Ring yeah. when they went to Rivendale. Mm-hmm. So, um, the dwarf army prepares to attack. I mean, they're they're behind Thorin. We're going to attack. And uh, the they're going to attack the elves. Uh, then, finally, Azog's army shows up, makes its appearance, uh, starts to attack the dwarves in the city of Dale with the orcs outnumbered. Um, with the orcs outnumbering Dane's army, Thandril's forces, they join the battle. Thandril, Bard, Bilbo, and Gandalf assist in the defense of Dale, uh, but the orcs are still outnumbering them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when, finally, the speeches finally get through to Thorin. I mean, he's mad. And what's the dwarf that talks to him? Oh, I can't remember his he name. Looks like he's the, the older guy. He's the older guy. He, he looks like the father from uh, when uh, everybody loves Raymond. Right. Raymond. <laughs> so. The one with the extremely huge nose. Yeah. Funny, funny thing is I saw a picture of the actor without that prosthetic yeah. on there. His nose is pretty damn big anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they didn't have to use much uh, prosthetic. No. Um, Thorne's still saying, I'm not going to fight, I'm not going to fight. And then finally this dude talks to him, talks him into it. That's when it turns the tide. And that's when the the dwarves and the elves start to start to start to win this thing. Yep. Um, dude, I I don't know. The, it, the, it's a high taste it for me. I, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, the aftermath of the battle, uh, Thorn makes peace, you know, with Bilbo for stealing the Arkenstone, and and uh, he has that battle with the orc. Yeah, you want to talk about that for a little bit? Um, you talk about the, uh, the white yeah. orc. Yeah, 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 that was pretty cool. Yeah. The, the white orc, it was kind of like uh, the old Fox cartoon of Peter Pan with Captain Hook who had the removable hook and could do different attachments. Yeah. Instead of his little claw hand, now he's got this gigantic evil-looking saber just, like, into his bone, into his flesh. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they get to fighting, and um, it, it, it gets to a point where the ice starts cracking. Because the white orc has that stone. It's like a gigantic stone almost as big as Thorin. And he's like swinging it around. On a chain. Yeah. yeah. And Thorin's doing a good job of, of dodging it. And um, as the, the, he's throwing the stuff around, they're on a frozen waterfall. So they're on ice. It's cracking. And the piece that they're standing on ends up being just like floating in the, the frozen water. And he throws the thing again. Or no, it's on the ground, I'm sorry. And Thorn picks it up and throws it at the white orc and then just steps backwards. It was brilliant, though. I yeah. mean, throughout this whole thing, we we were just seeing Thorin the Mad King. Yeah. We hadn't seen Thorin Oakenshield. Yeah. Like, the guy that picked up the oak shield mm-hmm. to fight the, the orc originally, we hadn't seen that guy. We just right. saw somebody that was just, like, obsessed with madness, not thinking, and just rushing into battle. I mean, we saw that in the other movie where he took him on again and got mm-hmm. his ass handed to him. Yeah. Here, like, instead of, like, oh, okay, I'm just going to just attack this guy he picked up that rock and threw it at him that, that was right. smart thinking I think yeah, you know yeah I mean? it was. That, that's like a return to form we saw Thorny Oakenshield again right you know in my opinion uh-huh. and you wouldn't think that uh, a dwarf would be 
all that nimble, but I mean, he's doing a damn good job of dodging this yeah. thing. He's whipping it around. So anyway, after he get, falls backward into the water, uh, Thorin's walking around and he can see him floating under the ice. Yeah. And his eyes are open and Thorne's just staring him down. And I'm kind of thinking when I'm watching, it's like, okay, I'm like, are you going to either try to plunge the sword through and finish him off? Yeah, or, yeah, me too. Or were you just wanting to make sure that you're the last thing that he saw? Right, So yeah. then the white orc closes his eyes and then all of a sudden stabs his blade up through the ice into Thorne's foot. Yeah. And his eyes come open and he comes busting out of the water. Yeah, did that make any sense to you how he was able to jump out of the water like that? No. Me no. either. It's not like <laughs> I don't see any fins on him. Exactly. I, you know, I, that made no sense to me how he was able to just shoot up. <laughs> how did he get any leverage underwater? No it's idea. Not like, I don't know, did he swim back down? Is he like, <laughs> is he half dolphin? I don't, you I know guess. what I did? It didn't make any sense to me. Something like that. But it happened, know. whatever. Yeah. So yeah, he gets up and then proceeds to beat the shit out of Thorn for a minute and then uh, tries to strike his blade down and Thorn's got his sword and he blocks it. And it's a struggle and Thorn's losing. The blade's getting closer and closer to his chest. So Thorn, I think, kind of realizes that he's going to get it. So he go ahead, goes ahead and while he can, pulls his sword out, which means that Azog stabs him in the chest. But then he shoves the blade uh, into Azog. Yeah. So he was able to kill him, but he was mortally wounded himself. I thought it was a fun battle. I thought it was good. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Mm -hmm. Nice bookends, you know what I mean? From like the first battle to the last battle, and we finally got to see Thorin Oakenshield the way... He should have right. been, this, you know, the, the 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 dwarf. He should have been the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they so, they really built up the yeah. whole. That was his main nemesis thing. So yeah, um, you know the the actor that plays Thorin, Richard Armitage. Yeah, you know who he looked like in this movie. Certain scenes, like just from like a profile and stuff. He looked like a young um, Mel Gibson to me. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Just like certain scenes, he just looked like a young Mel Gibson. Just throwing it out gotcha. there. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll see it when I see it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. That's when Bilbo uh, talks to Thorne, bef- you know, before he's dying. And, you know, that was cool. It was emotional. Yeah. You know, um, he's kind of, you know, it's kind of cool to see Bilbo form a bond with the dwarves, all mm-hmm. the different dwarves. So. Yeah, because at first he couldn't yeah, stand all Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, not as much comedy in this one as in the other movies, in my opinion. Right, yeah, I didn't really, I don't think there was a whole lot other than really that orc that busted his head off. Well, Bilbo had a few, like, little one-liners in the movie, but I can't remember what they are offhand, right. but I do I remember, remember him, you know, a little bit of sarcasm out of him throughout the film, but sure. not a ton. Not yeah. a lot of comedy in this one. No, they tried to weigh it down, I think, but... I don't know. It did. It didn't feel too weighty to me. Yeah, it's just. It's just the book is so light and fun. Yeah, that it was way more serious than the book. I just thought of something. Okay, yeah. So we should have had this movie first, and then you wouldn't have had to have added all the extra stuff to try to make it have all this weight and gravitas. Because, like you said, the first book wasn't like that, and it could have been a fun adventure. Uh, and then if we had Lord of the Rings after that, with as heavy as what it hits, uh, that would have felt right. You can't, you just can't go with The Hobbit and have, try to make it feel as important. See, but the, that's a, another problem because, like, if The Hobbit would have failed, yeah. then New Line Cinema would have been like, well, I don't think we're going to do this whole Lord of the Rings trilogy. Right. You, you got to come out with the stronger movie first. That way, you get the fans backing you. Sure. 
and then you can take a risk and do The Hobbit. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't think The Hobbit would have been made had not you had the success of the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, which, in my opinion, is a superior story. Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying the, true. the books are superior to The Hobbit, one over the other. Um, I'm just saying that the story itself mm-hmm. is a lot more... I don't know. It's more screen-worthy. Right. It's more compelling. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I yeah. get that. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, Bilbo returns to the Shire. Uh, I didn't... I got a... I, I, it's been maybe ten years since I read The Hobbit, but, like, I got a feeling that Bilbo brought back a lot more treasure to the Shire than he did in the actual film, right? Yeah, there was a small chest that he had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I remember just, like... Didn't in in the books? Didn't he bring back a lot more treasure than just that? No, I thought it was just a small. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. I see. I can't remember. It's been over ten years since I read that book. Gotcha. Um, but uh, yeah, the, he goes back home and they're selling off all his stuff. Yep. And that was fun. I, I always like it seeing the Shire. Yeah, and then I thought it was a nice little tie-in with the original trilogy. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Sackville Bagginses. Yeah, and then. Uh, you know, he's uh, reflecting on the journey, you know, right before his 111th birthday mm-hmm. and everything. I loved it, man. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a knock on the door, and we know that it's Gandalf. So yep. it's in, in the, uh, in the uh, fellowship, you see that scene from Gandalf's perspective where he knocks on the door. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then in this one, we've got Bilbo in, in his hobbit hole. Right. And Gandalf knocks. And, I mean, the tone and inflections, they had to do a dub. Yeah. From, you know, the first movie. Uh, but, yeah, I thought that was cool because you got to see the same scene from both their perspectives. Yeah. Dude, I, I liked it. I'm going to give it a high taste it, man. Right. High taste it. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but Christopher Lee, dude. I know. That's fucking crazy. That blew my mind. He's like a little freaking ninja. I'm I'm glad. Yeah. Well, I I don't know if they used him for the action well, scenes. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's way since like eighties. Yeah. You saw like with those action scenes, it was like you saw like him from behind. Yeah. It could have been you know it could have been somebody else doing those action moves. Sure. But Christopher Lee's like ninety years old, man. It's right. so awesome that that he was in this movie because like in the theatrical release for the Return of the King, they cut his part out of the movie. And right. I, I think he boycotted that movie. He didn't show up to the red carpet premiere. Okay. Because of that. Right. Um, and they did put that scene of him in the extended edition. Yeah. But it was it was nice that they gave him screen time in this film. It, it was nice to see Christopher Lee yeah. back in this. Yeah, and, and they I, I tied that up good, it too. T- oh, beautifully, uh-huh. right? Yeah, because the last thing you see of him, he says, I'll handle Sauron. Yes. And he ends up getting fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Right. Man, I, I, it, it really hurts me to have to give it a taste it. Because the parts that were awesome yeah. were so awesome. Yeah, yeah. But just, you know, there was too much filler. There was too much of that pink slime in yeah. the burger meat. Yeah, gotcha. I, I think it did have, in my opinion, it had some of the best visuals. Um, another reason I'm giving it a high taste, it, even though I said that that battle wasn't as big as I wanted it to be, Yeah. and partly maybe because I didn't see it on IMAX, maybe that would have affected my decision. Sure. But on the flip side, they did a, fun- a phenomenal job of doing a daytime battle. Yeah. It looked great. Right, Like, yeah. this this was not, like, the battle between the Gungans on the on Naboo. You know what I mean? Yeah, That yeah. daytime battle where everything looked really CG. Uh-huh. This looked 
really, really good right. in, in, a, in the daytime. And you've talked before on the show about how uh, movies like Pacific Rim, a lot of the battles take place at night. Right, except for the one in Australia. Some of the reason for that is because a lot of these films are being shown on projector or LED type screens. Yeah. When you mix all those colors into place that you have in the daytime, the colors can bleed and it's mm. going to make the scene look blurry. At nighttime, because you have the contrast, it's a lot easier for it to look more fluid. But yeah. as we get into these higher resolution screens and all that, that's getting to become a non-issue. Yeah. Uh, they asked Peter Jackson, like, would you ever do, like, another Tolkien property? And, you know, he said, yeah, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not against it. Um, I don't have the direct quote. But, you know, he said, yeah, I, I would like to explore those movies again, possibly one day. Mm-hmm. So even he... I think even him deep down, I mean, he's been quoted back in 2012 saying that, you know, he can't really do any more Tolkien stuff. The the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, those rights were sold by Tolkien himself back in the 60s right. to the movie studios. Mm-hmm. Silmarillion? No. It, right. It's not. The, the Tolkien estate still owns that. Right. So... It's not like he could go out tomorrow and start that project. And they can't do anything else out of the uh, that universe. Yeah. Because it's only those books that right. they have the rights to. Right. So it's not like he can get a miniseries or a cartoon or yeah. anything. Yeah. And, well, the Tolkien family, their estate, they aren't really fond of the Jackson movies to begin with. Uh, yeah. They're not too happy with them. Right. So I don't see them selling the rights to the studios Unless they are on hard times, sure. selling the Silmarillion to a studio, I don't. I just don't see it happen. If they did, they. I think it would be explicit that that um, you know they take more of a J.K. Rowling type of approach, where yeah. they they have more creative control over it. Sure. And Jackson's not going to be involved. Yeah. So yeah, it, it could be a while. You remember, like Guillermo del Toro was listed as writing credits. Do you remember when this was supposed to be directed by Guillermo del Toro? No, yeah, I didn't know that. When it was the Hobbit movies, when they were first announced, um, Jackson was going to hand the reins over to his buddy Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro was supposed to direct all of these movies. Wow, um, we could have seen Guillermo del Toro orcs. Oh, that's shit. exciting. Or I, I, Guillermo del Toro smog. Yeah. Would you, I mean, if, if you could go back in time and snap your fingers right now, Frank, would you be like, I don't want to see the Peter Jackson film movies that I just saw. I want to see Guillermo del Toro's The Hobbit. Yes. You would do yeah, that? No hesitation at all. I'm kind of with you, man. Yeah. I'm kind of with you. I, I enjoyed these movies for what they are, a stretch of the source material, right. whatever. Yeah. But I think, I, I, I'm kind of curious as to what Guillermo del Toro would have gave us. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, and he's proven, you know, he gets right to it. If anything, if there's anything weak about Pacific yeah. at all, you could say, like, some of the story. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. It served its purpose. I think we would have got a lot more cut and dry, uh, more true to the source material version. Yeah. I, I think that Peter Jackson is better with with actual characters, though. Right. And this is a very character-driven story. You know what I mean? I, I think he's better with characters. I mean, look at the characters in Pacific Rim. Right. And some of the characters in some of his movies. The characters are kind of weak. Like Charlie Hunnam, not a lot of depth to his character in Pacific Rim. I mean, very cookie cutter. Like, I kind of compared him to Maverick and Top Gun. Yeah. You know, uh, not, not him. Yeah, kind of. And then the other guy, the Iceman. Sure. And there's not a lot. And I just think Jackson's better when it comes to, like, characters. 
what we're dealing with with this movie, with the Lord of the Rings trilogy already coming, having been out. Right. Uh, if you're seeing this and you're an adult, odds are you've seen the trilogy or at least watched one or two. Um, most of us already have a connection to characters like Gandalf, even a little bit with Bilbo because yeah. they were in the last movie. Um, while the dwarves on the whole were fun, individually, I mean, like, we can't remember what's his name's name, the old guy. Yeah, you know, you're right. We know you're Feely right. and Feely because they're twins and they rhyme. Right. And the only reason why we know Feely is because of the bullshit love story they yeah. shoehorned in there. Is Balin, like, the the big dude? Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, um, I mean... I'm trying to. I'm, I'm proving. Yeah, I'm proving your yeah, point. We, we, there's nine of them. Yeah. I mean, they they couldn't have possibly put enough story in there to flesh them out, but we didn't really get that much. I mean, we got some shoehorned in stuff, but we didn't get that much character driven stuff based on characters that we didn't already know were there. Yeah. So I don't think it would have been a problem with this. The Lord of the Rings trilogy, yeah, but not this because of the positioning of it. I think it would have been fine. Just based on the dwarves. Well, I mean. Like I said, Saruman we knew. Right. We already knew Galabriel. We already knew Elrond. Uh, Radagast we didn't know. But yeah, but like even fun. having Guillermo del Toro in there doing these characters that we knew from the original trilogy, mm-hmm. would he have given them a different voice to the where like, oh, dude, that's not my Gandalf? No, I think he would have been able... I mean, he had plenty of source material to go off of, the three movies. He, already yeah. could, he knew the tone and the flow. Okay, so you're sticking with it. Guillermo del Toro directed Hobbit. Yeah. Okay, fair enough, dude. I, I, I'm, I'm with you halfway. Okay. Uh, the character stuff, I don't know. I, he just has not proven to me in, like, movies like, you know, and I love, I love Guillermo del Toro. I still love his movies for what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved Pan's Labyrinth, Sonnet in Theater, Pacific Rim, loved it. Uh, the Hellboy stuff, I loved it. But I just think, like, his characters aren't as deep as what Peter Jackson can do. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, dude, give, I want to see Guillermo del Toro goblins and orcs and, right. and trolls yeah. and, and dwarves, dude, uh, all day. Yeah, that would, that would be badass. Fuck yeah. You heard that, uh, Peter Jackson, like, recently was decrying the use of CG in movies I think I did see the headline I didn't re- read it yeah he, he's saying that too many directors are relying too much on CG but I mean in the it wasn't an unexpected journey where they were all running on completely CG uh, bridges and everything fighting CG orcs yeah he used a lot of CG himself I mean while I'm not bitching about it but that's kind of like really like you're the pot calling the kettle black, bud. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, as far as like uh, the makeup and stuff like that on a, on most of the orcs, I mean, that's all. That's not CG. Were there any non CG orcs? The, uh, the the main players were CG. Yeah, but like, uh, oh yeah, I'm trying to think of this new one. I can't think of any off the top of my head. But right. like in in the original trilogy, there was a lot of like uh, human actors. Yeah, and the, the the practical effects yeah. those were great. But yeah. he's moving away from that. Yeah, I think you're kind of right. I'd have to watch these movies again, but I think you're kind of right. I can't think of one off the top of my head at all. Yeah. Huh. Good point. Fair enough. But yeah, uh, that's The Hobbit. Yep, there we yeah. go. We didn't break it down every scene by scene. We uh-huh. would have been, I mean, uh, I don't know, could we have stretched this out longer than uh, Peter Jackson stretched out the <laughs> fucking books if we talked about it? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had like a four-hour Guardians of the Galaxy episode, and yeah, it was only shit. like uh, a two-hour movie. We made an hour and a half out of an 88-second teaser That's trailer. true. That's true. <laughs> We'd be recording way into the hours of next day. All uh, right, yeah. So... There's yeah. not enough shit in this movie, though, to have to dissect. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, high taste it, taste it for Frank. Yep. Not a Tupperware party. Nope. You know what? I mean, I know there's people out there that did Tupperware this movie, and you have every right to. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was. I thought it was a really good movie for what it was. It, it, it was a really good movie, and mm-hmm. it's doing good on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Not great. I'd say in Rotten Tomato land, it's doing about a taste it. Gotcha. It's about sixty percent. Yeah. And uh, I think it's uh, set for about eighty-five million. This weekend? Uh, last number I heard was 88. 88? But you think about that, they really stretched that out. I mean, they it was actually released Tuesday night. That's true. You got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and you call yeah. that a weekend. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> they think they're just wanting to make the numbers look good. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it's padded a little bit. Yeah, it's probably padded a little bit. But see, the thing is, like, um, the thing is with that, uh, it's still crushing um, Night of the Museum 3. Right. It's crushing it, you know, so... And I watched that. Oh, did you? So we'll talk about that. And I also watched The Fox Catcher. Okay. So we'll talk about The Fox Catcher during Good Pop, Bad Pop. We're going to take a break, and uh, we'll come back with Good Pop, Bad Pop. I'm fresh. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta. You gotta be fresh. All right, hey guys, we're back. Yep, Brian and Frank. Woohoo, dude! I bet there's some haters out there that don't want to hear a Brian and Frank episode. Oh, really? You think I don't so? know. I don't know. I don't know. No. Yeah, I think all the all the uh, the Jacalopes, <laughs> all his fans probably checked out of this episode. Like I don't know, probably like uh, 50 minutes ago, right? That's a possibility, man. Yeah, because we're all uh, we got love for Terry Crews, Kevin Smith's not so bad. You love him, I know. I'm, no, I'm on that. Do you listen to Kevin Smith podcasts? No, you know what? There's a lot of them. Which one do I listen to? Is it Smodcast or what? There's yeah. There's the the one that he does with uh, Scott Mosier. Okay. You would love that. You would love that podcast. Okay. Um, like one of the episodes that I recent listened to recently, uh, was really funny, just hilarious. It's just him and Scott. They've known each other since they worked together on Clerks. Mm-hmm. Scott came down from Canada to work on Clerks with Kevin, and they became really good friends. And it's it's funny. They were talking about these king penguins. Mm-hmm. Have you see, have you heard about this king penguin video? Uh-uh. Nope. There's a king penguin video on the internet. You can go to YouTube. I haven't seen it because I love animals and I don't want to see certain stuff like this. Oh, but like, okay. there's on this particular island, there is this seal, and this seal has um, it's mating. Ritual, I guess, with other seals or something like that. Maybe they're not getting it on with too many seals, but (laughs) these seals have been acting crazy. And for some odd reason, they've got it like three or four different uh, times where this happened. These seals, these gigantic seals, have been picking up these um, uh, king penguins and forcing themselves sexually on these king penguins. And having sex with them. And there's one case where after sex, like, the King Seal didn't like, you know, oh, I'm going to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> he said, fuck that. He, like, bit the head off this thing and oh, killed it. wow. Yeah. Fatality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bestiality. <laughs> so, like, dude, that's what's happening. That's what they talk about on their podcast, you know. Sometimes oh, he'll have a guest God. on that one. Yeah. But it was just him and Scott, dude. And they're talking about this, and it's hilarious. You oh, got, I bet. Frank, this would be right up your alley. Okay. You would love that. I, you know what? I'm oh, going yeah. to find that episode for you. All right. And when you have time, gotcha. listen to it. It It's a riot. Gotcha. Kevin Smith's just a regular dude, just yeah. sitting back and just talking with Scott. 
As far you know, I mean, when when he's talking, I mean, yeah, he's he's in the spotlight and all right. this stuff. Yeah. But as far as the way he talks, he just talks like anybody else when they get together with their friends. It's sure. really funny with just him and Scott on a personal level. Gotcha. You know, and like uh, I listened to like him talk with Joe Rogan recently uh-huh. on the podcast. It was a two-parter. It was hilarious just listening to these two talk and interact with one another. Okay. He's a cool dude, man. I don't get the Kevin Smith hate. Well, I'll check it. No, it's not like hate, hate. Like, I'm not like in deep in like Jake's camp with it. Like uh, a little way ways back, I had posted something because there was a game that came out, Dragon Age Origins. Yeah. And I saw. I mean, I do like Kevin Smith on Facebook, so you know, every once in a while, one of his posts will come up. Yeah. And up came a post about how excited he was for this game, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, he's into something I'm into. Yeah. And then next thing I know, Jason Mewes. I also like came up with a strikingly similar post and it became a debate on Facebook with some other people uh, about whether or not he was kind of doing it for the paycheck or does he really play the game and like to me the telltale thing was oh both uh, posts happen to have a link directly to the same you know ad site right. for the game so I mean if it's something they like and that they do and that they talk about cool okay go ahead and advertise it but you know if you're not really going to be playing the game and you're just doing it for the check that's selling out that's okay talk to me chief all right hi um I want Frank Hammer to do an ad for Coca-Cola okay I'm yeah. going to give you a million dollars cold cash right yeah but you don't like Coca-Cola you right. like Pepsi yep you're a Pepsi man right mm-hmm. but Today, somebody knocks on your doorstep, hey, I'm, uh, you know, whoever from Coca-Cola, I want you to do this commercial for Coca-Cola, are you going to sell your soul to Coca-Cola for a million bucks? Do I just got to lie and say I like Coke, or do I forever have to drink it? It's, no, like, like forever, you have to drink Coke. Like, anytime somebody sees you, like, out in public, you're going to be, like, American Idol, you know, sipping on your Coke, it, which actually I know that's not true because American Idol just lost Coke as a sponsor recently. <laughs> but anyway, they, they were right. known. You know what I mean? Like every sure. time they showed like one of them people up on the panel, they're drinking out of their Coke glass. Right. So are you going to drink Coke for the rest of your life? Are you going to be like Michael Jordan with Wheaties and Nikes and uh, Hanes? You know what I mean? Yeah. I I I'm going to say no. I mean, to a million dollars. People are going to think I'm fucking crazy, but if you got to use that shit for the rest of your life, then no, I don't want to be tied to that. Dude, I'll do any commercial they want me to do for a million dollars, dude. I'll rub hemorrhoid cream. <laughs> I'll rub hemorrhoid cream over every inch oh, of my body. shit. <laughs> for a million dollars. I'll, I'll, Preparation H. Oh, my God. I'll wear the T-shirt <laughs> year-round. If Preparation H is going to give me a million dollars, I'll be hemorrhoid man. Damn. I will do anything. Jeez. Okay. Uh, well, no, I, I guess I'm thinking like if it was something a little weightier, you know, than just soda. Yeah. You know, I don't know. So, so this video game is more weightier. Well, no, no, it's not. No, does I don't he, know. Does he? Ha- I mean, can he okay. appreciate the game and just like you know, yeah. it's not like it's not like I'm not. I don't think Kevin Smith is going to sit around like playing it like all the time. Right. But I, I think know. he can appreciate it. Well yeah, and I'm not I'm not hating on him for doing it. I mean money's money or whatever. Right. Uh I wouldn't judge him for it. But I mean if he doesn't play it it is selling out. Sure. Yeah. There's just there's no way to tell about him right. whether or not he's into it or not. Yeah. yeah. So I mean you can't really decry him specifically, but you know, if you say that you, you know, endorse something, you should at least be able to back it up. That's yeah. the only thing I was saying. It just looked a little suspect. 
I guess. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I mean, we don't know the full story, so you know right. what I mean? Exactly. That's why I can't, like, hardcore bitch, because I don't know for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I still I still like him. I would sell out in a heartbeat. <laughs> I would, dude. Like, I don't know, but I haven't. Like, on this show, like, we've... I got approached by... In an email by eBay. Yeah. So we could be like part of like an eBay affiliate and sell comic books on and uh, sell comic books from basically it would you would click on our page it would direct you to eBay and you could purchase comic books from eBay. Yeah. You know that they have up. Right. I got pro, uh, approached by eBay to do this. Yeah. And I, I talked to Jake about it and I'm like, I don't want to spend. 10, 15 minutes every week telling our listeners to go to our, please go to our webpage and, and even though it's something that, that I'm like, I love comic books, Mm -hmm. I just don't want to be bogged down. Like, I guess, I just didn't want to have to do that. Right. It's because they make you have to say something about it. It's one thing if you're going to talk about it anyway. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, shit, actually, though, we should be trying to get a hold of Marvel Unlimited as much as what me and Jake yeah. talk on about on, on that shit. About yeah, that. I mean, if it can come up in natural conversation or something like that, or yeah. if, like, we don't have to read off of a script and actually talk about, like, you know, like, I, like, if, if yeah, if Marvel Unlimited came to us and said, yeah, which will never happen, but right. I'm saying, like, oh, if they, God, I wish. If, they, if they did, I mean, I would have no problem with you guys talking about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, because you, already, you, have, you already use the service. You yeah. enjoy the service quite mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I even gave it as a gift. Right. Mm-hmm. And I use Preparation H, so I would have no, <laughs> no problem. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, it's not the idea that it's so much that I would judge somebody who does yeah. sell out, but... It, it is what it is. No, but like I guess when you're in, it, it is different from us to Kevin Smith. We, we can't right. compare ourselves. I mean, no. he, he's he's already you know his stature in, mm-hmm. in in entertainment is just like you know people know him, mm-hmm. and you know if if he is kind of like selling out, it, it it could hurt some of like the diehard fans that that don't want to see like this guy do that. Right. It's fortunate that it's a good game that he's kind of got his name on. Yeah. So it's a real safe thing. Right. But, like, you'd be able to smell it coming if you got him endorsing some two-bit hack fucking job that comes out that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, but we were talking about, like, the animals and stuff like that. Oh, nasty. Yeah, so anyway, like, last night, um, what was I doing? Why was I... Oh, um... I was on the internet and I was like looking at like uh, animal videos. Uh-huh. I, I never do this because, but I heard about on the Joe Rogan podcast that that he did with Kevin Smith. No, it was Kevin Smith's podcast and Joe Rogan was on there. They were talking about like there was a video, a YouTube video that you could watch where this guy was in like uh, one of the poles and uh, the polar bears. He's talking about how dangerous polar bears are, like crazy dangerous, like. They're, they're meaner than grizzlies. Okay. Like, grizzlies are mean, but like, polar bears are like grizzly times two. They're oh, just- Oh shit. They'll, they'll just- they'll Vicious. Just, vicious. You know, soulless creatures <laughs> that will just destroy and kill everything in their path. Okay. You know? yeah. They're not the cute little Coca-Cola polar bears, you know, <laughs> that come out during Christmas time. The only thing I have in common is they'll pop your head off like they'll pop the top on the soda. Yeah. Hey, speaking of that, the polar bears sold out the Coke, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they Jeez. did. Jeez, That's why fuck. they could afford to be so mean. They don't need any publicity love. Fucking sellouts. <laughs> Next thing you know, Kevin Smith's going to be drinking a Coke, right? Pretty much. But no, they're talking about these polar bears. This polar bear, this guy's in a, like, glass chamber supported with steel. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, really thick glass, probably, like, bulletproof, like, yeah. really thick. It can handle a lot of pressure. It's a small, little, enclosed thing. 
and this polar bear comes up and he wants to watch this polar bear like go for like I think a seal or some kind of fish or something like that to eat it but the polar bear sees him makes eye contact yeah. starts coming up sniffing around and he can smell the guy he can smell the guy through like an open part oh shit in there oh. there's no way for him to put his paw in there or, or he can barely even sniff his, uh, put his nose in there yeah. but he can smell the guy and the polar bear wants in Okay. And he starts like, you know, putting his face up against it and starts slamming it with his paws. Like he wants in, he wants at what's inside this. Holy shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like this is a can of sardines and he can <sighs> smell the fish inside. That'd be scary. All he's gotta do is just rip that fucking <clears throat> flimsy aluminum to- uh, uh, foil uh, right. uh, topper off <laughs> to get into it. And that's mm-hmm. what he's trying to figure out how to do. You can clearly tell this polar bear once in there. So I saw that video, you know, after they had talked about it. And so, like, after you pull up that video, it's got, like, oh, if you like this, it's got recommended videos. Mm-hmm. Well, they had – and I, I never typically do this because I love animals and I don't want to see them in this light. But it's part of nature. They have videos for, like, animal versus battles. Really? Animal versus battles that you would never even think of, like, out in nature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, you would never see. Right. And so I clicked on it. And it's – I don't know. It's it's a It's fascinating – but it's done in kind of a disrespectful way, I guess. Okay. They had the Mortal Kombat music playing. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they would show, like, the matchup. You know, like, on the screen, it shows, like, in the Mortal Kombat, like, font. Yeah. You know, like, th- and it shows, like, the verses. And it starts off, and it's like, uh... Fart. What, what was the, uh... Yeah, and they would go fight. Uh-huh. But they would show, like, what the battle was going to be. And I think, like, one of the first battles, uh, they had a bear uh-huh. versus a cougar. Oh, okay. And those two were going at it. And then, like, the cougar actually scared the bear off. Okay. Yeah. And then, like, it'd say, yo, cougar wins uh-huh. on the stream. The one I thought was just, like, amazing. Because, like, I don't even know how this took place. It happened, like, in a barn. I don't even know. It was a lion. Not a female lion. Like, a male, like, lion. You gotcha. know, right of the jungle. Yeah. yeah, with the big mane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, glorious looking bastard. I mean, you know, king of the jungle, right? Uh huh. And he's fighting a bull. Holy shit! Alright, so like, this is like, yeah, yeah, this is not like a, like a defenseless cow. Right. Bulls are badass. Yeah, they right? are, huh? They got the big horns. Yeah, they, they don't, how much do they weigh typically? Like two tons? Oh, I know, they're just astronomical. They're huge. Yeah. But I mean, you know, this is like, um, this is like the king of the jungle versus like, uh, like a McDonald's tank. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. because inside there, there's, there's a, there's a beef patty. <laughs> yep. But it's a, it's a beef patty that could, like, run you over. Exactly. Exactly. Like a hidden hook with a freight train. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This thing totally did not go the way I thought it was gonna go. Okay. And it was, like, in a barn. That's weird. Yeah. That there was weird. hay all over the place. You could see like, uh, like, uh, like wood structure, like the walls and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like different pens. Okay. Dude, this lion, like the bull's got the horns and he's got the power behind the legs and he can charge. Yeah. He's gotta have some momentum. Dude, I'm not kidding you. This bull messed this lion up. Oh yeah? Anytime that they like went head to head, when they were head to head, like this bull is strategically just amazing. Like, he would just line up with this lion, and he would charge him. And every time he went at this lion, 
it was like, you know that thing where you're watching like the rodeo and all of a sudden the clown gets in there uh-huh. and, and the bull gets a hold of the guy and yeah, he flips does it, him. flips him. Uh-huh. Dude, he's flipping the fucking lion. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn. And fucking sane. Yeah, because lions, a full-grown lion weighs like 900 pounds. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, he's flipping this thing like it's a, like it's a tiny little kitty cat. Wow. The, the bull, I mean, has no other defense other than those horns and just brute strength. And you're thinking like if this lion just get, can, can just latch on with the claws. Right. And get this thing pinned down, he's got it. No. Not even close. He would have had to have gotten on his back somehow. King of the jungle, my ass. <laughs> Bull wins. Fuck Me yeah. being a Chicago Bulls fan, uh, <laughs> I was I was very, very happy with the outcome. Gotcha. And it's not like the Bull's going to eat the lion when no. he's done with him. And it no. wasn't like these weren't mad- battles to the death or anything like that. You know, uh-huh. these are just battles that most of them took place out in nature. It's not like they had them in some kind of like crazy arena. And oh, shit. shit. You're talking like a Michael Vick situation. there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, they used to have, uh, oh, there was a tiger versus a crocodile. I think I saw that, that one. That was insane. Yeah. I've seen a lot of insect ones. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, like you'd see like a mantis versus a tarantula. Right. Or something. Yeah. And then uh, there was a snake versus a spider, too. And it was like this fucking huge-ass spider. I can't yeah. remember the name of it, but it looked like the one from Arachnophobia. Oh, yeah? It was seriously like that big. Those are smaller, though. The, 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 the hybrid one. Oh, gotcha. I'm talking like the actual mama daddy. Gotcha. Yeah. Not eight, not uh, the David Arquette eight-legged freaks movie. <laughs> where they, they were actually like the size of like big uh, freaking dogs or something. Yeah. Well, they were even bigger than that. They were huge. Well, no, not not that big. But the, yeah. in real life, the biggest real ones, life, they, yeah. they are like the size of a small dog. Wow. Yeah. So that's got to be jungle shit, right? Yes, yes. That that is not like rural. What it is is that uh, they live up in the trees, yeah, and they put up uh, giant webs uh-huh. and they catch birds. Wow. Yeah, I wish I could remember the name of it. I I just saw it off of that. I fucking love science site. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Um. They had uh, the funniest one. They had some funny ones in there too. Yeah. The funniest one was uh, a dog versus a goat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was like a goat, you know, uh, yeah. and, and, uh, the dog is like eating out of like, uh, I don't know, there's like food sitting out and the dog is eating, I guess, the goat's food. Okay. And so the goat sees this, gets a little pissed off and rams this dog. And then the dog thinks about coming back at him for a second. And he's like, uh, and so the dog runs off. It was kind of like a, like a shepherd dog or something like gotcha. that. I can't, but, um, then they have a cobra versus a lion. Oh, okay. Dude, cobra. Cobra just started like spitting venom at this thing, dude. Holy like, shit! Right in the face of the lion. The lion wow. just like, dude, just ran off. Hmm. Ran off. Lion was done. I'm out. I seen some of these that weren't like. Lion was zero for two. This whole fucking series. <laughs> Getting ready to go zero for three. <laughs> King of the jungle, my ass. I saw a bunch of lionesses. I think it was eleven of them yeah. trying to take down a baby elephant. And it it was doing what it could. I mean, the lionesses were each one was almost as big as the elephant anyway. But uh, it, it ended up like like spinning around mm-hmm. as it was running towards uh, a lake, and cats didn't want to have nothing to do with the water. Oh, that's that's good. <laughs> and then after the after the elephant got back in, in the water and was safe, I don't know if it got pissed off or what, but it came back out and went after the lionesses. And uh, it, it was only after like two or three jumped back <laughs> on. Elephant. It's like okay, fuck it. I'm gonna go ahead and go with beef safe. <laughs> the elephant was out there like. You know what? Fuck this. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> These lionesses. It was kind of funny because one of them was like hanging on with its claws. It was just like dragging behind right. as it's running along. Yeah. <laughs> and slow them down. 
Oh man, they had uh, it was like uh, the Nolan version of the Lion King because they had a warthog versus a lioness. Oh no, shit! Yeah, so <laughs> it was like Christopher Nolan's version of that movie, <laughs> all science and nature. I wonder if they the warthog like, actually ended up winning. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, the, it's it's so bizarre. I, I think sometimes like uh, you know who you think would be like the victor in nature mm-hmm. is so caught off guard. Yeah, by like some of like like some of these things that they would think that they'd be able to take down. Yeah, and their survival instincts and like it, you know it's fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, man, these these animals that you think are going to lose, they go into that fight mentality and they're the scrapper. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. They're the scrapper. Yeah. That's cool. Do you remember back in, this got banned, but they, and this was just horrible. They used to have, um, bear wrestling. No. They used to chain up bears and then they used to, they used to, um, I, I hate even, I, they used to, um, put like a, like a muzzle on them so oh, they couldn't shit. even open it. Then they would declaw them and this, the, yeah. No and, shit. And they would wrestle them. It's sickening. It is. It's sickening. Cause I'm, I'm an, I, I'm all for animal welfare. Mm-hmm. I donate to animal charities. Right. And, uh, shit like that. When I hear about stuff like that, I have a problem with it. That's why I, I, ha- I don't like these videos, but on the flip side, this is stuff that occurred in nature. Yeah. This is like not like, it's not like man, uh, brought this on. Right. It's yeah. not an arena yeah. type fight. Exactly. Yeah. To see nature in nature is one thing, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I got a problem with like people posting stuff of violence like that. Like on Facebook recently, I saw somebody, for what ungodly reason, shared somebody else's photo of a dog that had gotten decapitated. Oh, come yeah, on. It, it wasn't like to glorify it. They were saying like, these people need to be stopped. They were like trying to find out who did it I or whatever. Know, but, but don't post the pictures. I think even Sarah McLaughlin would be like, come on, stop oh, it. it. It turns my stomach. I mean, yeah. and, and somebody would say, oh, well, if you don't like that, don't look at it. Well, I mean, okay, so if you're my friend and you're going to show up on my timeline. It's kind of, it's that. there. There's no way to avoid it, really. Exactly. So uh, I said that the next person I see that does that, I'm going to take a picture of my next bowel movement and then yeah. send it to them. Yeah. That way we can equally be disgusted. Hashtag season's greetings, asshole. <laughs> Motherfucker. No, season's greetings from my asshole. <laughs> Look, I made you something. <laughs> right. Couldn't afford anything this year, so I made something myself. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you, man. I hate that shit, too, but I, I, I'm a good person. I don't have any of that in there around me. I don't want to see it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Going to move on. Uh <laughs> From what whatever, were you even talking from about? Whatever the fuck we were talking about. Started off with Kevin Smith and blah blah. Yeah, I went into that whole rant. Uh, it's time now for good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we either liked or disliked. Uh, first thing I wanted to mention on Good Pop, Bad Pop was a story that I heard. I guess some of these I guess I could throw into news, but I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Tim Burton spoke with Yahoo Movie and had this to say about the current state of comic book movies and the Marvel movie formula. Marvel, they have their thing, and there's a certain formula to it all, which seems to be working. But how many times can you say you're wearing a funny costume with the tights and stuff? That's been going on for 20 years now. Yes, we all know that superheroes are damaged individuals. Maybe we need a happy superhero. Okay. So he's basically saying that the flawed characters aren't interesting anymore? Okay. So we want to see somebody come in that needs no story and just 
fights a bad guy, you want something like a white hat? I don't think anybody wants to see a white hat. Well, I mean, he did Batman. Yeah. Damaged character right there. Yeah. I mean, some psychological issues with Batman that he's had to overcome. You know, parents were murdered and and things like that. We need a, a we have to have a happy superhero. I mean, no. I don't uh, I don't buy it. I I I don't know. I what I'm picking up is that he's a little jealous of the Marvel formula. Oh, yeah. Oh, it seems to be working. Yeah, it seems to be working. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I'm picking up. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, I, I love the... You know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Marvel's killing it right now, and keep riding this train until until there is a slow decline in the quality of the films. Right. His his position is complete crap because if you do make somebody who's completely infallible, there's no way to relate because none of us are that way. Right, exactly. That's what they did with Man of Steel. Uh-huh. They, they gave us a Superman that was flawed right. in certain ways. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It yeah. Just, it, yeah. I think that's what made the story interesting. Right. And then also, all these characters, if if we know about them, I mean, they're doing great things. So you're there, one way or another, they're burdened. They have responsibility. Right. Yeah. Who the hell's going to walk to work every day going, zippity doo da oh, the world's in peril. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and smile right on through it. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like we're human. We're yeah. all human. We mm-hmm. all have flaws. And I think it translates well into these stories. It's perfectly. Yeah. If anything, it humanizes them and makes them a little more relatable. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm starting to see that uh, Tim Burton uh, is just a little bit it sounds like he's a little bit jealous of how well these Marvel movies have done. Right. Uh, he, he's just out of touch, man. And they're not as dark as the Nolan films. No. I don't know why he had to bring Marvel into this. Why, but, you know, I, I I don't know why he had to bring Marvel. And he didn't bring up any names. But, I mean, if he's going to talk about, uh, you know, uh, individuals that are that are damaged, I mean, that that's the Nolan films. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, again, I have no idea where he's getting this from. Hating on Marvel, I don't get yep. it. He's doing that Big Eyes movie, which actually looks like a good Tim Burton film. The Amy Adams movie that's coming out shortly. I've heard about it, I haven't yeah. seen anything with it yet. I just saw a couple trailers. Gotcha. Michael Keaton was asked by Shortlist uh, a question. Um, and I'll quote the question that he was asked, but, you know, recently Christian Bale's come out and talked about how, uh, you know, how he felt once they recast Batman and Ben Affleck and... Yeah how it bothered him a little bit at first. So they kind of posed the same question here. Uh, it was short list, and they they said to Keaton, they said, finally, Christian Bale recently said he felt jealous to see Ben Affleck wearing the cape and cowl. Do you ever get that? Keaton's answer, I love it, dude. No? Do you know why? Because I'm Batman. Yep. I'm, I'm very secure in that. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. I, I like Christian Bale in the Nolan films, but... Michael Keaton, he just screams crazy. I mean, Batman's got to be intelligent. He's a detective. But you got to also be a little bit cracked to yeah. run around in a ma- cape and mask. Come on. You want to get nuts? Exactly. Let's get nuts. Yeah. He, w- he was the perfect Love that Batman. scene. Yep. Yeah. You know, well, he was um, – I, I, I think Bale was a really, really good Batman. I think Bale – but I think uh, Keaton was a better uh, Bruce Wayne. Okay. Yeah. I think – both of them were shitty detectives. <laughs> yeah. They have not done one yet. That's right. not bad. Right. But love love Keaton's response in that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 
Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the... No, do you want to go into a good pop, bad pop before we... Yeah, okay, yeah I can do go that. for it. Um, uh, this past week, uh, I've heard about them for a while, uh, but I picked up the Dark Horse Buffy the Vampire Slayer comics. Yeah, what, did those... Uh, those have been out for a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I just never picked them up because I was never Did you never pick up the actual before. copies? No, it's digital. Digital, it's, so you went to Dark Horse's website to get them. Yeah, okay. and, and I got the app now on my phone. Yeah, because like, for people that don't know, uh, you can't get any Dark Horse stuff off of Comixology. Oh, I didn't know that. It's all through... Dark, Dark Horse has their own service. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, and I was pleased uh, to see that, at least through the fourth book, that Joss Whedon was doing the script for it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's written exactly like the TV show would be. It's just all the actions drawn in. Do they make the characters from uh, the show look like they do in the show? Mostly. Mostly, yeah. I mean, you can definitely tell there's a strong resemblance. And I don't know if the reason why they only had it be, like, real close as opposed to spot on be because they don't really want to tie them down to the TV actors who played those characters so they can grow the story later on. Well, Brian Wood did the exact same thing in his Star Wars book. Gotcha. uh, That that actually used characters from, uh, you know, the, the, the original trilogy. Okay. They looked like it. It looked like Han, but it wasn't Harrison Ford's Han. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. Yeah, but it's right like but that. But you could tell it was Han. Uh huh. Yeah. And this picks up, uh, season eight, number one, picks up immediately after the events of the seventh TV season of Buffy where, uh, they destroyed the Hellmouth. Isn't that great? That, yeah. That they're doing this in the comic books? Because yeah. I mean, uh, and I'm not, I'm not trying to cut you off, but you're bringing up really good points. Smallville, after it ended with season 10, uh-huh. season 11 picked up in a comic book. Right. And yeah. then the story gets to keep going. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, I mean, I love it. I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the spinoff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm up to season four in that. I bought a bundle for eight bucks that uh, I can't remember how many issues I got, but it was a decent discount. And I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying the read. It, it's it's awesome. Um, but in a side note, um, Fox, I can't remember what station they're airing it on. It's not like TV. It's one of their online stations. Okay. They took it upon themselves to do an HD remaster of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Joss Whedon is pissed about it because it wasn't meant to be viewed in 16 by 9. It was meant to be viewed in 4.3. Right. And there's all sorts of shit you can see. Uh, cast members still hanging around after they've supposedly <laughs> oh, been able wow. to walk off screen. Yeah. You can see sound equipment. Yeah. Uh, also, they ruined like some of the filters. Like I think it was in season two, there was one episode where uh, Angel's crashing at Buffy's house, and it's supposed to be at night. Well, it wasn't shot at night. It was shot during the day, and Whedon used a filter to make it look like it was nighttime. Yeah. When they did the remaster, that filter was removed, and there's sun coming in from the window right on Angel's face. And with him being a vampire, he'd be kind of hot right there. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so it just adds to all like the TV show mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's horrible. It's but a train wreck. Is it fun to watch it though? Or, is ha- it, or does it take you out of the experience? Oh man, some of it, uh, those are sacred to me, man. Th- those are probably some of my favoriteest things. Yeah. And that would so piss it, me it, off. Okay, is it, it's kind of like on the level for you, being a big Buffy fan, it's kind of like what um, George Lucas did. 
Oh, adding yeah. in the special effects and stuff like that. Yeah, except I mean, it would it would totally ruin it. I yeah, mean, cast members. Well, it's not like when George Lucas did all that shit. It's not like he saw like a boom mic right. hanging down. You know yeah. what I mean? But I mean, they fucked with it. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't mind seeing a higher resolution version of it because it's the, the still in 480, so 480p is about the best you're going to get it. Yeah. So it's going to look fuzzy. But they could have just up converted everything, like used a line doubler to make it look HD, like yeah. a, like a poor man's HD, right? And kept it four three mm-hmm. instead of doing widescreen and like kind of like whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't remember this. Yeah, they totally fucked with it. And one of the things that pissed Whedon off was uh, Firefly. Yeah, what, they did the exact opposite thing to. So this, they're stretching it out, and Whedon uh, had originally filmed Firefly in uh, 4.3, or 16 by 9, and they shrunk it down. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's mind-boggling. So yeah. if you ever happen to hear about the HD Buffies, uh, right now, don't watch them. Especially if you've never seen them before, yeah. it will fuck everything up. So, uh, as far as the comic book goes? Oh, fucking Tupperware. Tupperware. Nice. Yeah, I mean, and everybody's represented. Do you know who the writer is on that? If not, it's okay. I, I give me. Eh, don't worry. Yeah, about I it. could look, but yeah. I, I mean, I know Whedon's. You just know that up. the writers doing a great job. Oh yeah, that took over for Whedon. Absolutely, and the the same fun little quips and stuff like that Buffy had in the show. Yeah, they're in there too. And then you know the big thing with Buffy was always that she felt the weight of the world on her shoulders, and that that hasn't stopped yeah. yet. So I, I think it's just amazing. I love it. Side note: Before I forget, did you know that they're going to be making um, you know the Avengers movie? Uh-huh. Of course, they're going to be turning the movie into a comic book. Really? Yeah. Okay. So like all the scenes that you saw in the movie <laughs> translated onto the page. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I saw some of this. I saw some of it like on. Uh, on the internet, on the uh, internet, uh-huh. it's like, it's like yesterday, and like the scenes that I saw was like the scene where it's like Cap and Iron Man and uh, Thor. That scene out in the woods, uh-huh. you know, yeah. where like he lays the hammer down on Cap's shield, sure, and you see like the huge like vibranium backlash from that. Oh you know? wow, that it was cool. cool, man! And it was like you know, it was the same verbiage and, you know, dialogue that they use in the movies. That's just, awesome. It's just in a comic book. Cool. I don't know when it's coming out. I don't know who's writing it or doing the artwork, but it looked really good. Yeah, that sounds really awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, man, there was something else that I was going to... Oh, you were talking about, like, how you could see all these crazy things that you never noticed before that you don't want to notice that yeah. ruined the 16 by 9 translation. Uh-huh. Back in the day, dude, th- what doesn't work there used to work really well for the the late night talk shows. Okay, watching my okay, I used to go over to my uncle's house and watch a lot of different TV over there when I was a kid. Do you remember the old satellite dishes like that you could buy the big ones, the, the huge big ones? ones? Yeah. yeah. When my my uncle had one when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and um, dude, uh, when we were watching uh, David Letterman. Mm-hmm. You know when you'd cut to commercial? Yeah. On the satellites, dude, some of the feeds, the transponder didn't cut away, or the signal didn't cut away. Yeah. You could watch him interact with the guests oh, no during the commercial break. Wow. It was so awesome. Wow. Yeah, yeah because he was ever. getting the live feed like everybody else was. Yeah. There was nobody running aboard to slip in advertisements. Yeah, it was so cool. Sweet. 
That would have been awesome. It man. was awesome. Like I would appreciate it a lot more now that I'm older. Yeah. But like even back then, I was just like, they don't do this at home on our TV, Mom. <laughs> right. This is cool. I really, th- I really appreciated it though, even at that time. You ever see those things on YouTube where you got like anchormen and stuff doing weird shit before and after when they don't know that they're being recorded? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's I was great. watching some of that shit yesterday on like True TV. Yeah. <laughs> they like women taking like cell phone calls. Uh huh. And they're actually on the air. Having no idea, uh-huh. or just like you know, talking shit or whatever, right. like having a side conversation. Right, it's really funny. Cussing. I saw one where this lady was like some, <laughs> talking to somebody, and when they turned around, she went flip them bird. <laughs> right, <laughs> fucking nobody knew at all. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, uh, let's talk. I, I've been wanting to talk about this. Um, you know, a lot of the, the Sony leak. Yeah. It's been huge. Mm-hmm. Big hot button topic yep. all week. Mm-hmm. President even talked. Yeah, more news coming out every day from everybody. Um, you know, the whole reason this leak happened was because of the Seth Rogen, the, the Seth Rogen James Franco movie, the interview. Right. Uh, where, you know, they're sent to interview the leader of North Korea, Kim Jong un. Uh, spoilers, he ends up dying in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where Sony kind of fought him on it. Right. You know, the death. Like, they wanted him to take it out. And I heard at one time, I thought I remember reading an article where Seth Rogen and Franco, they, they were going to cave and they were going to they were gonna reshoot it. But as far as I know, that never happened and we were going to get to see the death scene. Right. And I'm glad that they would have left it in there. Yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's freedom of speech. Yep. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. what it is. And if that's what they want to put in their movie, they should be allowed to do that. Right. I mean, I know North Korea, a country that is not known for freedom of speech at all. I mean, it's pretty much run by uh, Kim Jong-un, their dictator. Right. I remember watching an interview years ago where Diane Sawyer goes over to North Korea and starts talking to North Koreans. They are limited on what they can watch on anything. Their internet is totally governed by the government there mm-hmm. that's they're, in place. Yeah, they're essentially cut off from the rest of the world. Yes. Uh, they were talking to two young students about the movie Shrek. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, the girls had seen it. But on the flip side, they had no idea that this movie was made in America. Oh, wow. They're talking about they're quoting the movie, love the movie. Well, sure, they're probably only told that we're evil. Yeah, they, they thought that this movie was made by North Korea. Wow. No idea that this was a movie that from the United States. Huh. Yeah. That's nuts, man. And, you know, and there's a lot of people, I'm sure, that are scared, and they're like, oh, well, there's all these threats and stuff, and it's just a movie, but that's the kind of the thing, is that it's just a movie. It's just a movie. Right, so... What somebody else does just because it's just a movie, well, what's going to be the next thing? If you celebrate Christmas, we're going to blow your shit up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where does it end? You yeah. start to give in here, mm-hmm. and then it just cascades. I agree. Um, but see, the thing is, like, uh, these North Koreans, and I'm not saying all of them, but I'd say the majority uh, brainwashed by their government. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember in the Diane Sawyer interview, like, she they, they they ended up taking like a a trip to this bowling alley. Uh-huh. And in the bowling alley, there's a trophy that says Kim Jong il. This is back when he was alive. Yeah. Kim Jong il came here to this bowling alley, bowled one game, and bowled a perfect three hundred. Wow. 
and like this trophy like mm-hmm. commemorated the day that he came in there. Of course, it's not on film. It's just right. like they raise these people up on pedestals. Yeah, they make them think they're like basically a guy. It's totally anti what the U.S. is all about. I right. mean, if Obama or Bush or Clinton, any of our you know leaders have done anything shitty or yeah. stupid, it's. TMZ's got the story. Yeah. You know, Fox mm-hmm. News has got it. Uh, you know, CNN. It's it's up. I mean, right. every blog site is talking about it. We, we're the total opposite. Mm-hmm. Which in a way is good and in a way is bad. I mean... Back in like back in the day, like in the forties and stuff like that, when we were at war, mm-hmm. even though some of the people were doing some shitty stuff up there in the higher offices, you know they wanted to support the country and support those people, and a lot of stuff was hidden. You right. know what I mean? I mean, yeah, there's a shit ton of propaganda in the in the eyes of patriotism. Yeah, yeah. So, see, I don't know how much I wasn't around in the sixties, of course, but yeah. I don't know how much of that leaked information about JFK banging Marilyn Monroe really got out there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember as a kid, it's like, oh, Ronald Reagan. I mean, even in the early 80s. Yeah. Like, Ronald Reagan, he's like, oh, he's the president. I don't ever remember anybody shit-talking Ronald right. Reagan. And my dad was like a hardcore Democrat. Yeah. So, but, I mean, anymore now it's all public knowledge. But, I mean, that's, that's it's life. It happens. They yeah. fuck up. They're human. Yeah, but Clinton gets a blowjob from Lewinsky, and everybody knows about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So... We don't know it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. Anyway, we're I, supposed to be talking about the Sony leak, and I'm talking about Clinton leak, leaking all over <laughs> Monica Lewinsky. Her dress, anyway. Yeah, her dress. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this group uh, called Guardian of Peace, they then threatened that if the movie was released, they would you – know, well, here, let, let me just read the message. We will clearly show it to you at the time, at the very time and places the interview be shown, including the premiere, how bitter fate those who seek fun in terror should be doomed to. These guys clearly can't structure a sentence together. Exactly. So that's, uh, I think it was confirmed that they were North Korean and I, I think this, uh, I don't know, this whole speech here kind of proves that. Right, I'm thinking that he doesn't know that there's millions of theaters, not like five. We'll talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, soon all the world will see what an awful movie Sony Pictures Entertainment has made. The world will be full of fear. Remember the 11th of September 2001? We recommend you keep to, your, you, you keep to yourself distant from the places at that time. If your house is nearby, you'd better leave. Whatever comes in the coming days is called by the greed of Sony Pictures Entertainment. All the world will denounce Sony. Dun, dun, dun. How many times has North Korea threatened us not jack shits happened anyway? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, I don't know. It, it, the thing that with them that alarms me is like their, their constant obsession with making a WMD, a weapon of right. mass destruction. But anything that they would have would have, well, okay, that's how they do it. I was going to say they'd have to smuggle it in somehow. I think we should hire Christopher Elliott. <laughs> To make them a WMD made out of old pinball parts. <laughs> yeah. Like he did in Back to the Future. Right. <laughs> the Libyans! Libyans! But um, they also promised to post some new leaks on Christmas. Have you heard about this? No. They called it, quote, Christmas gifts. Okay. So they're still threatening. Um, this started from being, you know, something we all thought was, like, really awesome at first, like these leaks mm-hmm. themselves. But, I mean, the the price that... That we've kind of had to pay, and Sony's kind of had to pay 
since then, it's it's not so funny. Right. Um, you know, we're learning about some new news. You know, I thought it was fun. Uh, new news, like castings, like Ghostbusters 3 and, and the Marvel and Sony having talks about Spider-Man. Yeah, that's that stuff's fun. Wow. Right. The Channing Tatum email was hilarious. I didn't even hear about that. Oh, it was so funny, dude. Um, nothing bad. I mean, like he said, like talking about 22 Jump Street. Okay. He sent an email to somebody and it was like, oh my God, dude, we're like kicking uh, Ted's ass in the theater. Okay. We're, we're getting more of that, you know, we're getting more money than Ted did. <laughs> That's cool. In the theater. And then like the rest of the email, there was like half a page of him just going in caps. Ha 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 ha. It was just a funny email. Right, yeah. But there's been emails where they're talking horrible about Angelina Jolie. Right. Talking crap about Will Smith's kids, uh, Jaden and Willow. Um, there, there's an email where one of them was talking really bad about uh, uh, Adam Sandler. So he's done with Sony. Oh, Which is probably okay. good for them. They, they, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's had a lot of bombs here recently. You know, Jack and Jill. and Fucking grown-ups. Grown-ups. Yeah. Uh, even though it garnered a sequel. Um, and then the newest one, the Drew Barrymore one. Oh, I fun. thought it was a fun family movie, but it's not the stuff that you want to see from Sandler. Right. Oh, That's My Boy was another one that oh, he did yeah. with, uh, what's his name? Sandberg. Oh, Andy Samberg. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I forgot about that one. But yeah, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these emails have kind of like hurt their reputation already. Right. So, I mean, after that, we find we find out that five theaters have pulled the movie. Big theaters. Yeah. This going back to you saying like, oh, there's just not five theaters, but there are some big theaters that only have, have a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Carmike was one. Cineplex, Cinemark, Regal, and AMC. All said, we're not going to play the movie. Wow. So they were the first ones to do this. Right. So I think at that point, Sony was just like, uh, they pulled the movie all together. Yeah, I know where their interests lie. I mean, they saw somebody go into a theater and get shot up. Yeah. With the uh, release of The Dark, Dark Knight. Dark Rises. Yeah. And um, I, I'm sure that they were just interested in protecting their property from terrorist attacks. Yeah. Well, and of course, the people inside. Yeah, but but, but on the flip side, I mean, it's like we're giving into this. Exactly. And that's the thing is like we we would have had to have all remained strong and yeah. like resilient from the get go. Yeah. As soon as the first person caved, it was it was doomed. It's I cascaded. W- I honestly wish that more people would have spoke out before Sony pulled the movie. Be- when when the threats first came in, when the mm-hmm. threats first rolled in, I wished more celebrities and more people in the White House would have said. Show the movie. Yeah. Spe- you know, instead of waiting until after Sony pulled it to make a decision. Right. I wish more of them would have been like. In support. See, it's easy. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't agree with all these comments from Hollywood. And I'm not saying that I don't agree with Obama. I'm saying that I wish more of them would have spoke up right after the threats were made and saying, no, we got your back, Sony. Right. It. Put the movie out there. I, even though, again, it comes down to people saying it's just a movie. That that's such a weak response because it's it's when you do give in to something like this and you go ahead and let it happen. Yeah. It, are we that scared? Yeah. I mean, in one way, I mean, none of not. I'm not a fucking warrior. I'm not. I was never in the military or anything like that. Um, 
it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, it's just a movie until it might be my life on the line. Right. You know what I mean? I would have gone. Exactly. I would have yep. gone. I would have made fucking sure I went. Yep. Because of that. Like, exactly. I may not be able to do anything else with my life, but if I can make a fucking statement and say, yeah, this is a real fucking thing. Yeah. We really believe in this. Yeah. What we're saying by pulling it, and I mean, you can't fucking federally order them to show it, but like maybe hopefully word can get to Sony or something. I mean, you gotta, you gotta go ahead with it. Freedom isn't free. You got to put it out there and pay the price if it's going to happen. My question to you is what the Guardian, the piece, what they started off doing, I believe what they started off doing was a criminal attack. Yeah. Do Do you think with the recent comments of 911 threats, do you think that this has turned into a terrorist attack or a terrorist threat? Um... I mean, it's one in the both. I mean, A, they've succeeded in stifling our ability to do whatever we want over here. It's a criminal attack to hack into Sony's personal information and put it all out there. Well, I mean, if it's been... But I think when you're talking about 911-type level threats... Yeah. To, I mean, and you can say it's been over 10 years since 9-11, but a lot of people were affected by that. Oh, right. And when you use that kind of words, Mm -hmm. uh, I think you're moving into a terrorist threat. Right. And I think I think if this was done by North Koreans, I think that they need to be looked at um, right yeah. as terrorists. And, and I haven't heard any statements from Kim Jong Un saying, "Hey, I'm washing my hands of this. This had nothing to do with me." Oh, he surely wouldn't do that anyway. No, because any type of concession like that, or even a neutral statement, would show weakness, and he's not about that. Right. So yeah, yeah. I. I Sony Pictures. If he please. doesn't want to show weakness, get a stronger haircut, you fucking fuckwad. No shit. Wow, what the <laughs> fuck is up with that? Oh my god. Yeah, I, please, Sony, please release it. Go ahead, release it. I'll fucking go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm there if they do release it. Um, you know, uh, so, Sony, after these five theaters pulled it, Sony's statement, they came out. And said that we're pulling the movie officially, and they said, "quote We had no choice." Well, Bullshit. they had a choice. Yeah, they did. They had a choice. And then anybody that wants to try to say, "Oh, look, they're horrible people," because of like these emails or whatever that went out, don't think that any other production company doesn't do that shit. Yeah, you just don't know about it. You just don't know about it, right? And some of the stuff I kind of agreed with. Well, yeah, some of the stuff I agreed with. Everybody's like, got opinions. <laughs> the, the Adam Sandler comment that came out, I agree with. Right. But Adam Sandler, he's done with them anyway. I think he's got like a deal worked out with Netflix now. Gotcha. Um, all I'm saying is that it's a damn good thing that Sony doesn't own the rights to Captain America because uh, Captain America would do nothing like this. He's an American. Right. Show the movie. Freedom. Right. You know, honestly, there'd be so many jokes if Sony owned Captain America and not Spider-Man, there would be so many jokes about that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, you know, if – it okay, so we got this James Franco and Seth Rogen movie. Uh, you know, good guys. I like them. Uh, yeah. They, 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 collectively, they don't probably have the support of, like, fans of the Marvel franchises go. If they tried to pull something like that again with that, man, then there would be enough of a response, I'm sure, to probably try to drive the studio into doing it. Do you think Disney would back down or stand behind it? Oh, if Disney was uh, doing, like, this interview movie. Well, yeah. It's something that Disney produced. Do you think they or would Or something down? like this. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a great question. 
See, the, the thing is, Disney is, uh, their whole thing is that they are family friendly. For right. the most part. I mean, yeah. I know they own other studios that, under the Disney umbrella, that come out with edgier films. Yeah. But, I mean, Disney, I mean, everybody can track it to Disney if, like, this is a movie. Like, they're doing a movie about North Korea, and maybe, maybe, uh, some of it, uh, is hot button, hot button topics like this. Right. Um, but then with being family friendly, and then inviting families to come into the theater to see this movie and possibly be threatened by this organization, I think what should have happened, and I'm and I'm not bl- blaming Sony 100%, is after this 911 threat came about, mm-hmm. after 911 happened, what happened, Frank? You saw the TSA and the, the people that, that own, like, that run these, uh, airlines amped up security mm-hmm. to the point where it was just ridiculous. Like, right. You can only have like, you know, 2.9 ounces of a, or 3.9 ounces of a liquid. Yeah. On a plane. It's nuts. You can't, you gotta bring your travel size toothpaste. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, side note, the season finale of Key and Peel had a hilarious sketch about that. <laughs> Um, so watch that if you didn't see it. But, um, you know, I mean, they ramped up, um, you know, security and everything. After this statement came out, it would have been nice to know that, you know, these cinemas would have been like, you know what? Don't worry about coming to the movies. We're ramping up security. Right. We're I mean, ramping up security. If anything, yeah. I mean, we're talking about a potential violation, a terrorist attack on our soil. Right. Uh, a violation of our first fucking amendment. Yeah. You'd think that, sure, go ahead and send a little bit of, like, local troops something. Yeah. To stand guard. Yeah, exactly. Scope shit out. Right. Stand up for your rights. The sad thing is about all this, man. There's a, quite a few sad things about it. But the sad thing is, like, this news story is way more interesting than the movie ever would be. Right. If the movie just came out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, no shit. It's like I've he heard fucked it. himself. Yeah. I, <laughs> The, do you think the movie's fucked itself? No, Kim Jong-un. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now everybody fucking knows yeah. about this shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, hopefully, if anything, like, this is stirred within people in Hollywood, just regular, your average blue-collar, white-collar, whatever, whoever you are, this is stirred about some patriotism. Yeah. You know it what I mean? It should. It should. Yeah, it should. You know, um, I'm proud to be an American, but when Sony announced that they were pulling the movie, I was a little sad. Yeah. Me too. I, I felt defeated. As, yeah. As much as I bitch about stuff and, uh, you know, about our government and things like that, it, it may be corrupt in its own way, but at least we can, we have the ability to know things that are real. We, we know that, uh, the, the earth revolves around the sun, not the other way around. We're not told that our leaders are infallible gods. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love being here. As much as I bitch about it, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the internet blew up with celebrity reactions after Sony pulled the interview from theaters. Uh, and the first to speak out about it was actually Rob Lowe. Uh, he had, he said on Twitter, wow, everyone caved. The hackers won. Yep. An utter and complete victory for them. Wow. Once he started, they all started flooding in. Um, you know, and Rob Lowe's in the movie. Uh, Judd Apatow said, what if an anonymous person got offended by something an executive at Coke said? Will we all have to stop drinking Coke? Right. Judd Apatow also said, I think it is disgraceful that these theaters are not showing the interview. Will they pull any movie that gets an anonymous threat now? Yeah. You're setting a precedent when you do that. Mm -hmm. He has every right to say that. Jimmy Kimmel says, I agree wholeheartedly. 
to any, this was in response to Judd Apatow, an un-American act of cowardice that violates, that validates terrorist actions and sets a terrifying precedent. Really does. Ben Stiller says really hard to believe that this is the response to a threat to freedom of expression here in America. Hashtag the interview. Uh, Steve Carell, sad day for creative expression. Hashtag fear eats the soul. Found this interesting. New Regency Productions was making a North Korea movie with Steve Carell, uh-huh. and it's also been canceled. Oh, fuck that shit. Zach Braff says, canceling the interview seems like a pretty horrible president to set. Patton Oswalt, the interview is now poised to shatter the world record for spite viewings. No shit. Yeah. It really would. Pedro Pascal, who wants to see the interview movie with me? Hashtag fuck those threats. Oh, yes. Josh Gad, the president of letting a nation state get away with cyber terrorism is one that will set the tone for anyone who wishes to suppress our freedoms. Damon Wayans Jr., we do not negotiate with terrorists. We just do exactly what they say. That's fucking bullshit. Sad. It is. Michael Moore. Dear Sony hackers, now that you run Hollywood, I'd also like a less romantic, I'd also like less romantic comedies, <laughs> fewer Michael Bay movies, and no more Transformers. Hell yes! I love that statement. one. <laughs> Danny Zucker, America will never give in to the demands of terrorists, unless they don't like our movies, in which case we will fold like a beach chair. Right. Neil Gaiman, writer of The Sandman, so Sony fights back by canceling the interview, thus proving to the hackers that hacking and threats work very well. That may that may prove error. Bill Maher loved his response, and I don't agree with everything Bill Maher says. But he says, hashtag the interview is that all it uh, hashtag the interview hashtag the, yeah, I can't talk. <laughs> is that all it takes? An anonymous threat and the numbers nine one one to throw free expression under the bus? Hashtag pussy nation. Exactly. I mean, didn't I hear that this is like just mostly a DNS attack? It's not even that advanced of a hack that they did. Really? Yeah. And the fact that that happened and then the statement came out, Hmm. it's nothing. It could be like five fucking kids in a basement somewhere. For real. (laughs) It could be like the North Korean versions of like the Big Bang Theory. Pretty much. You know? Right. (laughs) You got... Cooper, Cooper Jong Il <laughs> is over there hacking it, you know. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a fucking movie studio. It wasn't like they hacked the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, our own president had an opinion on this. He said, "Sony's a corporation." No, he goes, "Sony's a corporation. <laughs> it suffered significant damage. There were threats against its employees." I am sympathetic to the concerns that they face. That being said, yes, I think they made a mistake. No, but he, yeah, he, he says, that being said, I think they made a mistake. Yeah. Uh, I do wish, I do wish Obama would have spoke out a little bit sooner. Stronger! He needed to be a little bit stronger in that. He did have more. He had a lot more to say. I don't have all the quotes here. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he says, I wish they had spoken to me first. Don't get into a pattern where you're intimidated by these kinds of attacks. I, I, I think our nation's leader needed to call him out as being cowards. Yeah. And he needed to do that. He's our leader. He needed to be strong there, and he was way too neutral. I did hear from the um, 
from the uh, from Sony's lead attorney mm-hmm. that they did reach out to the to the White House before this was done, and they didn't get as high as the president because some dipshit probably thought it's just a movie. Yeah. Now, the best response, in my opinion, came none other from uh, Mitt Romney. Really? Yeah. Here's what he had to say to Sony, and he tweeted at him. He says, "He says at Sony Pictures, don't cave, fight." Release the interview free online globally. Ask viewers to volunteer $5 contributions to fight Ebola. Wow. Take a negative, turn it to a positive. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Because the government's been criticized by how they're handling this whole Ebola thing. Yeah. So, you know, I, I liked his response. Yeah. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone then start speculating that maybe we'll get to see, you know, uh, the interview. It could be on video on demand. Um, then we learned that the hacks were, in fact, you know, we found out that it was done by North Korea. Yeah. They tracked them out of there. Yeah. Uh, and then Sony says that, you know, I think it was like Thursday or something like that, that they, they had no plans to release the movie on video on demand. Um, in all response to all of this happening, the Alamo Drafthouse Theater, they were set to play Team America. <laughs> In one of their theaters where they make fun of Kim Jong-il, Kim yeah. Jong-il in place of the interview. Right. Uh, then later the same day, it was reported by Deadline that Paramount Pictures, the distributor of Team America, uh-huh. had begun canceling any screenings of that comedy. Refunds will be given. There was no reason given. I got that shit on my DVR. We should have a party. Yeah. Um, I was watching Meet the Press uh-huh. today before we recorded, mm-hmm. and they were talking to David Boyce. He's the lead attor- attorney for Sony Pictures Entertainment, and he said that the movie will eventually be distributed. Okay, good. At least it'll come out. But in what? a way, it is like okay. Think about it. Like the interview comes out, and uh-huh. it was supposed to come out. I think Christmas Day. Yeah, twenty fifth. So we're looking at, you know, uh, American Sniper, the Bradley Cooper movie coming out that day. Limited release, so it probably wouldn't have been the number one movie anyway. But Unbroken, the Angelina Jolie movie that takes place during World War II, Mm -hmm. it's also going to be released that day. And then the interview was also going to be released that day. Sure. I think, honestly, I don't know if the interview would have been the number one movie, but I think now... Oh, yeah, it would be. It's going to be the number one movie. Yeah. You're going to have theaters selling out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do, do you think I, I could see it going either way? Like people taking a stand against Sony, yeah. but I can also see people taking a stand and saying, "Sony, you were wrong. This is freedom of expression. This might be the last Sony movie I see." Yeah, but this is freedom of expression, and that's what that's what I'm here to support. Right. I'm here to support freedom of expression. Yeah, people who wouldn't be interested in the movie otherwise. Yes. Either. Yes. So, um, now, uh, Yahoo had an interview with someone who's seen the interview. Uh huh. It contains spoilers, but since we don't know if, you know, um, how soon this movie's gonna come out, I'm not gonna spoil everything, but I'm gonna go ahead and read it. Yeah. Uh, it was an interview with someone who's seen the interview, and he mm-hmm. says, having seen the interview at a press screening earlier this month, I can report that it is, that it is indeed pretty funny, though not as funny as the fact that an international incident has been provoked <laughs> by an agreeably dumb stoner comedy that focuses way more on penis and poop jokes than politics. Right. So, does Kim Jong-un actually get murdered on screen? Yep. 
And we've seen the leak. Yeah, it's I've cool. shared it off my Facebook page. Okay. So, yep. Uh, not only do Rogan and Franco's characters kill the North Korean leader at the film's end, they also help turn his country into a democracy. This death scene, which leaked online earlier this week, is, com- is comically grisly and required an exhausting back and forth between the CEO of Sony, this, the studio head Amy Pascal, and Rogan himself to decide just how many burn marks and embers Kim would have <laughs> on his face before he totally bit the dust. <laughs> but that's just one of many lowbrow comments in the movie, uh, lowbrow moments in the movie, and hardly the most memorable. In fact, the scene that sticks out most is a sequence in which Rogan shoves a beer mug-sized drone into his rectum in a moment of desperation. It's that kind of movie. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not going to read everything all. If, if you want to read more on that interview, just Google an interview with someone who's seen the interview, and you can read everything. Interviewception. Yeah. So we're going to talk more about the, the, the more the leaks, the individual leaks, yeah. later on here in news and also in Marvel news. Cool. So, um, I wanted to talk about this. I think this is my last good pop, bad pop. It's a little bit more lighthearted, but I'm going to say fuck North Korea, and uh, I'm also going to say you know halfway fuck Sony for not doing this. Yeah, yeah, big. And I, I love Sony. I have a love for Sony. Back mm-hmm. in, um, not everything they've done with Spider-Man, guys. I don't love everything Sony's done, but I have a personal love for Sony because back in 2005, I actually uh, won a trip from Sony. And they sent me to Las Vegas, gave me free DVDs oh, nice. and and music. They gave me four backpacks full of like DVDs and music. I mm-hmm. I went a trip out to Las Vegas, got to stay at Caesars. They gave me five hundred dollars spending cash. They they had a, a party uh, above. Um, uh, it was a club. I can't pronounce it. Club Chinois, Chinois or something like that in Caesars. Mm-hmm. They had Wolfgang Puck. Oh wow! Cater the the Holy event. Holy shit! And I got to watch the final four with NBA legend, one of the 50 greatest players of all time, Michael Jordan's college teammate, James Worthy. I got to watch the final four with him. No shit. Yeah. And, Damn. And I got to meet a lot of the people that, you know, work for Sony and, uh-huh. and, and they're good people. Yeah. They're good people. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, it, so it's hard for me to say this because I, I do have a love for Sony because of like what they did for me and, and, and I think a lot of people that work for Sony are good people and uh, when push came to shove, they, I'm going to agree with Bill Maher, hashtag pussy nation, man. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. But let's move on to something a little bit more lighthearted. A new restaurant is going to be opening in Schaumburg, Illinois, really? near Chicago, so only a few hours from us, Frank. Sure. The theme of the restaurant is what makes me excited. What's that? Pac-Man. Really? Here's the details. Go ahead and pour your drink. Everybody, <laughs> Frank's not taking a leak, guys. It's like Austin Powers. We've had a, a Sony leak and a, and a hammer leak. <laughs> no, hammer... Frank's just pouring a Mountain Dew. Sorry, it's a glass table. So, um, yeah, it's a, uh, here's the details. 16 boutique retro-style bowling lanes with smart technology, hmm. table tennis, pinball machines, and our lost and found games parlor with original arcades alongside exciting new titles, plus custom-built game tables. 
Ooh. Do you remember the old game tables that you could send out? You go to like Pizza Hut, yeah, and they had those game tables. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's what they're talking about? Uh, I think something like it. Yeah, I mean, you, you, okay. Game tables. Let me try to explain this to people maybe who haven't seen a game table. Yeah, because it's been a while. These weren't stand-up arcade units. These were sit-down. You could sit down. And do you remember how some people, I don't know if they do it now, but, like, when you have a PC, what they had was, like, the screen was actually, there was, like, on the on the computer desk, mm-hmm. there was glass. And instead of you looking up at a screen, they said it's better for your neck to be looking down. Yeah, it looks down. Uh-huh. Yeah, so they had, like, the, the, like the screen... Uh, below this glass, mm-hmm. and you could look down into the screen and type. Well, this was kind of like the same thing. You're looking down and you're playing. Uh, it's a table where you can kind of look down and play Pac-Man. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think most people will remember it. Not, not, well, not, not the not. young kids, man. Yeah, but it, it's kind of like uh, you know, just your TV. Instead of it being on the wall, it's just in the table facing up. Yeah. And all four people are looking at the same one. Yeah, and you can, like, lay your drink on this thing. Yeah. I mean, it's a table you're sitting at. You could play, like, Pac-Man. Yeah. They haven't seen it. They get it. I think that's where the Custom-built game tables and free-to-play board games providing a unique entertainment experience. A gallery space and a first-of-its-kind Pac-Man retail shop complete, uh, complete the venue and brand-new concept for fun dining. Uh, so why Pac-Man? Level 257 comes from Namco Entertainment, Inc., part of the global group of companies in Bandai Namco Group, the same company that created the original Pac-Man video game in the 1980s. Guys, if you weren't around during the 80s, and you weren't around for this Pac-Man phenomenon. It really was a phenomenon. I remember, like... This is before, you know, like the internet and, and, uh, this is like right after like home consoles had been introduced to the home. You yeah. Know? Pong had been out for a while, but this was like cartridge based systems. Mm-hmm. And I remember like it was a huge event. Like when the TV first came out, like my great grandfather was a wealthy guy and, uh, he, um, he, he owned, he owned a business here in, uh, in, in Metamora. Gotcha. Uh, and, uh, very big business here in Metamora. They they actually make parts for for Caterpillar. Oh, okay. All right, I know where you're. You know where okay. you're talking about. Yep. Okay. Yep. He owned it, oh, and wow. and very wealthy guy. And he was one of the first people in uh, Germantown Hills, Metamora, that mm-hmm. owned a TV. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, like, when he got that TV, all of the neighbors would come over to his house and sit down and watch TV. It was like a big event. Uh-huh. You know, let's watch I Love Lucy and the Honeymooners and all this stuff that was coming out. Right. And so, like, that's what I think, like, the first, like, wave of, like, home console video games did, too. It was like the arcade video game is now in your home, and not everybody had the home console. So, like, when we got ours... We had, like, my parents had, like, their friends come over, and we'd make a whole night of it. Let's get Pizza Hut pizza. Let's get, like, two liters of Coke, and we'd all sit around and watch each other play. Yeah, it was an event. It was an event, and it was, like, a cool family event. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of changed, and I'm not griping about that. Shit changes all the time. Now you got kids just, like, instead of everybody doing thing in a group, everybody's, like, on their phone playing a game, or everybody's on their computer. Like, you know, it's, uh, South Park did this episode. Yeah. Where, like, instead of kids even playing games anymore... 
they're watching people comment on playing the video game. Right, yeah, there's uh, services like Twitch yeah, out there and you yeah. play where people just, I mean, I haven't got the equipment, I just haven't ever done it, but like you can share anything, just yeah. play and talk and whatever, and people interact with you. Pac-Man was a huge phenomenon. It was huge, mm-hmm. and it, 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 what a great game. But uh, Level 257 seeks to explore Pac-Man's impact on our society and pop culture, reminding us all of the importance of play in our lives. While facilitating our desire to relive those times when beating the next level was the most important thing in our world, all while indulging 16 boutique retro-styled bowling lanes with smart technology. Yeah, uh, so it, it sounds this 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 it sounds like a fun-themed restaurant, especially yeah. for some of us older cats, oh, right, you know, yeah. that grew up in the 80s watching this this happen, it's, man. It sounds bitchin'. Yeah, sounds awesome, dude. Yeah, I'd be there in a minute. Did you know the last? Have you ever heard of the like the original coin operated um, Pac Man game? Mm-hmm. Have you heard about the last level? Uh, I've I've seen the King of Kong. Yeah, uh, where like it, it, does it like have a death screen or something? Yes. Okay. There's a death screen, and basically, it the game runs out of memory. Right. You, you get to the point where you can't play it anymore. Yeah. And the last screen is a half a screen. It's not even a whole maze. Gotcha. So you, <laughs> once you beat that, you're done with the game. Wow. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, we'll definitely have to, at one point in our lives, have to take a trip up there and Road check out. trip. Yeah. This oh, when's that Star Wars design. Museum open up? Yeah, we need to do that. Holy fuck. Man, yeah. We could hit it all. That'd be good times. I, I, I guarantee you, when they open it, I wonder if Lucas is going to be there opening oh, day. Holy shit. Dude. You think, or like, you, even like Anthony somebody, Daniels. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, man, that'd be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. I think we should go. Sounds good. Um, two more things on Good Pop, Bad Pop before I wrap up. Did you have any more? No, not really. No. Nope. All right. I wanted to talk about the movie The Fox Catcher. Okay. I saw The Fox Catcher. It stars Steve Carell, Mark Ruffalo, and Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think of uh, two of those names, I'd say. Two out of three, you're thinking this is going to be a comedy. Yeah. No, it's a serious movie. Uh, I had the choice to see this or Wild, the Reese Witherspoon movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of these movies are based on true stories. I decided to go see The Foxcatcher. Uh, it's the wrestling movie. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. Going in, I had no idea what the true story was about. It's about John DuPont. Have you ever heard about this? No. This happened in the 80s. And if you know the name John DuPont, eh, you might remember this story happening. And I think this is one of those movies, like, I usually like to go into, like, these uh, movies where, like, uh, it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. And I usually like to go into them knowing nothing about them. If I've never heard about it, mm-hmm. I'll go into it, like, not knowing anything about it and thinking that I'm really going to enjoy the film. Critics have been loving this movie. Mm-hmm. I went into this movie not knowing anything about it, and it really works to your disadvantage. Okay. So I personally, and, and you may think I'm wrong, but... I preface this movie, if you do want to see this, I think you should do some research on the actual story of John DuPont and this Mark Schultz Mm -hmm. and his brother Bob Schultz. I I think you need to know the story. I think I would have been better better served had I watched like a a 60 Minutes documentary on the actual story. Uh Because there's a very climactic thing, like most movies have a climactic thing thing that happens at the end of them. Uh I did not know that was going to happen, and when it happened, that's where everything kind of like makes sense. But the slow build up, and it is a slow build up through the entire movie to this one scene, mm-hmm. 
I didn't understand what I'm watching. Like, I, I understood it, but I didn't understand it. Gotcha. Okay. I got certain elements of it. But having known, and I don't want to spoil it, and that's why it's so hard to talk about this movie, but if I would have known what I was waiting for, I would think I would have been more captivated by following these characters, knowing what I am actually, what they're, what's actually happening right now is more fascinating now, because I know what's going to happen at the end. And should you go ahead and spoil it? Because if you're saying everybody should see, know that first, why wouldn't we just? But some you? people might not agree with me. Oh, okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like I'll tell you. I'll more. tell you when we break. Okay. Some people m- might not enjoy it that way. Gotcha. A very small percentage, in my opinion. But the experience that I had coming out of there, mm-hmm. the way I watched it, I'm giving the movie a toss. It. Nice. Okay. But on the flip side. Had I known exactly what I was waiting for, I might have given this movie a taste it or a high taste it. Hmm. Okay, it'll make sense when I tell you because I don't want to spoil it. And it's just and, and for the people that are listening right now, mm-hmm. I'm giving them the choice. Oh, sure. To get on the internet too, Frank. Right. Yeah. And look up this story if they if they if they feel like you know I can trust Brian here or eh, shit Brian's led me astray a few times. I don't know about this. I'm going to go in cold. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm giving them the choice. If you want to know what happened about the real story, for me, it's. I think it would have been a more compelling movie knowing who the characters were in place yeah. before and knowing why this character did what he did at the end. Right. And so, unfortunately, with the way I went in cold, i got to give it a toss-it. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I think the characters would have been a lot more interesting, and I would have been like watching them. I would have been watching, you know what I mean? Because like I, I would have known what they're gonna do. So right. now I'm like I'm watching specific characters a little bit more closely and watching how they act because mm-hmm. I had no idea how this was gonna turn out. Okay, but basically the movie it's about John Dupont of the Dupont family, mm-hmm. you know, um, very rich family. And uh, kind of has a passion for wrestling and invites and doesn't think that America has appreciation for their American wrestlers and feels like like the Russians have been putting more money into their wrestlers. Right. And we're talking like actual like wrestling wrestling, yeah. like Olympic wrestling. Yeah, like, like a, the Greco-Roman. Yeah, not yeah. WWE show. No, no. This is like, <laughs> like this Mark Schultz was an actual like Olympic wrestler. Right. Him yeah. and his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, he won the 84 Olympics. Right. You know, so like these guys are the real deal. And so training for the 88 Olympics, like this guy um, – <laughs> Uh, Bob, uh, Jack, uh, John Dupont. I gave him every name but the correct <laughs> one. Bob, Jack, whatever. <laughs> John Dupont, played by Steve Carell. He's the one who wants to. He he basically uses his money to fund these these wrestlers to come in and work out in his own gym, and he wants to be looked at as their coach. And he's got other motives for doing this. Um, his mother doesn't feel like he's doing anything with his life of any importance. So, like, he wants to prove to her that, no, I'm a coach to these guys. And, like, you just have to see this movie. It, it deals with a lot. This guy's got mommy issues. Oh, wow. You know, but on the flip side, you know, you've got, uh, you've got, uh, the character of Channing Tatum, uh, Mark Schultz, who, 
the more this story starts to evolve, he's kind of like lived in his old in his older brother's shadow, who's mm-hmm. also a phenomenal wrestler. Mm-hmm. So that comes into play. It's really slow building, and these characters like they aren't that compelling as you're watching it. I think it, they would have been more compelling had I known where this went. Right. So. Yeah. It's almost like somehow sometimes books work out. Yeah. If you, yeah. If you know what's going on in their heads, right. then when you watch it, it makes a lot more yeah. sense. Final thing, I'm not going to talk too much about it. I also went and saw Night at the Museum 3. I don't even know what. Like, is there a subtitle to this thing? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see the second one. Yeah. So basically in this one, um, you know, the, uh, what is that? The, the, that, that plate that makes everything come to life in the museum. I don't even remember, man. I saw the first one okay. once. That okay. was it. Well, it's like a golden plate. They call it the plate of Akmar or something crazy. I can't remember. It's an <laughs> Egyptian plate, and that's what gives the power to everything to become alive in the museum. Gotcha. Well, it starts to get corrupted. It starts to, like, uh, you know, it looks like it's been uh, under the ocean, and it's, like, deteriorating like the Titanic these days. You know what I mean? It <laughs> these looks, days. It looks like shit. So... <laughs> It's getting all rusty green or whatever. It Poor looks, Titanic. And every time it starts to get more infected or whatever the fuck, these characters within the museum, they start to they start to get sick and go crazy and act a little nuts. And so they've got to go. Like the the one uh, Egyptian uh, pharaoh dude is saying, we got to talk to my dad. And my dad's in another museum, and he's over in England. So now they got to go over to this museum over in England. Uh, Rebel Wilson is in the movie. Oh, no kid. Um, she's actually pretty funny in this, man. I mean, gotcha. she's hit and miss with me. I, I went on a, on a, on a date. Uh, I think it was like my third date with this chick, and she made me watch Pitch Perfect. Okay. Which had uh, Adam Devine in it from Workaholics. Yeah. So a lot of people I like in that movie. I, I just, I, and, uh. That one chick from the Twilight movies. Uh. Black haired girl, her friend. I don't know. I don't know. I got forced to watch the first one. That's the only reason why I recognize her. Yeah, there was the blonde, uh, crazy Christian fanatic from True Blood was in this too, in Pitch Perfect. But Rebel Wilson, um, she was probably the, I guess the funniest thing in Pitch Perfect. I give it a toss it. But, you know, um, I'm not into musicals either. Gotcha. I love Little Shop of Horrors, though. Yeah. All day. <laughs> but yeah, I'm one of the few people that don't like Grease either. Really? Yeah, dude. I can't, wow. get, I can't get through Grease, man. Stay away from Wicked. Oh, uh, you know, I, I, I like musicals in person. Oh, I saw oh, Wicked. Okay. I You're saw, talking movie. Versions. Yeah, I can't yeah. watch them in movies. I like I like to be around like people, dude. Right? There's an energy. There's an energy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feed off of it. I, I've seen Spam a lot. You know, the Monty Python and the yeah. Holy Grail musical. Uh-huh. Saw Wicked. I saw the Book of Mormon up in Chicago. Gotcha. You know, and I've gone and saw like you know Wizard of Oz and Peter Pan and all that stuff. I like yeah. to go to the musicals like mm-hmm. in an actual musical setting. Yeah. Yeah. So. But um, this, this this night of the museum, so they go over there to you know England. It's a lot of the same rehashed stuff. They're not they're not reinventing the wheel here. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they didn't reinvent the wheel, I got to give this movie a toss. It. I think the first one's a Tupperware, the second one's a Taste It, and this one's a Toss It. They just progressively get worse because they don't do anything new, anything different. Gotcha. Um, some of the new characters that they introduce. Not as interesting as the characters that you've fallen in love with in the past films. Sure. Was Robin Williams in this? Yes, one? he was. Okay. And it was hard to see, man. It was hard to see, but it was it was bittersweet, dude. Yeah, that might be the only reason why I go ahead. It's bittersweet. Definitely watch it for him. Okay. Um, but uh, and 
it's interesting. They did set this up for sequels. Ben Stiller will not be involved in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they've kind of set it up so that it could be uh, Rebel Wilson oh, okay. taking over the franchise now. Hmm. So I don't think... I don't think that we've seen the last of the Night of the Museum movies. I think uh, they might have Rebel, Rebel Wilson take over the franchise. So you're thinking like a soft reboot somehow with that? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, oh, and <laughs> we're talking a soft reboot on fucking Night at the Museum. Yeah, soft reboot on it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and I think that they could do that. They could bring back some of the characters from. Uh, you know, um, that we saw in this film, mm-hmm. you know, over in that, uh, in the British museum. Sure. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> if it's up your alley. I would red box it, you know, watch it with the kids if you have kids. Okay. But, um, I don't know. There's something else I wanted to say. Now I lost my train of thought. Maybe I'll think of it later as we go. Um, but uh, you know what? We'll take a break and we'll come back with the pop culture leftovers news. Cool. We're back, guys. Yeah. Uh, dude, they said it couldn't be done. A Frank and Brian episode. It's here. It's there happening. Were, there were doubters. There were haters. I don't know if people are going to like this. I don't know if there's doubters or haters. <laughs> Maybe they just weren't speaking up. I think people were worried. There's nothing to worry about. You know? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, maybe people are going to hate this episode. Is it going to, is it going to go down as like the worst episode of pop culture leftovers? I mean, I've already tagged one as the worst episode ever. <laughs> is this going to be, is this going to trump that episode? I don't know, man. I listened to that episode. I think it's better than that one so far. <laughs> <laughs> we need more Frank. <laughs> this is, yeah, Jake's not really sick. We just needed more Frank because we didn't have you last week. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm here. I miss Jake though. I miss Jake too, and it's gonna be nice when we're all like reunited. I know. It'll be nice. It'll be nice. Reunited and it feels so good. Yeah, we could have less of those moments on this episode, (laughs) but you know, for the most part I've been enjoying it, you know? Yeah, yeah. A little bit less of that kind of stuff going on. Yeah, I'll keep it to myself. I don't know, yeah, it's like uh, when you sing, I don't think that's your natural singing voice. No, that's just falsetto. That's falsetto. Yeah. I don't know. Is, is your real singing voice better or worse? Do you sound like an angel? I have a it, feeling. I have a feeling like when you start singing, you're going to sound like Christopher Lambert or something. It's it's okay, and I'm not even about to do it. I mean, I was a music major. I had right. to kind of be a little bit okay at it, but nope, nope. You're, you're, you can't get me drunk enough to sing. Actually, like yeah. sing for real on the podcast. You're a music happen. major. Was it an instrument? Yeah. What were you What were you rocking back in the day? Tuba. Dude, that's hardcore. <laughs> 
That's hardcore, man. No, I, I, uh, I had the alto sax. Did you? Yeah. Gotcha. There's a lot of, you know, saxophones were like, you know, big in the 80s, man. Yeah. Every song had a saxophone solo, right? Kenny G's whole career is around it. Exactly. But like, even like, uh, like, uh, what is it? The Rick Astley music. Like, there's always gotta be like this, uh, uh, saxophone solo. Right. Everything had a saxophone solo. Mm-hmm. Saxophones were hot in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. 80s pop music <laughs> and saxophones. Yeah, there was a thing. Like high tops. Yeah. Oh, high tops. <laughs> um, did you have, uh, the Reebok pump? Yep, I had it. Yeah, me too. I also had the Kmart knockoff version too when my feet got too big. Kmart had their own pump? I had something, like an off-brand. I know it wasn't Reebok, the second pair I had, because uh-huh. they didn't last but like 10 weeks before the little pump that you had to pump Yeah, would tear, and then the fucking air would go out, so it wouldn't pump at all. See, I didn't get the whole thing with the pump. Did it make sense? I mean, it tightened your... It, I mean, I think it didn't make you jump any higher. No, it just swelled up the tongue over the top right. of your foot. Yeah. You think if they wanted it to go higher, you would have been able to pump it up with, like, helium or something. Something. I don't know, man. It's, it was just a total gimmick. It was a gimmick. <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, it was bullshit. I don't know. Those wheelies. Those little kids with oh, the wheelies. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that a thing still? People doing I that? I think some people still have them, yeah. Really? Yeah. I'd, I'd fucking kill myself oh, on those things. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'd be like Inspector Gadget, and all of a sudden they pop out, and I wouldn't want them to. I'd be prat falling yeah. all over the place. Um, oh, dude, uh, did you like the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Hell yeah, I did. Check this out. On a new episode of The Goldbergs coming out uh, uh-huh. after their, uh, I don't know, when, if maybe January sometime when they come back from like the mid-season break, uh-huh. Charlie Sheen is going to reprise his role. From Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where he plays like the drug addict. Oh no, shit! He's gonna re- he's gonna be that character. Wow. In an episode, that's dude. awesome. People need to be watching the Goldbergs, especially if you grew up in the eighties. It is so damn funny. It's a family show, Frank. Okay, it's yeah. really funny. Off to check it out. Yeah, I love it. Good stuff. I, they had a Back to the Future episode uh-huh. where um, you know the kid lied and said that he broke his arm on a hoverboard. Okay. <laughs> and, he, you know, he tried to make a video of him on a hoverboard and stuff like that. Dude, this show is just so 80-centric. They had an episode where, like, they played Zelda. It, oh. It's so much fun. You need to watch the Goldbergs. Now, does it have just throwbacks to the 80s, or is it, like, set in the 80s? Uh, it's set in the 80s. So it's kind of like that 70s show, but for the 80s. Yeah, right? and they don't, like, they don't explain, like, what year it is, because, uh-huh. like, some of the, st- some of the time they're gonna go see E.T. They had E.T. in an episode. Okay. Sometimes they're gonna go see, like, The Empire Strikes Back. One episode, they, they were gonna, they were talking about, you know, stuff that happened in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. It's just all scattered. <clears throat> gotcha. That's kind of cool, though. But it works. Yeah. It works. They'll put a label on it. That gives yeah. them access to all of it. Yeah. ABC's got a good comedy block i mean modern family's still okay uh goldberg's is okay i like that new anthony anderson show blackish it's getting better hmm. it's okay. getting better i like it um so yeah check out the goldberg's all right let's uh <laughs> you ready to do the pop culture leftovers news man yeah all right hit ye, hit ye, read all about it it's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it this news is gangsta as fuck yo it's gangsta as fuck yo Dude, I still can't get over that drop. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, who, who else is going to have a drop that says you're gangster as fuck? Right? This podcast. The mm-hmm. podcast that doesn't give a shit. Yep. The podcast that doesn't sell out to eBay. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. This week, uh, first in news. Man, see, I'm all over the place with my notes. Get with it, Brian. I'm a horrible showrunner, Frank. <laughs> no. Seriously. I'm horrible. <laughs> I'm the worst. No. <laughs> Why are you saying that? I don't know. 
I beat myself. I'm my worst critic, dude. I, dude, I'll be honest with you. I did the, I did the Joe Schmo comic show. I did an episode with them. He should have it up here shortly. Yeah, I think it was episode number fifteen for them. I was nervous. You're nervous? I was nervous doing the show with these guys. I've never seen you nervous my whole life. Dude, I was nervous. It's like, this is their show. Like, this is their arena, you know? Uh And I felt like a lot of pressure for me to, like, come in there and, like... Ah, Frank's pissing again. (laughs) Trying to hold it away from the microphone. Ah, That's a frothy one, Frank. (laughs) Sounds like a commercial. Frothy Frank. Now you're drinking your piss? What's going on here, Frank? If my piss is that dark green, I need to go see a doctor. <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, what, what, yeah, what medications are you taking? Holy shit. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. You know, okay, uh, but I was nervous to be on their show, man. Mm-hmm. I really was. I mean, like, that's their, that's their show. And like, to have me on, I thought, it was a compliment. Right. And, and it was like, I don't want to ruin this for these guys. I don't, I don't want to be the one to like, like, ruin this episode for these guys. Yeah. I still have no idea how I performed. But it was like, man, I hope that I did justice, you know. And they do a cleaner show. They're like the ABC family version of podcasting. Yeah. And you know what I mean? I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. You can get a wider audience when you yeah. don't curse and drop f-bombs like yeah i listened to it there was an episode that uh jared uh wanted me to try to check out still haven't got to the point where uh he he had the shout out because my time's been yeah but yeah it's a good show yeah and so like that's the thing it's like uh um you know they don't cuss or anything like that on their show and i think i did pretty good i only i only slipped up one time i (laughs) i dropped one f-bomb all right hopefully he'll edit it out i felt (laughs) bad when i did it dude i felt bad when i did it i was like oh man i've been doing so good and i dropped an f-bomb so no he should beep it out yeah make it a thing and then i talked about santa getting prison raped and i don't know how i don't know how that went over basically santa ends up in shawshank prison gets butt raped by the sisters i don't know man i don't know what's wrong with me i know it's a family show and here i am I'm talking about Santa getting butt raped and in Shawshank Redemption by the sisters. You know what you're going to get in your fucking stocking this year? <laughs> Good lord. Some bloody fucking nuggets or something. The Grinch is going to come over to my house and butt rape me. <laughs> he grew three sizes yeah. that day. <laughs> uh, the Grinch made my butthole pinch because I was Holy like, shit. no, you're not going in there. No, get away from me. You're a mean one, oh. Mr. Grinch. <laughs> This is crazy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Pop culture leftovers. Yeah, we're gangsters. Fuck. That's what we do here. I've been reading this comic book, Frank. It's called Afterlife with Archie. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it on the show before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an Archie comic, uh, and it does fall under Archie comics. This is an Archie comic. Uh, it's the whole gang that you know. You know, Archie, Jughead, Betty, Veronica, Moose. It's basically if there was a zombie apocalypse <laughs> happening in Riverdale in the Archie universe. Right. And it's not like, uh, I don't think it's tongue in cheek, man. I think this is like, this is like the walking dead meets Archie. Gotcha. I mean, you know, these characters, they, I mean, they react, I think, like characters would in this zombie apocalypse, man. There's fear for their lives. You sure. Know, the kids of Riverdale are getting killed and, and the artwork is not, it's not cartoony and bubbly. It's Francesco Francavilla. Who right. does like really painterly work and, and, uh, he can pull <clears throat> off horror so well. It's such a damn good comic book. I'd, I'd go back and read it in trades. People, if you don't want to read like the Archie stuff where they're sipping on, you know, you know, milkshakes and shit and all that stuff, this is not that, man. Right. This is, 
This is like, you know, Jughead turning into a zombie, showing up to like, you know, a, a dance and like killing characters from this from this beloved comic book. Right. I can't help but laugh a little bit though, because Jughead was the one who was always hungry for hamburgers. Yeah. So yeah. that that is a little, <laughs> a little comical. But yeah, I I check that out. It's it's a great book. And and during a Reddit QA, I love Reddit, dude. I love Reddit. And there's these Reddit QA's where like They'll tell people to, to get on Reddit, like there's going to be a creator or an actor or somebody, a director, anybody. They get on Reddit, and if you're on this subreddit with them, you can ask them questions. Oh, wow. It's so cool. Reddit is such a great thing. I wish more people would get involved with Reddit. Um, but they had a session with John Goldwater, the CEO of Archie Comics, mm-hmm. and he was asked a particular question about Afterlife with Archie. He was asked, could it ever come to TV? And this is what he had to say. As for film and TV, the answer is yes. Really? Absolutely. This is something that will be happening at some point in the near future. Hmm. Nothing to announce yet. Just rest assured it will happen. Hmm. See, this is what I'm worried about. I'm worried about them taking this wonderful source material from great creators and then making it like a watered-down version of what you actually see in the comic book. Are they going to do the comic book justice and go for the gruesome? I mean, is this going to be something that they can really... Or, or is it just going to be kind of like silly, funny, like... I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't want it to be silly. I don't. I, I want them to, to portray the characters in this show. The I don't know if it's going to be... An, yeah, go ahead. Did Okay, so even The Walking Dead is watered down a little bit. Yeah. Because yeah. some of the storylines there, I mean, if... If you if you haven't watched it through the third season, there's an event that happens with the governor Michonne that right. is a lot more violent in the books. Agreed, agreed. And they couldn't even do that on cable TV. And they used a different character, yeah. and it didn't play out the way that it did. Right. Which I'm glad that they didn't. I wouldn't have wanted to see that. Absolutely. I wouldn't have wanted to see agreed. that. Agreed, agreed. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a lot... It, it's different reading it, I guess. I don't know, but still, you can't put that on television, at least not and have a really wide audience. I mean, we're talking the graphic level that would have been close to like yeah, Game this of is Thrones. Not, this is nothing like that, well, as far right. as like that kind of scene. You're not going to see like, uh, you know, you're not going to see like Jughead like ramming some chick on the show. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to happen. I didn't know how brutal it gets. Yeah, it, it, I mean, as far as like the gore and the blood and stuff mm-hmm. like that, it is there. But you think it's more comparable to like what we see on TV with The Walking Dead now? Yeah, but I'm not going to say it's Walking. It's it's right up there with Walking Dead as far as the gruesome. Sure. The it's more mature. It's the most mature Archie book that I've ever seen. Okay. And Archie over the years has taken on some big, you know, some some things uh, like they've had gay characters introduced into mm-hmm. Archie comics. There yeah. are lesbians in Archie comics. They've always done a real good job of addressing like current concerns in society. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read them when I was a kid. And one of the issues I read, Moose had dyslexia. And they actually yeah. went through the process of him finding out that that why he right. was slow. It wasn't because he was stupid. It was because he had that issue. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they've always dabbled in serious topics. Yeah. I think that this needs to be – and I'm not – I don't care about the gruesome stuff. I just don't want them to take a blend of what we – people perceive as Archie and have to have them act that way that they do in the comics – Right in the in the regular line, 
I want them to, to, to take the Walking Dead approach where this is a character-driven story. Right. And be and give it a little bit more serious tone. But I don't want those scenes where, like, you know, Maggie and the governor and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't want to see that from the kids of Riverdale. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. But I don't want them to, like, stray too much from the source material. That's why the comic book is selling. That's why people are getting it. Because right. it is something so different than your main line of Archie Comics. They're going to have to promote the shit out of it because people like me who read it a long time ago, you hear Archie, that's automatically what you think of. Yeah. So they're going to have to make sure that you know the stage is set, yeah. that it's going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. You get a bunch of people in there looking for the fucking milkshake sipping Archie. And right. They're going to shit their pants. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, you know, yeah, Archie's going to go to the sock hop or whatever the fuck they do there in Riverdale. But yeah. when he goes to this sock hop, there's a chance that he might get his neck bitten by a zombie. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, on the flip side here, uh, I think, I don't know if it's the whole Archie universe in the comics is going to be rebooted. But they are going to have a new Archie comic. They're kind of starting over. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Wade, the writer of Daredevil, oh. is going to be writing Archie comics. And art by saga artist Fiona Staples. Ooh. And I got to see the cover for one of these. Looks absolutely amazing. I will be picking up the first issue to check it out because of those two creators involved. Right. Uh I'm excited. I mean, if if you're reading comics, you know the name Mark Wade. You know Fiona Staples. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Pretty awesome. That'd be cool. I'll try to check it out too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. If anything, just ask me for the issue because I'll be adding it to my pull list once it's announced. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. So. All right. The Sony leak. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit more about the Sony leak later with the Spider-Man stuff. Uh, but a lot of amazing rumors coming out of this thing. Um, there's another rumor about a Ghostbusters spin-off movie where Channing Tatum says he wants to do a Ghostbusters film mm-hmm. and get Joe and Anthony Russo to direct the film. The, they directed Captain America the Winter Soldier. Right. But according to the report, Channing Tatum also wants to get Chris Pratt to star in the movie hmm. with him as well. And Tatum is quoted as saying, it'll be like, a huge Batman Begins movie in terms of epicness. So there's no, like, I I don't know if it's going to cross over into, like, the female Ghostbusters stuff. If it's going to be, like, expanded universe, you know, like, where they're they're doing that. But Mm -hmm. uh, would you be interested to see a Channing Tatum, uh, Chris Pratt? Now, think about this. Think about, like, you know, Channing Tatum has done some comedies. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've seen 21 or 22 Jump I saw Street. 21. Yeah. And you yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. I mean, uh, Chris Pratt as a Ghostbuster? Yeah, I definitely could see that. Yeah, I mean, uh, but how many of the, yeah, how many projects is this guy going to be able to do? I get, I wonder how, you know, heavy these talks are given these leaks. You know what I mean? Is this stuff that people are just kicking around ideas or? This is, this is Tatum. Yeah, this is Tatum. He, I think, I think he sent an email. He wants to do a Ghostbusters film. Let me, let me read a little bit more about this. There's an, there's an email that was apparently sent from Hannah Mangella, the co-president of production for Columbia Pictures, that details more of Tatum's vision for the movie. Here it is. The Russos, Channing and Reed, uh, Reed is like, I think Channing Tatum's 
like he works on Channing Tatum in a lot of different projects. Sure. Right. Okay. Uh, have been brainstorming ideas and want to create a whole new mythology that would support multiple movies the way that Nolan reinvented Batman. To be clear, the Russos want to produce, not direct. And while Channing and Chris are looking for a movie to do together, they haven't mentioned this to him yet because they weren't sure how he'd react. They'd want it to, they'd want to make it simultaneously super scary while also super funny. That reminds me of the original Ghostbusters film. Yeah, yeah. Back, back in the day, the special effects were really good. Yes. Because, I mean, you look at it now and they look cheesy, only comparative to what we have. But they tried to scare you. Yeah, they did. They did. Mm-hmm. I think they did. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. She opens up the refrigerator, zoom. Yeah. That was yeah. scary. That wasn't cheesy. That's where the second movie failed, in my opinion. It wasn't as scary. I mean, Vigo didn't scare me that much. There was the part where they, like, lowered themselves down into the sewer. Yeah. And you saw, um, like, the ectoplasm, the, 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 the emotional slime. slime yeah. The emotional slime started to get angry mm-hmm. and the hands started to come out of it. Yeah. I wanted to see more. I wanted right. to see more. I wanted to see it get really angry and start pulling them down and, like, like more scary faces and yeah. stuff like that in mm-hmm. the ectoplasm. That, they, that, I think they did that scene really well, but we didn't get more of that from the, ecto, from the emotional slime. Right. That was the only scary scene, I think, in that whole movie, in my opinion. Yeah. It doesn't get scary when you're walking around in the Statue of Liberty. No. You know? No. <laughs> Not at all. It was nice to see the Nez joystick, but... Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, but other than that, I don't know. It it didn't... I don't think that they blended, like, super horrific stuff with the comedy in there as well. Right, yeah. It wasn't balanced. Yeah. And I don't even remember the funny stuff being funny. But I think that's what um, Tatum's trying to bring back here. He, they, they go on to say, they love the idea that they are immortal heroes who are believers in the paranormal and the only people who can defend mankind from a paranormal threat. I know we're mid-negotiations with Paul Feig. I'm not sure whether we'd ever develop two different versions simultaneously. Joe is open to the idea that both movies could be developed in partnership so they complement one another within the same Ghostbusters universe. Talking about the female. Yeah. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. they haven't talked with Paul Feig yet. So apparently the Russos are very close to Paul and Joe. Suggested Paul could be attached to direct both. Mm Mm-hmm. Personally, I think it's possible for the female version to coexist with this other version, so maybe they're not mutually exclusive. That sounds good to me. Yeah? Yeah. I I mean, I think it'd be easy enough to differentiate, you know, which one's which. You could have them in the same universe, different locations. Yeah. Um, I think we can count out, since this is... Sony, I think we can kind of count out Seth Rogen and James Franco maybe being yeah. attached to a Ghostbusters film, which I wouldn't be opposed to. Right. I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes because, man, are they that sore at each other? I mean, Sony backed them, made the movie. Yeah. You can't blame them for making the movie that they made. But they pulled their movie, man. Well, Seth Rogen and James Franco are going to be more pissed. But if Sony ends up getting the balls and fucking releases it, then they'll probably change. It could wash over, but something's got to change with Sony. Yeah. Something's got to change. Check this out. There are some new names on the list for the Ghostbusters female movie. And one name that I have dropped, I believe, on the podcast before is being talked about. I am proud of this because I have championed her being in a Ghostbusters film. She's up and coming. She's probably the funniest female 
comedian out right now, in my opinion. But you know, of course, we had we heard Rebel Wilson and Jennifer Lawrence yeah. have confirmed that they've spoken with Feig. Uh, not necessarily Jennifer Lawrence about Ghostbusters, but we can all assume. Yeah. And other emails from the Sony hack indicate Emma Stone, Melissa McCarthy, Lizzie Kaplan, Ryan Gosling, and this this is the one that I've championed, Amy Schumer. Yeah. I could see that. That'd be really Oh, cool. it'd be perfect, man. I'd awesome. love to see Amy Schumer as a <laughs> Ghostbuster. She'd work out really well. She is so funny. She is like the funniest female comic. And if you're not watching the Amy Schumer show, I don't I think that's what it's called, but the Amy Schumer show on Comedy Central, you're missing out. Or is out. it uh, Life with Amy Schumer or something, something like that? Yeah. yeah. Dude, it is so funny. Yeah, she's she's hilarious. She's so good. Mm-hmm. They they did like uh like the newsroom, HBO's newsroom. Mm-hmm. They did like a whole like that Aaron Sorkin show, very serious with Jeff Daniels. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Olivia Munn's in it. Yeah, I saw that. They did a parody of that that takes place in a McDonald's, <laughs> and it is so funny. That'd be awesome. She's so talented, dude. Amy Schumer. Yeah, I gotta do to it. See it. Yeah. And see, the thing is, that's what it, I, I think that's what, uh, Ghostbusters is all about in a way. Like, some of these comics back in the day when they had them, you know, like, they'd done Saturday Night Live, but, you know, like, they weren't the huge stars that they are now. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think getting talent like Amy Schumer in there, I think she's gonna be in a new movie, I think, with Paul Rudd. Hmm. But I mean, she hasn't done much as far as, like, cinem- cinematic stuff, but I right. think this would be a good jumping on point for her. Yeah, it would. And yeah, I I wouldn't want to see a Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson as a Ghostbuster? I, would, I don't want to see it. Okay, let, let's say you have to pick between Rebel Wilson, Jennifer Lawrence, Melissa McCarthy, Emma Stone. Out of those, pick pick one or two. Just two? Yeah. Okay, uh, Emma Stone and Amy Schumer. Okay. Love Emma Stone. Those are, those are good. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to see Jennifer Lawrence in there either. I just don't think that this is kind of like her thing. Right, yeah, I don't see her doing funny in the same vein yeah you know uh i didn't know where she could probably fit in but like i always thought tina fey or amy paler i was gonna say tina fey yeah tina fey kind of reminds me of like she would be kind of like uh not a copycat but kind of like the egon Egon. of the group yeah 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 she'd be good in this world yeah i'm not a huge tina fey fan though really not a huge fan i kind of got a little man crush on her she's not a dude He's what? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, I like I, <laughs> I like I like her on uh, I liked her on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. yeah. Thirty Rock was good. See, that's the She's, thing. I, I can't really speak to her because I haven't. I've never seen Thirty Rock. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, she's. I think she'd be a great Egon. Okay. Or Egon-ish type. Yeah, but I don't want them. I want I want them to have their own personality. Right. Well, so I don't think she'd be like real uptight. She'd be just like the practical one. Right. Right. Uh, let's move on to the Marvel news. Uh, we do have a Marvel-related email. It comes from uh, listener Josh. He says, so psyched to see how Marvel's plan unfolds on screen. I have a question for you and Jake and Frank. <laughs> so Jake's not here, so um, it'll be me and you, Frank. Okay. I think it was Kevin Feige who mentioned Thanos would be wearing the Infinity Gauntlet at some point during... The Infinity Wars movies. The Infinity Gauntlet is composed of the six gems. However, in the movies, the Tesseract is a cube and the ether is shapeless. How do you think Marvel will get 
from these cube and mist-like shapes into the gem shape needed for a true to comic book version of the Infinity Gauntlet. Also, three gems have been revealed in the movies, and you guys put the idea out there that Loki's staff contained a fourth gem in the Soul Gem. When and where do you think the last two gems will be revealed? It's pretty much confirmed that that fourth gem is uh, in Loki's staff. It is a gem. Yeah. There was the trailer where they showed... There was a trailer uh, that they released for, like, uh, I think it was New York Comic Con or, mm-hmm. or something like that, where they showed that new Age of Ultron trailer, and the teaser or whatever. Um, I think it was the second teaser that that had... Um, we actually saw Thanos, and he turned around, and he grinned, and he was wearing the gauntlet. But throughout that trailer, they showed the Tesseract. You know, they showed um, the Aether. They showed... Um, what was the the Guardians of the Galaxy thing, the the purple one? Shit, what was the name of it? I, I can't remember. Yeah. But they showed that, and then another one that they showed was the staff. Mm-hmm. So I think in that trailer, what they were alluding to was like, yes, these are yeah. the stones. Mm-hmm. So I I don't think it's a huge stretch just to like all of a sudden like all of the objects get together and we see some sort of like mist come together and they're, and they're, yeah. they're drawn to the gauntlet and, and that's what powers the the actual gems within the gauntlet or why can't they just like when they come in contact or get in proximity of the gauntlet just like change form that's what i'm saying yeah that's yeah. exactly okay. what i'm saying like uh they all like once they're within the the, the yeah they're, they're within the proximity like you said like we see like a mist Kind of like the souls of the gems right. float into the into the actual of the stones actually float into the gem. I don't know. Yeah. That's all I'm thinking that they'll yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that'll be a hard thing at yeah, all. Yeah, I don't either. And it might be a cool special effect or something like that that they could show off. But I, I think that's it. But he says he ends it by saying, Thanks for the insanely entertaining podcast. I really enjoy being put in the middle of your conversations for a few hours each week, Josh. So thanks for the email. I don't think we know exactly how they're gonna do it. I don't think like, you know, uh Thanos is gonna have like these different objects like duct tape to him or something like that. <laughs> I think that kinda looked janky. But you know, I, I think it'll be some kind of like uh magical thing. Yeah. You know, I don't, you know, and I don't see like Doctor Strange or Scarlet Witch, you know, performing something where like they have to, you know what I mean, draw the power out. I think, I think, I I think the stones want to be reunited. Yeah. And I think once they are, I think they'll know what to do. Yeah, it's like the tab A slot B. Exactly. So, um, oh yeah, I had a quick thought. Just, this is, think about this, think about this. Okay. All right. You got the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yep. Um, and then you've got the Inhumans movie that's going to come out. Yeah. Okay. So check this out. I I think, like, James Gunn can say whatever he wants to. He's, like, trying to play it off, like, oh, the Guardians of the Galaxy are their own separate thing. They're not going to – there's no plans for them to be in, like, the overall Marvel crossover stuff. Mm-hmm. Bullshit, dude. Right. It's going to happen. Yeah. In, in one of the Infinity War movies, we're going to get to see Guardians of the Galaxy in this movie with them. The whole reason that we're out there cosmic is because they – are with you know Gamora is a daughter of Thanos. Right, yeah, why would you even ha- tie that into the movie if you're exactly. not going to include him? It's James Gunn. Come on. <laughs> you you may not have read a script for Infinity War parts 1 and 2, but it's going to happen, chief. Right. It's going to happen. That dude. could be where he gets pissed off at him. Yeah, but I thought of a funny scene that I think I'm predicting it right now. That? I am predicting it right now. I think that we are going to get to see a scene where Black Bolt 
in, from the Inhumans, mm-hmm. a character that does not talk, because if he does, he can just destroy everything. I think we're going to get to see a scene of him on screen together at the same time as Groot. Okay. <laughs> Both are going to be played by Vin Diesel. Right. <laughs> That'd be funny. So you got one guy that can't talk, mm-hmm. and the other guy, all he can say is, I am Groot. I think that we're going to see them both on the screen at the same time, together, standing side by side. You're going to see Groot say, I am Groot. And Black Bolt's just going to look at him and not say a damn thing. <laughs> can you see that happening? Yeah. Marvel's got to do that because it's funny. Yeah. Marvel likes the funny stuff like that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't you see that? And for the fans that are in the know that know Vin Diesel's the voice of Groot and also know that he's playing Black Bolt, we're going to get a kick out of that. Right. Yeah, that's funny. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm predicting it now. That's going to happen in a movie. <laughs> Calling your shot. Calling my shot. I'm like, Babe Ruth, boom, it's going to happen. <laughs> so... Daily Beast has rumors about, we're finally talking about it, the Spider-Man Sony leak. I got a lot this week on this, okay? They claim to have uh, come across an eight-page document that outlines Sony's plans to reboot the character. Here's what some of the article had to say. The first two pages of the eight-page attachment gushes about what makes Spider-Man such an indelible hero, saying... To argue that there's plenty of other superhero movies with levity in the marketplace, so why make more Spider-Man movies? Would be akin to saying there's no room for James Bond films because of all the espionage films and franchises that have come out over the years. There will always be room for this beloved iconic hero. Then, under the bold headline, Rebooting Spider-Man... Robinov uh, describes a broad vision for the future of the franchise. In the next Spider-Man movies, we can't go back to his origin story. Think of the 25 films in the James Bond franchise. Just because a new creative team comes aboard and breathes new life into a classic property doesn't mean the origin story has to be retold. Well, I kind of agree with Jake here. Like When they rebooted The Amazing Spider-Man, um, they retold his origin story. Yeah, it was different. Right. So, I mean, maybe Marvel does need to correct that for the fans. Yeah. What do you think? uh, I don't know. We've seen it so many times, though. Yeah. And even though it hasn't been a good depiction of it, I think they'd be better off. Well, do you think they would, like, have him in a ensemble film first? Spider-Man? Yeah, introduce this guy as the new Spider-Man and then throw out an origin story after. Or would that not work? No, I I, I think, uh, for me, I think at the end of a movie, they should just have like a really quick five-minute post-credits or, you know, post-credits scene of Mm -hmm. just like a quick origin of the character. Okay, yeah, like you could see it, like where it's going to take place or something, have it happen, Mm -hmm. and then not go in through all the whole rigmarole. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Because you know what what it is. They don't have to explain it to you. Yeah. I want him to be a teenager. See, like the, and according to the timelines, because it's going to be different. It's going to be difficult to pull this off because you're going to have people saying that you know the battle uh, in Manhattan in Avengers. Mm -hmm. Well, why didn't Spider Man show up? Yeah, where was he at? That's why you have to have him aged as a teenager, and maybe he just has been in the game for like you know three or four years. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. like by the time Spider Man is introduced into a Marvel property 
Well, I mean, the Avengers had taken place, and and he and he was Peter Parker at that time. Right. Yeah, it was pre Spider Bite. Right. I think it'd be cool in the post credit scene to have it start off with maybe even just like a scene that we saw in the Avengers. Have you know, just like a scene where they show that one scene where like you know Thor and the Hulk are on the back of that space whale. Yeah. And like you know the Hulk pulls like a piece of like his armor out and shoves it into the. Yeah. Space whale. Uh-huh. And then what they do is they take a really cool effect, like kind of like the effect that they did in Birdman where they blend like one scene into another. Mm-hmm. And they they pan downward onto the street and you see a young Peter Parker snapping a picture of it. Oh, no shit. That'd be cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be neat. So then, then we go on and we see quick shots of, you know, um, Peter Parker's origin. Mm-hmm. And maybe get like the whole, they can actually, because we want to hear with great power comes great responsibility. Right. Because they didn't do that in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I know we right. saw it in the Raimi films, but maybe just kind of like a big F you to Sony. Yeah. For like, why didn't you include that in The Amazing Spider-Man? Right. That's what makes Peter Parker Spider-Man. Exactly. Is hearing that quote. Mm-hmm. And we didn't hear it. Right. Uh, it'd be neat if, uh, what do you think about this? Okay. If they spread it out over several films and you get little snippets here and there and basically the post credit scenes do the entire story. You're doing like what Arrow's doing with the island. Okay. I haven't gotten that far in Arrow Well, that's yet. exactly what you're doing and I think it's pretty damn brilliant. That'd be cool. See, what Arrow does is like in that first season, like uh, as you watch it, you're going to see scenes of Oliver back on the island. Okay. Just flashback scenes. Gotcha. And over the course of that show, you mm-hmm. get more and more pieces. Oh, right. Build, it builds his backstory. Okay. That's what you're actually suggesting for these films, correct? Yeah, pretty much. You don't bring them out at all except for these little snippets. But make sure that these snippets kind of tie into the overarching story. Exactly. Of yeah. that movie so how that it makes been there. sense. Yeah. How yeah. he's been there and then his point of view on what's going on. I like it, man. That'd be a great way. I really like that. that I really good. like it. I like it. It's a good formula. That's a good formula. Cool. I like it. Um, yeah. Um, let's see here. Let me get back to this article. Oh, um, yeah, they're kind of they're, they, they, I, and I do. I I, I, I kind of like the comparison to the James Bond franchise. Yeah, because it, there's you know they switch James Bonds, yeah. but the story goes on. Exactly. I kind of like that. Um, in next in the next part of the article, it went on to name some of the potential directors that they might want to eye for the film. Now, some of the names included, I'm not going to read them all, but some of the interesting ones that I saw were Brad Bird, okay. Joe Cornish, James Gunn, Ooh. Edgar Wright, mm-hmm. David Yates okay. from the Harry Potter movies, yeah. and Colin Trevorrow, Ooh. our new um, you know Jurassic World director. Yeah. Hmm. So I thought that was an interesting name. I mean, they're just spitballing. Yeah. But, I, I, you, I wouldn't see an Edgar Wright one. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know why that name was tossed around either, but, yeah, I don't see that happening. Agreed. Um, then it talked about, you know, what potential storylines they could tackle. And this is and this is the story I have been championing on our show. You can go back and listen to past episodes that a Spider-Man movie would tackle this. Uh, I now I believe that somebody in Hollywood does listen to our show, Frank. Okay, 
Okay, because I, I, you, you asked me, I think it's like two or three separate episodes. You, you know, when we talk about like, what would we want to see in the next Spider-Man movie? This is the story I have been championing to see. Um, here's, here's what that part of the article detailed. Quote, I might suggest looking at what is widely thought to be the most beloved Spider-Man story line of all time. Craven's Last Hunt. Yep. Which ran across Amazing Spider-Man number 293, 294, Spectacular Spider-Man number 131 and 132, and Web of Spider-Man 31 and 32. Um, this, and you know what? The funny thing is Comic Book Resources, they pulled their readers back in 2012, and this was the storyline that they voted as the single greatest Spider-Man story of all time. And it is, in my opinion. It, I, it, it's an it's an amazing story. The only thing I know about it is what I've heard you and Jake talk about. But is that his as well? I don't I don't know if it's Jake's. I know it's one of his favorites. Gotcha. You need uh, Marvel Unlimited. Yep. I read it. You'll love it. Gotcha. It's fantastic. Okay. It's fantastic. Um, in it, you know, Craven the Hunter tracks down Spider Man, shoots him repeatedly, leaves him for dead. He buries him underground. He Holy then, shit. He then dons a Spider-Man costume and starts uh, attacking people. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> savagely attacking criminals. It's it's ah, insane. Gotcha. Um, now, that's I want to see that happen. Marvel needs to make that happen if, if they can get a hold of this character in some form or another for like a solo film. Sure. Uh, who owns the rights to it right now? To Craven. That's all Sony. Oh, okay. That's all so Sony. it's all still in that it's bag. A, it's a Spider-Man villain, so they own ah, that character. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Co- uh, Cosmic Book News reported some new rumors about m- what Marvel would do with Spider-Man if they had some control over the character. Here's what they reported. This was awesome. I just read this. A Reddit user, take this with a grain of salt. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. This isn't even the good stuff. I'm not even getting to the good stuff Holy yet. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, this is just from a Reddit user, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, a Reddit user claims they have a close friend at Disney, is stating a deal is in place now for Spider-Man to appear in the Marvel Studios movies. If legit, could be a big if. The user claims a meeting was recently held between Sony and Marvel that lasted about 40 minutes. The meeting is said to have gone over the final kinks of the deal that they have been working on to incorporate Spider-Man into the MCU. Hmm. It said the meeting was short because the deal for Spider-Man is already in place and they were simply tending to other commodities. Sounds like it's a done deal. Yeah. They're just working out. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. If the deal is in place, Marvel can now use Spider-Man possibly as a post credit scene for the Avengers 2. Oh, yeah. And a cameo in Captain America 3. Hell yes, dude. I know exactly what that would be about. Talk to me. Captain America 3? That's Civil War, right? Yeah, cameo in Captain America 3. So he's not going to be able to... Be, oh, shit. It doesn't sound like they're wanting to Fuck. rewrite the script. I mean, the script's been written. It's, yeah. it, it, it doesn't sound like they're wanting to be to, to rewrite this script. Well, honestly, too, to accommodate... You know, I, I think Black Panther's going to hold a bigger part of that story than... Um, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be like control of uh, of like like what uh, team is you know uh, 
Black Panther going to go over to? Sure. Is he going to start off being like, you know, uh, forming a relationship with the Iron Man and then realize, oh, this is wrong. I, I'm, I'm going to work with Captain America now, mm-hmm. you know? Right, yeah. And really, without... The, at Marvel Heaven can... Real quick, real quick. Yeah. I, I, I want to hear what your thoughts are. And the reason I believe that is because when they introduced Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. as the Black Panther at that event, the Marvel event, mm-hmm. on stage, visually, you saw you saw uh, Robert Downey Jr. on one side, Chris Evans on another side, uh-huh. and in the middle, Chadwick Boseman, and they were both pulling on his arms uh-huh. like, oh, a, like okay. a tug of war. Right, right. That's You know what okay. I mean? Yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what I'm thinking. Go ahead. Sure. Um, with Spidey not having already been in that universe... I don't think it would hold the weight that it would have needed to like it did in the comics. Right. Because right. it was the fact that his identity was always so well hidden that yeah. even he came out and yeah. called himself out as being... But is that why they're doing like the first part of this? They said, if this from Cosmic Book News, they said if the deal is in place, Marvel can now use Spider-Man possibly as a post-credit scene in Avengers 2. Could they, could, could they get that across in a post-credit scene in Avengers 2? So that it would make sense in Captain America three, Marvel's not well, against could. Marvel's not a, oh, Marvel's not against doing reshoots. We've seen them do it with oh, Thor: right. The Dark World. They, they've done some reshoots with, um, you know, the Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yeah, uh, they're not against doing reshoots, but are they totally against redoing the entire script? You know, this to post- accommodate Spider Man, and-, and it sounds like it's just a cameo in Captain America: Civil War. Right, and. Um- so, okay, I'm trying to think, because the Civil War is coming out cinematically after Avengers 2, because Avengers 2 is next year. Yeah. Um, you know, there's going to be a fair amount of destruction along with this movie. I mean, it seems to carry a darker tone. Could we not see a teenage Peter Parker taking pictures of this? Like you were talking about with the action from the first Avengers? Very good point. That would be a good way to slip him in and have that just be an added real quick thing in the film. Yeah, we don't get to see him in costume. Right. Don't get, you know, because right. people are going to want to. Yeah, I mean, and somebody could say, uh, like, at this point, if he was going to be a teenager, like you're saying, um, he could just be snapping pictures of somebody say, Parker, get out of there, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and that seems like, right, something that they would do. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can see that, man. That's that's a good point. Um, more on this, I just think it makes sense to have him if they want to do a quick post credit scene, like you're saying in Avengers two, uh-huh. and then have like another cameo in Captain America three. Yeah, and then want to. I think it makes more sense. Like we have found out, like the team is going to be kind of like in shambles. Mm-hmm. It's going to be changed right. after the events of Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain America 3, you know, you're going to have Avengers versus Avengers. Yeah. Um, I think it just makes more sense to have him introduced into like Infinity War Part 1. Right. They, he's not going to have any solo films. I mean, they're not... We're going to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, according to the rumor, the deal is expected to be officially announced after next month's Spidey Summit. Uh, and the heavy favorite to play Spider-Man is actor Logan Lerman. Aha. That's the rumor. Logan Ler- Lerman, you know, known for Percy Jackson movies and, and Fury, uh, is, was said to be up for the role of Spider-Man prior to Andrew Garfield, uh, where the actor previously stated, there have been a few discussions. It's definitely something I'm looking into. It's Spider-Man, one of my favorite characters ever, and I'm a huge fan of the series. I'd love to have more conversations about it. I'm definitely very interested in it. 
Um, you know, I, uh, I like Logan Lerman. He's a talented actor. Another thing, Garfield, I don't think he is coming back. I mean, that's isn't that kind of like... Yeah, I, I think that's a done There thing. was like a Sony press... There was a Sony event in Japan that was held in Japan. And an hour before Garfield was supposed to show up, he backed out. And the, the heads of Sony Japan, they saw this as disrespectful. Gotcha. And so I, I think he's done. I'd also heard something about how... Um the the I can't remember who it was. A member of Sony. She stands behind her actors, and uh-huh. then when, I heard something that Marvel said that well, if they were going to reboot, then or, or if they took it over, they were going to reboot the character. Well, she was kind of pissed because uh, you know Garfield's already been in two of them. Yeah. So I, I don't think it'll be him at all. No, I don't think it will be either. You know, I like Logan Lerman. I, I think he's super talented. Uh, I can th- think of three other actors that I think could be better, and uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to reveal them next week on our show. Those three actors, because I, I want Jake to be here too. Oh yeah. But I did reveal those three actors. If you want to hear my responses before I reveal them next week on our show. Listen to the new episode of the Joe Schmo Comic Show. Oh, okay. For those guys, I wanted to reveal because the whole thing between the Logan Lerman, you know, um, Joe, uh, you know, Jared was a big supporter of Logan Lerman. Yeah. And so I wanted to address it on his show. I gave the names of the three actors so that I thought I think could be better than Logan Lerman as Peter Parker. So gotcha. if you want to listen to those responses, you can listen to that before I even talk about it on our next program. So I think it's ep- Joe Schmo Comic Show episode 15. Yeah, And you'll get to right. hear that. All right. Uh, this was all the news that was leading the way about, uh, you know, Spider-Man and Sony and uh, the Marvel stuff. Until comicbookmovie.com posted an article on Friday that had even more details on the Sony Marvel deal. I wanted to read this article. I don't want to leave anything out, man. Sure. This is awesome. A lot of news. If any of this is true, it just blew my mind. It says, we've been provided with some of the leaked documents from the Sony hack, and they offer up more details on the deal, which is being discussed between Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures in regards to the future of Spider-Man. It's worth noting that some of this contradicts and confirms what we heard from some of those obscure foreign sites who probably made up that information for attention and, and, you know, traffic, especially as most of it sounded like glorified fan fiction. If Spider-Man appears in Captain America Civil War, Sony will co-finance 25% of the movie. Marvel then co-finances 25% of Spider-Man's next solo film, which is scheduled to be released in July 2017. The deal allows Sony to use two major Marvel characters... And continue the plot from Civil War in regards to how it relates to Spider-Man. Spider-Man would also appear in Avengers Infinity War Part 1 in 2018 and with another Marvel-produced Spider-Man movie following in in July 2019. How exciting is that? That's fucking amazing. Oh, my God. And I heard that from another source, too. So it seems like it would hold up. Yeah. Because it's all about the money thing, but how would they work that out as far as, like, the creative control of the character? Even though Marvel's going to be backing it by 25%. There's more in the report. Oh, okay. I'll yeah. shut up. No, <laughs> no, those are good questions. I mean, you're, you're, you're leading right into what they're talking to. Cool. Those are great questions. Sony asked for approval over the costume, script, but only the parts specifically 
involving Spider-Man. Okay. So when Spider-Man's involved in a scene, right. they want creative control. Now, if it's, a, if it's a scene between, you know, Captain America and Thor and other characters, I mean, you know, Whedon or whoever's directing these movies in the future, right. they have control of that. Okay. Um, so approval over the costume, the script, and casting with said actor required to sign a three-picture deal or more. So Marvel, in that other rumor, I believe the Logan Lerman thing mm-hmm. that was who Mar- marvel wanted right that's who marvel wanted logan lerman i think don't quote me i think that's who marvel wanted okay i think marvel wanted logan lerman but if this is true and the and the casting it's said to be sony that's in control of the casting of the character right which makes sense yeah which kind of scares me on the flip side. Yeah. Honestly, if I was Sony, I'd just rake in the bucks, you know, mm-hmm. send over who you want. Give us a little bit of direction. We don't care. Right. They need the help. I think that they should have Feige and, like, some of the other guys involved as consultants yeah. on who they should cast. Right. But, yeah, if Sony just wants to, like, have the overall you know, say in that, you know, like their stamp of approval, like, oh, okay, Feige came to us with such and such actor. Right. No, we don't want him. But if Feige came to him with somebody and they, they were like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can kind of see that. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. I think both studios have a vested interest in the character enough to where neither should probably fear that the other one's going to screw it up. You know what I mean? So, like, they should definitely... We've already seen Sony screw it up. Well, right. But what I mean is, like, Sony, who has the property that everybody wants to see, they need to just acknowledge what Marvel has done. Right. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Come on in. Help us out. Yeah. Well, they need it right now. After all the bad press that they've had. Right. At least get some comic book geeks behind them. Sure. Something. That's what I... I mean, I don't want to see them screw it up, but just go ahead and just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, 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 you're right. They need to put more faith in Marvel. Yeah. They do. Because, I, I mean, whether you like The Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, guys, I don't think that we've seen, I don't think we've seen the best Spider-Man we could have seen, even in the Raimi films. Right. I, you know, Tobey Maguire was good, but I don't think we've seen the best Peter Parker slash Spider-Man that we can see. Right, not the combo. Yeah. Because uh, Tobey, he was a better Parker and uh, Garfield is a better Spider-Man, but we need to see a melding of the two. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see a comedic actor. Oh, that'd be great. Spider-Man's funny. Yeah, he's a smart. Spider-Man's ass. like one of the only comic books that I'll sit there and I'll read it and I'll laugh out loud. Right. When Dan Slott is writing Spider-Man, he'll say some stuff and I'll laugh. That if I'm laughing in a comic book, there should be no reason we should not get a comedic actor. Casting Chris Pratt as Star Lord was great. Oh yeah. But when you're casting Spider-Man, you even more so need a comedic actor in there. Right. So that's another reason why I don't think Logan Lerman's up for the task. Gotcha. I'm trying to think. I'm going to have to put some thought into that before next week and see who will fit into that spot. Yeah, because I'd like to hear your responses too. Yeah, it needs to be somebody, you know, like an up-and-comer, like teen type. Not teen, but like early 20s that could pass for that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, somebody with some... uh, a little bit of life experience, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want this to turn into like, uh, like, like a Disney Channel actor. Oh, you know fuck what I mean? No. Right? Yeah. No, most most of your uh, portrayed teens are in their twenties anyway. Yeah, that's so. true. Um, let's see here on the business side. Of, oh, wait, wait. There's more. 
Um, the way this part of the document is worded, they're talking about uh, the costume script and the, the casting of the actor. They say the way this part of the document is worded makes it sound very much like a collaboration rather than one studio having more control than the other. That's fantastic. They do, however, point out that Kevin Feige must serve as a producer. Okay. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And if for some reason he leaves Marvel, they would be allowed to select his replacement. Oh, shit. Not not his replacement for the Marvel side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they get to replace the The producer. producer. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They also want Avi Arad... (laughs) And Matt Tolmach to be given executive producer credits. I think that that wording right there with the Kevin Feige stuff, uh-huh. they're like full on acknowledging him there. Yeah. And the state that it would be pre-agreed that Drew Goddard both writes and directs the first movie. Hmm. Great. Yeah. No complaints. I mean, that's a guy that's in Josh Whedon's camp. Right. I think that's like the only thing that they had right going for them in that Sinister Six movie. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I think me and Jake at one time were excited for it. Yeah. Was because of the name. Drew Goddard. Sure. So, on the business side of things, if any of the Marvel movies, Spider-Man is included in Mrs. Okay, yeah, on the business side of things, if any of the Marvel movies Spider-Man is included in misses their release date, Sony would be paid damages of $100 million and the deal would be terminated. Okay. So they're basically saying, like, shit, guys, listen, if... uh there's a creative control issues, if yeah. there's bullshit going on, if we get a fucking Edgar Wright thing going on here, mm-hmm. and we miss the release date, it's, we're done. Right. We've got to have a good relationship. Yeah, that's our get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah. And I so. think they, they've put in some other things that we've looked up here. I think they put in some good things in place to hopefully yeah. get that relationship worked out Sounds smoothly. pretty fucking solid to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. And it, all the – what makes me think this is like something that's real, like really real, yeah. is all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. You know? It's right. like they've addressed all the possible issues that could come out. Right. Exactly. Um, Sony uh, – let's see here. Sony has – only three years and nine months to start pre-production before the rights revert and Captain America Civil War would reset the clock on this period. Sony also asked for Marvel's help in ensuring that the D-Machine would have to be accessible for Spider-Man solo movies in regards to their TV channels, radio networks, theme parks, and more. That's fucking awesome, though, because Disney's not going to want to turn that money away. Right. Let it in. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Go Disney. Hell yes. This is like the fucking paperwork from heaven. Uh, the deal would also be announced at a press event by both studios mm-hmm. on a mutually agreed upon date. Cool. All right. We've also seen documents which indicate that The Amazing Spider-Man 2 earned only $65 million before overheads. Hmm. And that they expect earnings to significantly increase after making the deal with Marvel. Yeah. No, oh. no brainer. Yeah. These are internal documents and it's not clear how much would change as the deal, as the deal is discussed. However, this appears to have been put together following discussions rather than as a proposal. Hmm. So discussions have already been talked about. Yep. These have already been talked about. This is not just like, you know, like, sure. oh, this is what's going to be on the proposal. Uh, right, yeah. And talks, sounds... are, talks are moving forward to the Spidey Summit in January. Mm-hmm. 
Dude, the ball's rolling. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, we of course have heard that it, that, uh, that we have, we have of course heard that talks broke down, but nothing specific in regards to why. And various outlets have since reported that this is going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, Spider Man will be part of the Marvel. And, you know, at one time, at one time, I got on the podcast and I said I could never see this happening. Yep, I could never see this happening. Mm-hmm. Jake said he could see it happening, possibly. I don't think either one of us knew at that time that Sony was going to have the problem with the interview. None of us could have guessed that this was going to happen. No. I had every right to think that this was never going to happen. Yeah. Jake had every right to think that maybe it could happen eventually. Mm -hmm. But I know how much Spider-Man's worth. Billions and billions of dollars. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're talking about five movies Mm -hmm. that have garnered... I think close to $3 billion. Right, not including merchandising and all that. I don't think Sony owns the merchandising side. I'd have to look into it a little bit more. Okay. I'd have to look into who owns the merchandise. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if it's Sony or not. I think – I don't know if they have the merchandise stuff all locked down. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's going to happen. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm tired of seeing shit Spidey movies. Mm. Okay, I say that, but I, I like the Raimi ones, but I'm not an amazing Spider-Man fan. Come on, man. Spider-Man's my favorite comic book hero in the Marvel Universe. Right. He's probably my favorite comic book hero. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't like a Spider-Man movie. I should love yeah. a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. We haven't got... In my opinion, if you like Andrew Garfield, that's fine. Yeah. And I th- he's okay for what he does. But I need, I need, dude, I need somebody in there that's just like, wow, that's Spider-Man. Right. You should be able to look at it. It shouldn't be, it should be consensus. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty consensus with everybody across the board that Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Oh yeah, absolutely. But no, it's split with Garfield. Sure, right. It's split. No, it should not be that way with Spider-Man. It should be consensus, just like it is with Robert Downey Jr. They even went as far as making the cartoon characters look like the actors from the film. Yeah. Uh, comic books as well. Okay. Got yeah. You. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Move on from... Do you, I don't know. I, we could talk all day about this Spidey shit, but I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> but I, guys, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm 90% sure this is going to happen. I'm calling it. Frank's oh yeah, it sounds totally legit, and it only makes sense. It doesn't help or hurt either one to keep it the way it was, or it doesn't help the yeah, help help. Can't think of the word. No, you're fine. Yeah, it doesn't help to keep it the way it was. No, things had to change, and this is fantastic. Yeah, it sounds like a win-win for everybody. Yeah, and then that it's that get out of jail free cause, and with the Kevin Feige thing, man, Sony's got it locked up. They can't get fucked. Dude, me and you both and Jake are gonna have a nerdgasm. Pretty much once we see Spider-Man interacting with Robert Downey Jr. Right, I'm gonna have to totally bring a spare pair of underpants. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Yeah, just don't, no, just don't. What spot in the seat? Don't wear your Spider-Man underoos, because that's blasphemy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, because you don't want to spooge all over Spidey. (laughs) No. Yeah. Um, Lee Pace, the actor who played Ronan in Guardians of the Galaxy, you can also see him as Thandral in the uh, Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies, Mm -hmm. had an interview with CBR, and they asked him about Marvel, and if he'd ever want to work with them again, and... You know, that's the thing. I mean, I, I honestly think that I, 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 the one thing that I didn't like 
about Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't think Lee Pace played a strong Ronin. Mm-hmm. I think, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I think he was kind of like Christopher mm-hmm. Eccleston's Malekith, and we didn't really get a lot from that villain, in my opinion. Right. I, I, he seems like the type, I mean, the only things I've seen him in are uh, Guardians and also, you know, the Hobbit movies. Did you watch Pushing Daisies at all? No. Great show. Gotcha. Two seasons. I believe it was ABC. Great show. A lot of fun, dude. It's about a guy who works at a pastry. He's like a pastry chef. Okay. And he, he has the ability to, if someone dies, he can touch them once uh-huh. and bring them back to life. Okay. And ask them questions about, like, you know, who killed you and uh-huh. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, but if he touches them again, they die again. They die for good. Oh, all right. So... The woman that he loved died. Oh. He touched her once to oh, bring her shit. back. Yeah. But now he can never touch the woman he loves. That's nuts. Otherwise she died. Yeah. Dude, it was such a good show. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd heard the name, but I never knew anything about it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he seems to be, like, real intense, but not, he doesn't, like, have a real great emotional range. He did pretty good in Lincoln. Did you see Lincoln, the no. the Daniel Day Lewis? No, I need to though. Yeah, he played like the the villain, I guess, in in Lincoln, okay. and was really good in that. Okay, that's why I kind of had high hopes, I guess, for him. I had after I'd seen that, I had higher hopes than I had because I always see him in Pushing Daisies as like this nice character, right? And I was like, can this guy really do Ronan? <laughs> and then I watched Lincoln, and I'm like, oh, maybe he could, maybe he can. Right. But I don't really blame him so much as I blame the studio. Okay. Like Marvel. Yeah. I don't think... Well, they didn't give him a whole lot to do. Yeah. Other than come try to destroy shit. He was just obsessed with, like, the Kree race and revenge and, you know... Right. Yeah. I just don't think he was a great villain in that. And, like, I think they killed him off. Like, when they killed him off, spoilers, I think they killed him off too soon. Ronan's a big part of the universe. Like, in the overall Marvel universe, like, he played a huge part in the Infinity uh, book that Jonathan Hickman just came out with, like, a year ago or so. Hmm. Ronan was huge in that. And I think, like... Uh, in this, I think Ronan, you know, getting the, uh, the Kree race behind them in this Infinity War would have been awesome to see him lead the Krees. Right. You know, if the Krees felt threatened by this Infinity War, to have Ronan as their general and have Ronan flip to do what's best for the Krees. Mm-hmm. And you see, like, the, you see, like, the Krees kind of actually not wanting to, but having to work with the Nova Corps. Right. So, I thought that would have been cool. And, and we're, can we see Ronan come back? I mean, it looked like he blew the fuck up, you know? Well, yeah, but people come back from the dead a lot yeah. in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> good point. Good point. But anyway, um, they asked him if he'd ever want to work with Marvel again, and he says, oh, I love those guys. I love those movies. It was such a privilege to be a part of that world. I would do anything. I'd be hidden completely again. I mean, I'll do anything that they want to do. I mean, you just get so few opportunities to be creative like that. I've been, I've been lucky to have two this year, but I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I'll do anything they want to do. And no one doesn't like the guys that they, that, do those movies it's just so creative kevin feige and the whole team they just make fun movies i mean with big characters in them and real performances i'll do anything anything they want dude he's like <laughs> company man wow yeah short yeah. of sucking feige's dick hell that was about the only thing he left out of that yeah lee pace yourself jesus you drop me on my knees I, I know i'll take down their pants with my teeth <laughs> <laughs> Man, it sounds like he's uh, he'd love to do another Marvel movie. Yeah. 
I like hearing this. Yeah. I like, they need this kind of press too, you know, after, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Alan Taylor had, you know, soured on Marvel and John Favreau kind of soured right. on Marvel and Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Yeah, they need stuff like this. I like hearing stuff like this. Yeah. 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 No, that'd be cool. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him come back. I didn't have that much of a problem with, uh, Ronan. See, I don't have, I don't have all the knowledge of knowing that he was involved with other shit. Yeah. I thought he was just in, intense, and out. Ronan does what's best for the Cree race. Mm -hmm. He does what's best for the Cree race. And I mean, if he feels like he needs to work with the Avengers to, you know, I mean, Thanos basically, like in the comic book, with like the snap of a finger, destroyed half of the Marvel Universe. They're gone. They're dead. You know, Daredevil's gone. You know, uh, you know, the Fantastic Four, they're gone, wiped out of existence. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, if he feels that the Kree race are threatened, I mean, that's a good way to bring him in here to a different capacity to where, like, he's not necessarily a good guy, mm -hmm. but he's working with some of the good guys. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and to see some more Kree ships, like a ton of Kree ships. Yeah. You know, oh, in yeah, space. Those are cool. In space. Mm -hmm. You know, this is like, we watch Battle of the Five Armies where we got the elves and the dwarves and the humans mm -hmm. all fighting. Imagine a cosmic battle, Star Wars epic proportions, where you got the Kree up there, right. the Nova Corps, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, the Milano flying around. Right. Can you imagine those fucking visuals? Oh, that'd be fucking Holy wicked. shit. Yeah. Amazing. Uh-huh. So That'd be cool. I'd love to see it, you know? Somehow they could maybe try to get, uh, like, Wake Nowhere up or something yeah. and have it do some shit, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I think a cool scene would be out there, like a space battle going on. It's kind of like a distraction to, like, the main battle between Thanos. You know, try to direct Thanos' attention to that while they mm -hmm. try to get the gauntlet back. Right. And then you actually see a scene where the Nova Corps are getting their asses handed to them. And... The most stubborn race that hates the fucking Novas are the ones that save them. Right. Come in last minute. And that would be fucking awesome. That would be cool. You know? Everybody coming together to try to take yeah, the bastard down. Yeah, dude. I'm seeing tons of shit that they could do. So I'm not opposed. If they can find a good way to bring Lee Pace back into this, I'm not saying he needs to play a bigger part. I'm just saying he needs to play a different role. I mean, could they – well – Say if they wanted to bring Ronan back for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Couldn't it be something where he shows up and someone's like, I thought we killed you. He's like, you think I'm fool enough not to have clones of myself or something like that? You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they would bring him back. Hard to say. A Ronan clone. Cloning. Clone. <laughs> Cloning the diffuser. <laughs> I don't know how they could bring him back, but it would be, it, it would be, it would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Um... I want to see him swing that badass hammer some more. Hey, Thanos gets the gauntlet. Oh, shit. Whoop, there you go. Who did he have working for him at one time? Ronan. Right, yeah. Ronan was kind of working for him. Oh, well, yeah. To accomplish his goal, he wanted Thanos to, to destroy, you know, the Novas. Maybe he could, maybe Thanos could, like, you know, the reality gem, change reality. Wouldn't he be brutally pissed off at him though because when he got the gem he didn't take it to him like he said he would he went after the Novacore. yeah you're right man you are right 
If anything, he'd bring him back just to whoop his ass himself. Maybe uh, it gets to a point where they realize that they need a great general to lead the Kree. That's possible. Scarlet Witch uses one of her hexes. Oh, that'd be cool. And then brings him back. I'm so fucking excited for this shit. <laughs> I know, dude. I don't know, man. There's so many. I, I don't know. I'd like to see Ronan come back, though, as long as they can do it in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Um... CNN talked to Evangeline Lilly, who was in The Hobbit as well. Holy shit, everybody's in The Hobbit. <laughs> right? <laughs> she was in The Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies. Uh, and she's also been cast as Hope Van Dyne in the new Peyton Reed-directed Marvel Ant-Man film. And they asked her about her character, and she revo- revealed some more information. They said she is the daughter of the founders of the Avengers, Ant-Man and the Wasp. She is very talented, intelligent, capable woman, and a force to be reckoned with. Ant-Man is very much a heist film. It has all the fun, tensions, and drama of a good heist film. The heist is being masterminded by myself, my father, and Scott Lang. And she kind of talked about herself also being kind of like a pickpocket when she's younger in this movie and stuff like that. I think this is going to be a fun movie. Uh, I know you're kind of worried about this, like this could be the first Marvel miss. Yeah. I'm trying to think about it on the flip side of where what they could do with like that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids aspect. Yeah. We could get some really cool, you know, battles on a small scale, what it would look like to oh, see, cool. you know, Ant-Man flying on the back of an ant, leading a swarm of ants into battle. You know, and at the same time, you get to see blades of grass that looks like a lush jungle Mm -hmm. and shit like that. Uh, You know what I mean? I think it'd be fun. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be fun to see, like, a huge battle where all this shit is going on, explosions, fighting on a smaller scale, and then they break away Mm -hmm. from it, and all you see is, like, a backyard of grass, (laughs) and you hear nothing. Maybe some birds chirping. Right. Oh, wow, that'd be cool. It's kind of like a funny thing, and then they zoom back into the battle. Yeah, the sensory contrast would be nuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know you're worried about this one, and I, I'm i talking about the visuals and sure, stuff like yeah. that. And the more news that about comes it. out, the better I feel. But, no, you're worried about it, and for the right reasons. You're worried about it because they did switch horses midstream. Right. We've got no trailer and nothing. Nothing, no trailer, and they switched directors. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. can change the whole tone of a film, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am wondering when they're going to come out with this uh, Ant-Man thing. Um, do you think, um, do you think it could be like, could you, I was hoping that they would stun, I, I was hoping that Marvel would stun everybody and like on Christmas day yeah. just say Merry Christmas. Could still happen. You know, and just stun everybody and give us an Ant-Man trailer. Right. Merry yeah. Christmas. It could still happen. Or Happy New Year. Everybody's kind of building up to the release of these things now, you know, they let you know days before it's going to come out. Yeah, we haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, yet. I just want something to drop. Yeah. And us be totally like, whoa, yeah, what like, the hell? Yeah, it just came out of nowhere. And out of nowhere. That'd be fun, man. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, we, we need to be seeing something soon. When's the release? Isn't it May? No, Avengers comes out in May. Oh, it's August. Two months later in July, oh, July. this one comes out. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, it didn't switch the date. The only movie that switched the date was The Doctor Strange. Right, gotcha. Because they, could, they thought that they were going to get Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. And they got Benedict Cumberbatch, and that kind of set them behind. So that's yeah. the only one that got pushed out further. Okay. Yeah, I mean, something's got to come out about that movie. Ant-Man, yeah, dude. It's uh, They're kind of doing, like, it, it makes me worry. That's why I think you're worried. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how far in advance did we have any Guardians information. Well, the trailer, uh, Guardians, 
two years ago, that's when they announced The Guardians. Mm-hmm. Last year was when they came out at San, that, that was at San Diego Comic Con. Right. The crowd went nuts. Mm-hmm. Then the next year, they came out with the first teaser trailer for it. Okay. Then, you know, the teaser trailer came out. Then they dropped the regular trailer. We got more trailers. So it was a year in advance. Right. You know, because Comic-Con takes place in, like, August, I believe. Yeah. So it was a year in advance where we saw a trailer. I mean, we're, we're seven months. literally seven months away, and yeah. we haven't seen anything. The only thing that's been seen was what they showed at San Diego Comic-Con with, like, con- moving concept art and right. some voice acting. And they got to get something out there. they got to yeah. get some buzz going because Ant-Man's like Guardians. There's not that – I mean, your common person on the street's not going to know it right off. Exactly. So, yeah, they need to get something moving. They do. I mean, you think that they... I don't know. Uh, do you think maybe in the Peggy Carter stuff, they'll have... Um, well, think about it this way. There's supposed to be a cameo scene, I believe, of Peggy Carter, uh, Alexander Pierce, a young Alexander Pierce, a young Howard Stark, mm-hmm. and then we're going to get, um, you know... Um, uh, those characters working together in 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 that right we were in that movie we're supposed to get a aren't we supposed to get a flashback scene of those couldn't they couldn't they do something with Ant Man in the Peggy Carter series I suppose they could but could they drop the trailer during the Peggy Carter series see that's what they were gonna do with Age of Ultron trailer with and Shield. Lee yeah man I see that's the but thing though is do I don't you wanna... think that they've learned from that like. Mm. Like who the fuck leaked this? Because they were right. they were gonna press charges. Yeah, you'd have to be crazy to you know. That'd be a good way to get some ratings going for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, both you know, for both of them, it'd be good buzz for both. Right. So I mean, yeah, you put those two together, and I definitely wouldn't miss it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm, it's possible. When does that come out? Uh, Peggy Carter. Sometime yeah. in January, I believe. Timing on that wouldn't be so far off. It'd be a little late, but it's early enough to get buzz going. Yeah. So that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, this week, actor Clark Gregg, who plays Agent Coulson, posted a picture from the comics on his Twitter page. It was a artwork from a comic book. In the picture, it's raining, and Agent Coulson is pointing a gun at Hawkeye, who has his bow pointed right back at Coulson. Mm-hmm. So people are now speculating that Jeremy Renner could make an appearance on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., hmm. which would be nice since he barely makes an appearance on the Avengers movies. Right. Yeah, so I'd like to see, I'd like to see some more Hawkeye, even if it is on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I would definitely, I'm watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is the kind of thing that they need. He fits into that, you know, he is fits it into better? that. It's getting better. I mean, like, I'm in the minority. I'm giving the whole series, this second season, a taste it. Okay. The first season, in my opinion, is an absolute toss it. The second one is a taste it for me. I'm in the minority. Everybody else, like, even if you go to uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's got like a 92, 96% for the second season. Wow. People are loving this show. Okay, so I only watched the first episode of the first season, mm-hmm. and that was it. I have not looked at it since. Uh, is it possible for me to jump into the second season just right off, or am I going to have to suffer through that first one? There is a list out there of, like, episodes that you need to watch for, like, the first season. Okay. And you don't have to watch every episode. There, there's a list of specific episodes that you can watch to kind of get yourself caught up in this. Okay. You definitely want to watch, like, the, 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 the fallout of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, what happens... There, you definitely want to watch that. Yeah, my brother said something about that, about how it all it changed big time then. Right. Um, do you think that they would downgrade 
Renner and Hawkeye to the TV series? Just, I, I think it would just be one episode. Okay. One episode. Gotcha. You know, I mean, you do have an Avenger in the show. You've got Mockingbird. You know what I mean? She's been in the Avengers, not the films, but she's been an Avenger. Okay. You know, and they're introducing Inhumans, you know, and then you've got S.H.I.E.L.D. in the show. Mm -hmm. They've done some stuff with Asgard. I mean, they're they're taking all elements from the Marvel Universe and putting it into the show. I think it's a little watered down, but I think... I think it's cool that we are getting the first appearances from Inhumans in this actual show. Like, yeah. this is what I expected the show to be. To be right, you know what I mean. And ground level stuff before it gets big. Exactly, time. and I think that they're doing that now. And, um, but I think it would help if they got Renner in there. I want to, dude. I, we're not getting the Hawkeye that we want in the movies. As of yet, Age of Ultron right. excluded. I don't know what I don't know his role in that. It's yeah. supposed to be bigger, but I mean, it'd be nice to see more Renner as Hawkeye. It'd be nice to see him interacting with Mockingbird. Sure, yeah, I think it'd be cool, man. Yeah, I like Renner. Yeah, I, I don't want to see him like a regular cast member. No, he, he's a Hollywood actor. Gotcha. Yeah, I did. I, he I, with his confidence issues, I didn't know if he'd be willing to like. Yeah, I'll go ahead and step down and lead the show. Uh I don't think so. I don't think so. Um you don't see a lot of actors like unless their career's on the down I mean like Kevin Bacon of course doing the following Kiefer Sutherland got out of like the movies and he's doing like 24 and, and touch when he did that but unless your career's like in jeopardy James Franco is like the complete opposite I don't know the dude for a while did you hear about this like his career was hot you know mm -hmm. he came back and did a daytime soap opera for like a few episodes what yeah, dude, no, this, this happened a few Holy years shit. ago. You can Google this shit, dude. Like, his career was, like, still on the upswing, but uh -huh. for some reason he came back. Yeah. I don't know if he reprised the character that he started off with on a soap opera, but he did, like, a, I think he did, like, an eight-episode stretch hmm. on a soap opera. It was bizarre. Do you think it's possible? I mean, we've all got issues. I mean, even Renner himself with Hawkeye and his portrayal in the films. Yeah. Would it be easier and more feasible for them to, like, quote unquote bench him bring him down to the TV level for a few episodes just to maybe build up the character mm -hmm. and then be able to throw him back out into the world of the movies Hawkeye so you're saying just like not like one episode just to boost ratings you're saying like help right. them both out flesh out the character a little more it's easier to do when you're Hawkeye and you have an extremely high skill set amongst yeah. normal humans yeah as opposed to an Iron Man a Hulk and all that. It's easier for him to stand out. So people might be able to get a better handle on the character down at the TV level and then boop, pop him right back up into the films. Yeah, it, it, he makes sense as a character in this universe. Yeah. He does. Yeah. And, and he'd add something to the show. Yeah. And it's not like he's like, he's, it's not like you're bringing the Hulk in here. Right. Because you don't need, you, they can't do his CGI on this kind of a budget. Right. But Hawkeye, you can. Yeah. Yeah, he's an archer. Yeah, he's an archer. So, I mean, that th I think that would be good. I think that would be a chance for Renner to keep the character and them to boost it up without having to devote precious screen time to yeah. him. You wouldn't want to see a Hawkeye standalone film necessarily. Mm -hmm. Not as Renner as it right now, anyhow. Yeah, dude, they could plug this as an event just like Arrow yeah. did the crossover with uh, uh, the Flash show. Sure. They could... They could cross over the movies that, that's what they could do right and then yeah. like you're saying the budget's not an issue right so with, flesh with that out, character yeah. yeah flesh him out on the show 
and make him important. Make you, you know, get to know him and then pop him right back. Why not test him with audiences to Mm -hmm. see if they, yeah, now we, we do want to see a more pivotal role for Renner in the films because what he's done in the show. Like, but see, the thing is, like, with that, I want them to use him. I want them to get Renner involved in a mission where his skill sets are necessary. Right. Don't shoehorn him into this episode just to get him in there. It has to be like Coulson at the end of an episode says something like, this next mission is huge. There's a guy we need on this. Right. I need him on this. And that it would make sense. Sure. Yep. And it would make sense why he would have to be down there for a few Mm -hmm. not just one. Right. And I think he has enough respect for the character and its possibilities to where he'd be down with that. It's not like a demotion per se. Yeah. He's just crossing over for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot that goes in with that, though. Um, I think it helped when you had uh, Samuel Jackson making a cameo. Yeah. But there's a lot that goes in. Actors are always worried that their value in Hollywood will go down if they do TV shows. Hmm. But I think with the positive reception from most fans on how Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has done in the second season, I think it might be something we could see happen. And I like your idea of having him in there for a few episodes. It's the idea of it all being the same contained universe that even if it is coming out on a weekly on the small screen, it's still all a part of the same bigger thing. Yeah. So. And this helps tie that in even more. Mm -hmm. You know, the inhuman stuff helps. Mm Mm-hmm. But actually having, like, a character come back and maybe come back, for, like you said, for a few episodes to give it some real, you know, validity. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we're going whole hog. And we're really trying to bring the, the cinematic stuff to, you know, TV. I like it, man. Right. I, th- I think that would be a good idea. Yeah. I like that, man. And, and we, I want to see more Hawkeye. Yeah. I love archery. I love that shit. Yeah. And the fact that he can pull off the shots that he does is amazing. Yeah. Uh, what we're going to do, I'm going to take a quick break. We'll come back to DC, Mo- uh, DC Moves. Yeah. <laughs> Moves. Yeah, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, cows in the DC universe. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the next segment is sponsored by Prairie Farms, apparently. <laughs> no, we're going to come back to DC News uh, and then Star Wars News. And Copy. me and Frank are going to wrap up the Brian and Frank Stravaganza. Damn, these beats are so fresh. Snap! All right, hey, we're back. We gotta finish up with some DC news. Yeah. Um, but hey, we, yeah, we went to break, and in the break. I'm I'm recording at Frank's house, and Frank's wife fed me. <laughs> I don't eat home cooked meals, man. Dude, you you are so spoiled. I know, big time, yeah. big time with her, dude. And it was awesome. It was like this chicken and had garlic and some like a brown sugar, mm-hmm. and she put like extra sauce on my plate, and so it like started to seep into the mashed potatoes and everything, and it like everything took on that flavor, yeah. and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Good stuff. Yeah, like if Gordon Ramsay was here, like I think he'd yell at himself for not making a good meal like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was awesome. It was right. really good stuff, dude. Why did I fucking think of right. this? Right. <laughs> Why the hell am I always making risotto? <laughs> Every freaking episode, right. risotto. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. With that show. And they fuck it up every week, too. Every week. It doesn't matter, like, how long these people have been on there. Every yeah. week they're fucking up the risotto. <laughs> and he's always slamming the pot down, like, and you see risotto. It's fucking rice, people. <laughs> Can you not make rice? Right. What is the deal, anyway? Like, why do you gotta get so angry? Uh, that's why people watch it. Fuck that, man. That'd make my blood pressure go up. Have you seen that? What is it? The, the Junior Edition? Mm-hmm. MasterChef Junior? No. Dude, it's insane. They've got, like, little kids on the show. Uh, is it, like, the stupid toddlers and tiaras thing? No, it's oh, not okay. like that. It's, like, it's a real, like, um, it's real stupid, but it's a real, <laughs> it's a real cooking competition. Okay. How old are these kids? Like, dude, I'm talking, like, these are grade school kids. Really? Yeah, these are like grade school kids. Like, these are like really young. Like balls haven't dropped yet. Puberty has not kicked. <laughs> Holy that. shit! It's like eight, nine, ten. Yeah, something like that. exactly. Holy shit. And it's it's crazy. Hmm. But like they're like they're they're like amazing little chefs, and they'll they'll talk about their meal, and they're oh I've prepared this. Like they're, they're it's weird. It's almost it's almost like a, a Dakota Fanning when she was young was like right. a chef because like they're they're talking like that. And it's uh-huh. freaking me all the hell out. Yeah, all adult and shit. Right. I don't know, man. Like, if I, I was a kid and asked me to make something, I would have been like, uh, yeah, here's my uh, gummy bear <laughs> Pez, you know, meal. And it would have right. just been like, I would have taken, like, uh, you know, gummy bears and melted them and threw some Pez on the top. And then, you know what I mean? And what's that, right. one, that, what's that one candy powder that ha- comes in the straw? Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. I can't. Pixie sticks? Yeah, pixie yeah, sticks. I would have sprinkled pixie they sticks still on still sell those? Yeah, pixie sticks is a seasoning. I think they do, don't they? I don't know. I can't. I haven't seen them in forever. I think maybe after those YouTube videos of like idiots snorting them oh, through their nose, shit. maybe that's when they stop making them. It's like those candy cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, you kids. can still get those. Really? Yeah, I heard you can. Like uh, certain times of the year or something like that, hmm. you can still get them. Or in certain areas, you can still get them. Right. Yeah. I remember them. I I, I remember even how they taste. I didn't think they were bad, but no, they're they, all... they weren't good. It was a chalky. Yeah, eh, it's okay. It was all right. Better than nothing. I liked it because it always had like the powder in it, and like you could blow through them, and oh. like, the powder would come out like smoke. <laughs> I never did that. You never did that? No. That's the whole reason to get them. That's what made them awesome. Huh? Yeah, I just eat the sons of bitches. Ah. See, my parents wouldn't let me have that because they thought it promoted smoking. Yeah. And then, like, they wouldn't even let me have Big League Chew. Because really? they, they thought it was like, oh, promoting dip. Huh. Wow. Yeah. I'd say I'm the only one of four kids that doesn't smoke and never did, so... Yeah. So when I was like, I think I was like, uh, like, I don't know, like 25, I was, I, I just sent my parents like a, a video of me like, you know, smoking meth. And I was like, fuck you, mom and dad. Holy shit. See what it did? No, I'm kidding. Oh, that God. That never happened. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. You saved me. You saved me from the candy, but here I am smoking <laughs> meth in the back of a shed. <laughs> For an encore, I'm going to blow this guy. Oh, my God. Parents of the year. Way to go, <laughs> Mom and Dad. No, that never wow. happened. <laughs> wow. I love, suck dick for marijuana. I love my parents. <laughs> I like my parents. Yeah, yeah, I suck dick for marijuana. Was that a... Uh, that was half-baked. half-baked. Yeah, with Tom Bob Saget. Saget. Yeah. Bob Saget. You ever smoke dick for crack? <laughs> right. <laughs> or is suck dick. Yeah. I guess you're smoking it, too, still. <clears throat> smoking pole. All right, uh, we got an email, DC email from Ryan Drost. He says, hey guys, I just listened to episode 70. Great fun episode as always. Those guest hosts were amazing. <laughs> Don't know who they were though. Yeah. <laughs> of course, if you didn't know, Ryan Drost of the Star Joe's podcast was on that episode with me and Jake. Uh, Ryan continues and says, I was hanging on their every word. <laughs> but seriously, thanks for having me on. It was an absolute blast. I had a great time. I hope to have you on again. 
for sure. Maybe on a Frank episode. Right, man. I don't get to talk to anybody. David Griffin's on when I'm not here. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The They're scared. Yeah. They don't want to deal with Hammer No, time. Harmon wants to talk to you. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. that's like, uh, I think he said that at the end of the episode. Yeah. Like, at the end of his segment. And yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. Maybe next time Hammer Time will be on or something. So. Yep. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Uh, uh, Ryan goes, I was listening to Brian talk about his Flash series thoughts. I am a longtime Flash fan. He is my second favorite character in all of comics, seconded only by Green Lantern. I am loving the TV series, and right now it is my favorite comic book TV show out of them all. I love the theory that Wells is buried from the future. I had never thought of that. My thinking is that Reverse Flash is Eddie Thawne. It would fit with the comics a bit since Professor Zoom version wanted to kill the Flash. It makes perfect sense with what you all were saying about Eddie losing Iris to Barry and maybe even finding out who Barry is. I love the theory that Wells is Hunter Zolomon because this could explain why he has a reverse Flash costume. Hunter and Zoom, no professor, and he wanted to make... Wally West a better Flash by breaking him down. If both thoughts on Reverse Flash are true, then we could get a two Reverse Flash reveal later in the series, and this could keep the audience second-guessing themselves. After all, they were both in the comics. I agree. I agree. Um, some questions in regards to the Flash show. Do you think we'll ever meet a TV version of Wally West? If we do, do you think that there is any chance he could become Kid Flash? We have sidekicks in Arrow. We have seen a few villains from the Flash Rogues Gallery. In my opinion, the third best Rogues Gallery in comics behind Spider-Man and Batman. Who would you like to see brought to the show next from the comics? For me, I would like to see the Pied Piper, since he walked that border of hero and villain many times. So if done right, that could be interesting. Until I get super speed by being zapped by lightning... I'm on my fourth attempt, and so far I just have burnt hair. <laughs> Keep up the great work, Ryan Drost. Um, let's address. I'm going to address these questions, and feel free if you have any thoughts. I mean, I know you haven't been watching the Flash show too much, and yeah. not much comic book history on your end, but no. But my, the extent of my Flash at all is just the show from the '90s, a little bit. I thought you were going to say that incident back in '99 where you flashed those old ladies at that retirement home. Oh no, dude, that was last week. Oh, that was last week. <laughs> okay, all right. May they rest in peace. Uh, didn't they call you Frank Flash for a long time? Or Flash Frank? No. No? Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was the headline in the paper. <laughs> My bad. Okay, anyway, he says, do you think we'll see a TV version of Wally West? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know. Uh, if, the show st- if the show goes on for many seasons, I don't see why we couldn't. Um, you know, you saw shows like Smallville... The longer it stayed around, I mean, we saw Supergirl, and and uh, they even had their own version of Green Arrow, and you know, we saw a ton of characters. Like they even had Darkseid in that, I believe. Oh wow! So, um, I mean, it went on for a long time. We saw a lot of different characters being introduced, and I think, you know, hope, you know, hopefully the stories will be able to keep strong. But I mean, if the stories get a little thin, they feel like they need to bring in some new blood. I, I absolutely, I think that we could see uh, Wally West in there, or. Uh, you know, uh, him become, you know, Kid Flash. It could happen. Just depends on, you know, how much, uh, I don't know, how much story they have to tell and how long this show goes on. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know if I want it to go on 10 seasons like Smallville. Sure. So. Because if it goes on too long, then it gets way too drawn out. Well, and I mean, in the meantime, with all the shows that they're announcing, I mean, by the time that, if this Flash is still going like seven, eight, nine seasons strong, 
We're also going to have other, like another 50 comic book shows out there already. Right. Do you ever get the impression that sometimes these things are set out to be like a three or four season tops kind of thing and then they'll slap something else in there? Not from the CW. Okay. Not from the CW. I think like the CW, they're in it for the long haul. I mean, <clears throat> look at, Su- look at the Smallville show. Right, yeah. And I mean, you know, they didn't know what they had with Arrow until the response from the audiences and like even Stephen Amell himself is saying, hey man, let's keep this show going. I mean, right. he, they're shooting for the stars. They, he's saying 10 to 12 seasons, Stephen oh, wow. Amell. Yeah, that's what he wants. Hmm. He's so. a beast. Like, Alvaro, yeah. I've only got through the first episode. Yeah. And when he's walking around, you can see all the scars on him. Right. And stuff. I mean, yeah, he's been through some shit, and I'm interested to see how he yeah. gets it. But, uh, man, he's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's definitely training. Right. You know. Yeah. Hardcore for the show. He takes the, he takes the role very seriously, too. And gotcha. the fans love him, and he loves the fans. Sure. I mean, I watched just the one episode, and I'm hooked. I mean, I've had it forever. And then, you know, here we yeah. go. So, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, who would you like to see brought to the show next from the comics? Uh, I'm going to go with, a uh, you know, a villain from the show. Um, I'm going to go. I want to see a strong female villain. Uh, I'd like to see White Lightning. Okay. And... Uh, White Lightning, I think she can totally fit into this universe. And I don't think that she should be like a one-and-done episode. I think they should build up to her. I think there should be clues, like Easter eggs, like they've been doing with some of the stuff with, like, with Zalaman or, 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 excuse me, Harrison Wells. And basically, like, have her in there. Just little things allude to her, you know, like um, like a website that she puts up. Uh, people being recruited, they're finding out people are being recruited into a gang from this website. Um, and, and that we don't know who's doing it. Mm-hmm. And so some people might start guessing, oh, this could be White Lightning. So eventually have her being in there as like a big villain, maybe towards like the end of the season. You know, a bunch of things scattered and peppered throughout the season that lead up to her. Sure. And it'd be a strong female villain for the show, and I think that would be very cool. Right. Sounds like it'd be right up their alley. Yeah. So that's who I would like to see. Copy that. All right. Let's move on. MTV asked Jim Carrey if he'd ever want to play the Riddler again. And uh, here's what Jim Carrey said. I'd love to work in the new, uh, you know, graphic novel versions of the movie. You know, uh, I don't know about reprising the role. I don't think Chris Nolan would go for that, but uh, I'd love to work with him. You know, we actually uh, developed a script for uh, a movie about um, uh, Howard Hughes, uh, and it's he says it's one of the best scripts he's ever written. But at the time, uh, Aviator had just, you know, was coming out, and. Uh, and uh, we decided not to do it. He didn't want to come out uh, against Martin Scorsese, who was one of his heroes. So, uh, you know, maybe someday that'll that'll occur, because I'd love to work with Chris. Yeah, uh, yeah. Frankie gave me a look. Why did you give me a look there? Uh, Christopher Nolan's not doing the new Batman stuff? Yeah, like how close is Carrie following this stuff? Probably not at all. Yeah. Shit. I mean, fuck. It's big news. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, on the flip side, would you want to see Jim Carrey be the Riddler again? I mean, not that Riddler that we saw, but, like, 
a different version of the Riddler. No, I really don't. I mean, not even because of that. Just, you know, I'd rather have something kind of like what we're chewing on now with Gotham. Uh, someone that's not super silly and all over the place. Uh, he was so over the top as the Riddler. I don't know that he could tone it back with it being him yeah. and just have it be okay because he's already done that role once. Yeah. I'd rather see somebody else in there. Yeah, a different actor. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm going to ask next, right? What's that? Who would that actor be? Do you have anybody off the top of your head? I mean, it's... You know, honestly, as far as this goes, I know it's not going to happen because he's already Lex Luthor, but I would rather see Jesse Eisenberg as the Riddler Ugh. than Lex Luthor. Yeah, you and me both. Yeah, I think that would be a way better fit for him and the character. That's that's actually a very good casting. I, I think that's a problem with with the DC Cinematic Universe is a lot of miscasting. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Starting with Affleck. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I tossed it too, man. I tossed right. it. So, we'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting, man. But yeah, especially, I mean, if you look at his work on uh, uh, the social network. Yeah. Uh, he could be, I mean, really, we're not going for the over-the-top, goofy, clowny stuff anymore. I think he could be an intimidating Riddler. Yeah. I think he'd be able to pull it off. Plus, yeah. he's you know he's not like super built. He's not super muscular. He's a little on the nerdy side. Yeah, and that kind of works to his advantage. I agree. No, that's a good casting. That's a good casting. If they could retro cast him as the Riddler, that I would wish. be that would be good. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Um, I don't know, dude. Uh, I don't know who I would cast as the Riddler. I, I don't have anybody better better than Jesse Eisenberg. But uh, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I like that. I can see that. I mean, he was always kind of like trying to think one step ahead of everybody in the social network. Yeah. Whether it be, you know, like the twins or whether it be like Andrew Garfield's character. Right. You know, it, it was always like a chess game to him. And I could see him pulling that off in a chess game, always trying to think one step ahead of Batman. And Batman, you know what I mean? Yeah. Being, being his foil to some of his plans. Right. And, you know, physically, he, I don't think he'd stand a chance, you know. Right. If it came down to that, it's over. Right. That's what we'd expect out of Eisenberg anyway. Right, so. right. Yeah, but it's unfortunate because we absolutely 100% know that's not going to happen. No, so. no, not going to happen. Um, let's see here. That's all I had for Jim Carrey. I just thought, dude, I don't know. <laughs> that ended. What the hell is he smoking? Nolan. Talking about <laughs> Nolan. He's smoking Nolan. <laughs> yeah, he's smoking. No. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Welcome back to episode 69. Yeah. <laughs> Latino Review reports that they know who's been cast as Amanda Waller for the upcoming Suicide Squad movie coming out in 2016. Here's what Latino Review reported. According to sources, the lovely Viola Davis from uh, How to Get Away with Murder has bagged the role of major DC Comics villain and prison warden Amanda Waller in David Ayer's upcoming Suicide Squad. In the comics, Amanda Waller is a former congressional aide and government agent often placed in charge of the Suicide Squad, a semi-secret government-run group of former supervillains working in return for amnesty. Now, the key here is that the role is hers, provided that the filmmakers can work out her TV schedule, which will be no small feat, considering how big of a hit How to Get Away with Murder is. If it works out, she will be joining Jared Leto as the Joker, Will Smith as Deadshot, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Tom Hardy as Rick Flagg, Jai Courtney as Boomerang, 
and Cara Delevingne as Enchantress. So, Viola Davis, I don't know too much about the actress. Um, we talked about Octavia Spencer. Mm-hmm. I've seen her in more things. Um, and then, of course, Oprah Winfrey. Right, yeah. Oh, man, I would have loved to have seen Oprah Winfrey that been good. in this movie. Yeah. I just don't know if, like, her agent and handlers and stuff like that would have oh, been too right. keen on her being in this movie that the title starts off with Suicide. Oh, yeah. The suicide okay. Squad. But Sure. But I, I could see her definitely wanting to work with Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. You know? Yeah. So I think she'd be good. But. She'd be fantastic, I think. Yeah. I mean, she's been a great actress in the movies that she's done. It's not like she's not acted before. Right. Color Purple, Beloved, uh, you know, The Butler, uh, that Lee Daniels movie. Right. So, I mean, she's a high-caliber actress, in my opinion, when she is cast in something. And I think she's going to be in that new uh, Martin Luther King movie mm. that's coming out. She's right. also in that. I mean... Do you think that that's just, like, the range that she's going for? Like, comic book stuff wouldn't be, you know, up her alley? You know, she doesn't need... She doesn't need the money. Well, uh, <laughs> Glenn Close, I think she is a high-caliber actress, but I think she did the Marvel stuff so she could afford to do some of the like lower indie films gotcha. that, that are more important to her. Sure, okay. Oprah, on the other hand, owns a network, owns a magazine. Right. She could own daytime television again if she wanted to. Right. Yeah, she, she doesn't need she DC money. She makes money in her sleep. Right, exactly. So... I don't know. Uh, it might have been a phone call followed by, sorry, I'm not interested. Yeah. But I think, I do think that she was their first choice. Right. Yeah. I like the, uh, I like, uh, I would have liked uh, Octavia Spencer. Yeah, I like her. Yeah. I like her. I like her. Um, and she, she's she got like the classic Amanda Waller look. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. not the, the newer Amanda Waller look. You know, she, she's got that classic, like, Amanda Waller and, the, and you know, the, the early Amanda Waller, like, she was a little bit, she had a little bit overweight. Yeah. And now, now in the comics, she's all, like, thin and, <sighs> hate that. and stuff like that, yeah. so, but, uh. Oh, yeah, own it. Yeah. Yeah, throw her in there, be cool. I, and, uh, Octavia Spencer, she's, she can play serious and she's got some attitude. Yeah. I thought she would have been good. Right, yeah. But my first choice, definitely Oprah. Gotcha. I mean, that, that's another one of those, like, dream things. And it's not like Oprah would have to be in the entire movie. She'd just be, like, setting it up. Oh, sure. see her a little bit in the middle and then maybe towards the end. I mean, mm-hmm. she doesn't have to be in the entire movie. But I think, like, when she was in there, it'd be a strong performance. Sure. Yeah. Um, at a press junket for Tim Burton's movie Big Eyes, Amy Adams was asked about Lois Lane in Batman v Superman. And here's what we had to, what she had to say. <coughs> Busy shooting Batman Superman for the last eight months, nine months. <laughs> Six, something like that. Something, yeah, yeah, yeah. A so, really so, long time. Yeah, yes. how, how's that been going? Is because obviously we don't really know. We've seen like Wonder Woman. We've seen all these different characters. Lois, she's still in it, right? She's still in the movie. Oh right? yeah, yeah. There, oh, okay. there are some like you know paparazzi shots on the street with me and me and Soups, as I call him. So oh, okay. uh, Soups. He's uh, yeah. I, I'm definitely in it, and uh, yeah, I know. Um, but it's exciting to get to bring all of these other characters, and I was really excited that Gal was involved this time. It's nice to have another girl on set. Even if we don't work together a lot, it was nice to have her there. Yeah, but some people think Wonder Woman's kind of competition for Lois is sort of, you know, <laughs> They uh, always thought, you put another woman and automatically, goodbye. <laughs> uh, well, that's, uh, no. the comics, that's what the comics play out. The comics <laughs> are kind of like that, where they sort of, you know... I think that's like a, a male fantasy thing. I don't think that's reality. I actually, yeah. No, um, 
I don't know how it will turn out if we're going to be competition, but we are not in this, uh-huh. I can uh-huh. safely say. And we are not in life. We we actually really, uh, I'm, like I said, it's just so exciting. She's like a, the coolest girl ever. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, we don't have to worry about uh, a lover's quarrel, a squabble between Lois and Wonder Woman. So they're not going to be doing the new 52 approach to this where now Superman is seeing Wonder Woman. It sounds like uh, they're leaving the, as she called it, the cat fight out of this. Yeah. Yeah. I just, man, Gal Gadot. <laughs> Sorry, man. I mean, I totally rolled my eyes when she said Gal. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, the wig. It's not just that, man. She's wafy. Wonder Woman's got to have an on-screen presence. I haven't really liked anything that Gal's done. Yeah, I, I really think DC kind of missed the boat Big with her. Um, you know, I I don't know if I gave it a taste it or a freeze it or, or whatever, but like I, I do in a way. I, I think um, you know, like uh, I saw Adrian Palicki in uh, John Wick, uh-huh. and man, she was so badass in that movie, dude. Really, she, Adrian Palicki? Yeah. Did you see John Wick? No. You need to see John Wick. Gotcha. She's badass, and I'm telling you, she, like she's my favorite character in Agents of Shield okay. as Mockingbird. All right. Dude, she's fucking awesome. I'll check it out. Yeah, like fighting scenes, the choreography, she's amazing, dude. Gotcha. And I mean, I think she's like 5'10", something like that. Oh, there we go. And uh, they had cast her to be uh, NBC's <laughs> Wonder Woman when the pilot episode. And gotcha. They totally, like the, 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 the uh, it was horrible. The, the writing for that, the, the way that the, the Wonder Woman was set up in that universe. She was like a businesswoman by day, Wonder what? Woman by night, or something like that. It was ridiculous and stupid. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it. And like the people that did get to see, like you know, uh, when they sent out like the media packets with like the DVD for like you know the people in the media to watch the pilot, um, they hated it. Right. The people that saw this absolutely hated it. Thought it was horrible. But I don't think it was Adrian Palicki's fault. I mean, she. I, I think she would have been awesome. Right. And I think after her performance in John Wick, I think she proves that – uh, who's the uh, – Gal, Gal Gadot? I mean, what did you uh, – Fast and Furious, was she was she like a pivotal character in those movies, Frank? No, uh-uh. As a matter of fact, her biggest move in two of the films was trying to use her body to try to get information or get close to people or get like fingerprints. Yeah, and on the flip side, you've got Adrian Plicky using her body to like kick the shit out of people. Right. And, I mean, yeah, she had a stretch of some bad movies. I mean, that uh, the Red Dawn, the remake, yeah. did not do too well. Um, you know, she was in the G.I. Joe movies, which weren't, you know, received very well. And then the right. bombed the bombed NBC Wonder Woman pilot. So she kind of had a stink on her from Hollywood. Yeah. But I think she's redeemed herself with the performance in John Wick. And then also, I mean, dude, she's fucking, she's my favorite part of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Any scene that she is in, I love it. She plays a fantastic spy. So, honestly, in my opinion, Marvel Marvel made out like bandits on this. But it's a shame that she that that she wasn't considered to be Wonder Woman in the cinematic universe. You know, right? So. Man, I just it turns my stomach. Yeah, gal. Ugh. It could. You know. You know. I, at one time, I said that. Uh, oh yeah, Gina Carano. Yeah. Gina Carano. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. It wouldn't have worked out. Her and Henry Cavill, they were dating and they oh. recently broke up. Oh, shit. So, Wasn't he also uh, with Kaylee Cuoco for a little bit? He was. Yeah. 
Dude's yeah, a pimp. From Big Bang Theory? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> he's, he's all over the place. Right. Good yeah. for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not only can Superman fly around the world in, you know, seconds, but he can also fly from, like, it seems like he's bouncing from woman to woman. Yeah, he is. Here in real life. <laughs> but yeah, him and Gina Carano, they recently broke up. That would have made for awkward casting, mm. you know? Well, Depending on how the relationship ended. Yeah, but I mean, they're, to a certain extent, I think they'd be professional actors. And it's not like that she'd be, she would have been put in a position where she's romantically intertangled with them. Yeah. I think it would have been fine, but yeah, anybody, man, God, anybody over Gal Gadot. But I, th- I think, you know, on the flip side, yeah, Gina Carano is like more, she, she, I mean, she was a professional fighter. Yeah, MMA. What? Yeah, and I mean, and, and she's she's got a more, she's got a more muscular physique. Yeah, yeah, big time. But acting wise, I think you've get it, it, between her and Adrian Palicki. Palicki's better, right? She's not as muscular, but she's still bigger than Godot or Godot or yeah, whatever, whatever her name is. Yeah, it's it's not even it's not like physical looks as far as like just a woman being attractive yeah wonder woman's supposed to be like an amazon and an amazon is not a waif right and gal gadot go whatever uh, <laughs> gal, gal gadot <laughs> gal gadot go somewhere else go, yes please go, go back to oh the uh, uh what is it fast and furious franchise oh no shit yeah i mean she's way too thin way too thin to, for that role i mean physically she's not intimidating you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get that. And, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with that. She just and it, she just doesn't. The one screenshot that I've seen, as far as I'm aware, that's the only one that's been released of her in the outfit. She just looks horrible. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, we don't have any of her her acting bits to go off of at all from the film because yeah. we don't have a trailer or anything yet. But no, man. I mean, just going off of what I've seen, not even the acting, none of it. I mean. I'm really worried that they're going to misportray the character because of the casting. Because you can't get away with doing with her what you would be able to, like an Adrian Palicki. You have every reason to think that they are going to misportray the character. And that leads us into our next topic. Screenwriter and producer Arash Amel claims that he knows some inside info about the script that's being written for the Wonder Woman movie. He tweeted, Someone just told me six writers have been hired to simultaneously write six versions of Wonder Woman movie. What? Yeah. That's not a good sign. I mean, we heard this rumor before, but I think it was three writers that they were, that mm-hmm. they were hired for Aquaman. Right. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a good sign. Right. This is twice as bad. Six? Yeah. Six fucking writers for Wonder Woman? And it's the same fucking formula, too. It's like, are we going to literally just, like, Frankenstein this shit? You know what I mean? Slap a little bit here, a little bit there from each piece? No, I, I, I'm hoping that they just want, like, one good, solid script from each of these writers. Like, okay, we're going to read all... It's still a fucking bad song. It is, man. There's no fucking solid direction in the universe. But it's not like uh, World War Z and I think I, Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, no, maybe not I, Frankenstein. But World War Z was like tons of different writers attached to that thing. And they, they did put together like this crazy 
movie that a lot of people liked and thought it was cohesive. I, on the other hand, thought it, it, it totally changed. Gotcha. At the beginning of the movie, you've got zombies running over each other like ants with super speed. Right. And, you know, uh, attacking that town over in the Middle East or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then at, towards the end of the movie, they're in that building with Brad Pitt, and they're walking all slow, slow zombies. I was like, this is not cohesive. This just does not make sense. This right. is bizarre. Yeah. And it's because they had so many different writers on that, working on that movie. The route that you're saying, like, if they did that with this movie, if they do what you're saying and take bits and pieces from each of these scripts, the movie's – it's destined to fail. Destined right. to fail. Do you think they gave each of these writers the framework? Like, these are the key points that you have to stick with because this is what direction we wanted to go. But other than that, have at it. With six? With six versions? I don't know what they said. I don't know if they threw them in front of a computer and just said, do whatever the fuck you want. Right. This is what Wonder Woman is. Here's her origin. This is how you work her in, into the overall scheme of the DC Cinematic Universe. Uh, other than that, have at it. I have no idea, Frank. I don't it know what they're sucks, thinking. Man, it, it doesn't sucks. show like they have faith in anything. No, it's it's crazy. It is. And then on top of that, to have uh, a weak. I mean, okay. So I mean, getting off of the idea that Gal Gadot sucks. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, so I like can, how it all comes back to Galga that second. In some ways, you can build up some shit with a certain actor and have it kind of be okay because the actor's strong enough to carry it. Yeah. I don't think we have that situation here. Right. The script needs to be solid. And when you're just spitballing this shit, there, there's no, there's nothing behind it. Yeah. Yeah, there really isn't. And, uh, you know, I mean, we've heard the rumors that these are going to be set in, like, uh, what the first one's like, is it pre-World War One or around that time? Uh, I thought it was around that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I know that they got David Ayer for uh, the Suicide Squad movie, but I'm thinking, like, man, this is kind of, like, right up his alley. This yeah. sounds like a – this could be a David Ayer – I mean, if you're going to get somebody to do like a, this sounds like a period piece, just sure. like Captain America, you know, the first Avenger, that first film, mm-hmm. that was a period piece. Right. You know what I mean? We got to see the Marvel Cinematic Universe back in World War II. Right. You got to have a good director in there that's going to be able to show us what it's going to look like in the DC Cinematic Universe during this time period. Sure. But on the flip side, you want somebody who knows a little bit of their history and can deliver a solid script for this story that they're going for. And I think I want the director to be kind of involved in, like, picking the script, too. I don't want it to be such a mismatch, you know what I mean? Let's get a director on this thing. Oh, we did. Michelle McLaren. Right. Michelle McLaren, she needs to be directly involved in this script as well, in my opinion. I don't want them to be like, oh, this is the script they want, and then they give it to Michelle McLaren, and now she's like, oh, wow, I hate this vision. This is the movie I got to make? You don't think that she's that heavily involved in the decision-making process? I don't know. I guess, I mean, basically I'm saying I hope. I mean, you can wish in one hand, shit in the other, and see which one fills up first, and... I don't know how they're approaching this because I know Zack Snyder, high prolific name, he's directly involved. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He is. Yeah. Him and Goya work side by side in tandem. I, I, I hope that McLaren, uh, <laughs> I mean, we didn't hear that, you know, how, how many writers did they have on Superman? That's a good question. I don't know. Was, did Chris Terrio ever write a script for Superman, or am I? It was that another Goyer thing. I'm not know. sure, but anyway, I mean, I just 
Six scripts, it's excessive. It is. I, I don't understand what the thought process is there at all. Pick somebody who's got a good track record of the story that you want to tell. At least the that thought time. process yeah. is they don't know how to handle the character. Well, yeah. And they're hoping that one of these six do. Man, fuck that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pre, I'm gonna prejudge that movie and fucking toss it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like the direction though when they talked about it, like it being a time piece. Yeah, I mean, it, it allows the character to be a little bit more relatable because you yourself aren't familiar with that time, so you're already a little bit off balance. Yeah. But still, man, I mean, it's just, it's too much right now. It's like the same thing with Batman v Superman. It's just yeah. too much. It's yeah. too much crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a good sign. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, there's a follow-up tweet. Um, Arashamel said, I'm sure Hollywood screenwriter's career will soon resemble the sweatshop that makes tennis shoes for Nike. Oh, shit. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. It wow. sounds like... It, I mean, I don't think this dude would have not tweeted it. I think he probably knows one of these six writers mm-hmm. or knows somebody that knows the, you know, behind the scenes of, like, yeah, we're getting six screenwriters to write this thing. I don't think he would have tweeted this otherwise. Right. And it goes in line with what we heard with Aquaman, them hiring three writers for that fucking yeah. thing. Yeah. So why does Aquaman only get three and she gets six? Well, I think it's easy. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be il- maybe a little bit easier to write for Aquaman, but that that's kind of like one of the things I was thinking of, like with the actor being able to carry it. Yeah, because well, I think it was last week you guys were talking about how Momoa said, "If you want a badass, then you cast me." Yeah. So I mean, they're going out of their way to try to kind of put him in there on purpose so they yeah. kind of got a little bit better of an idea there right but this is this is real disturbing yeah it is uh let's move on to some uh batman v superman news uh rumors badass digest writer darren uh, devin Farasi teases that he knows major plot points from batman v superman uh he tweeted batman's origin is the key to why Batman and Superman team up after their initial fight. Okay. Hmm. What, do they, what do they have in common? They both don't have parents. Oh, yeah. Do you think? That's my possible. best guess. Yeah. Batman's origin. Are they talking about the origin of Batman? Or are they talking about, like, childhood events that... Batman's origin is the key to why Batman and Superman team up after their initial fight. You think that uh, they're going to try to make it to where Superman finds out who murdered his parents or something? No, I'm not that. Because, I mean, his origin is all about his parents dying. Yeah. Unless they're trying to talk about something else. Batman's origin is the key to why Batman and Superman team up after the initial fight. After their initial fight. Yeah, it, it, I, I don't know. Maybe some of the army has some suggestions. Maybe they have some suggestions as to what this means. You know, because even my suggestion, I think, is kind of fucking lame. Like, oh, they both don't have parents. It's not like I want them to sit down after this big fight and have this taster's choice moment, <laughs> you know, where they're sitting around being like, I'm sorry. And like, they're going to hug it out, hug it out. And <laughs> Batman's crying on Soup's shoulder, like, vice versa. You know what I mean? That's yeah. lame. Yeah, it is. So, um, yeah, fuck my idea. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, yeah, dude, I don't know, man. Maybe the Army has some suggestions. I know we've got some really smart listeners out there. I'd like to get some emails. Yeah, I hope so. Maybe. So if you if you have any suggestions as to, like, what this means, I'll read it again. Batman's origin is the key to why Batman and Superman team up after their initial fight. Send me an email, popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and I want the... Uh, I want yeah the uh, subject field should be a uh, taster's choice moment <laughs> and that that's that's what I want <laughs> Holy shit uh, what was the name of that one waiter in France oh, holy fuck Jean Luke remember that commercial you don't remember that no. taster's choice commercial with no, the two man. ladies sitting down and they're like at this I don't know this uh outside uh cafe and they're having a taster's choice moment and they're talking about the one waiter and they're like oh what was that waiter's fun name Jean Luke they say it at the same time holy it's like, shit yeah, no I don't remember that one of the lamest commercials ever only coffee commercial I remember is where the the man from Colombia always comes in through the window riding a horse and has oh yeah in the background. Juan Valdez yeah. is trusty Don Yeah, handing that cup of coffee in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's like a fucking reverse drive-thru. He brings it to your ass. (laughs) Juan Valdez, I'm telling you. All right. um, In a recent article, uh, Devin Ferrasi really talks about the movie in more detail. Here's what he had to say. Batman v Superman opens with Batman's origin and fast-forwards to Bruce Wayne coming to Metropolis during the Superman-Zod fight. Hmm. But that's just the, just setting the stage for that character. From there, the script turns its attention to Superman heavily, and it examines the implications of Superman in the real world. The main action takes place a couple years after the end of Man of Steel, and Superman has been busy in the meantime, becoming the hero we know and love. Clark Kent and Lois have moved their relationship forward to the point where they live together. Clark is still working at the Daily Planet, although it's unclear if he's loving his assignments. He's tasked with covering a Metropolis Gotham football game when he would rather be writing about Batman. So covering the Metropolis Gotham football game, what I can take from that is we are going to get our first appearance of Cyborg. Gotcha, yep. So, you know, yeah, the football game, he probably is covering that, the one where he gets, you know... Uh, injured mm-hmm. to the point, uh, no, the one where his father doesn't show up. He'll probably, after that, go to talk to his father about, like, why didn't you show up? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, they might do, like, the whole thing where there's, like, the explosion in the lab, and then that, and then his father brings him back as cyborg. Gotcha. Do you think we'll get all of that in this movie, or will we just see him get injured? I think we'll see him get, uh, suited up. I don't. I don't know if we're going to see a fully costumed cyborg in this. Okay. That's a, yeah. That's a good question. I've always kind of thought that we we might just see him get injured, setting it up. As much as they got going on, man, that's where I'd leave it. Yeah. Or we might just get the guy who's playing him, Ray Fisher. Yeah. Just playing football. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, that true. that might be it. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, it, it, with, yeah. With as much as they're throwing into this movie. I don't know how they're going to be able to work in even the explosion. Yeah. Going from the, like, making him like a side character and then going back to the main story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, here's the explosion. And right. back to our movie, Batman v Superman. <laughs> already in progress. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is that they're going to have a hard time piecing all this stuff together and have it feel cohesive. Well, see, the thing, and I've also heard the rumor that it's not, uh, like, 
uh, maybe he gets injured during the football game or some bullshit. Yeah. And then Lex Luthor is the one that has him escorted out of there. And Lex Luthor, not his father, makes him cyborg, makes him cyborg to be some kind of villain Mm -hmm. that can take, not necessarily a villain in Lex's mind, but somebody that can take on Superman. Right, gotcha. Are we thinking that Lex is going to be more of a, like, pro-humanity type character because of all the destruction in the Man of Steel? Uh, I think he's going to publicly make himself look like that. Gotcha. But on the flip side, he's going to be classic Lex, where, like, he... He want he, I mean he wants that power. Right. He's power hungry. Yeah. You know what I mean. And uh, he doesn't think it's fair for this alien to have these powers. Sure. You know what I mean. So, do you hmm. see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else did I take away from that? Let me go through this again because there's a few things that I took from this. Um. Yeah, it's interesting that they they say here that. Uh, Bruce Wayne actually comes to Metropolis during the Superman Zod fight. Right. So and it's kind of like a retcon a little bit? A little bit. We're going to see, you know, the, 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 I guess the movie opens with Batman's origin. Then they fast forward to Bruce Wayne coming to Metropolis during the Superman Zod fight. So they say Bruce Wayne, so he's not dressed as Batman. Right. Um, could he, I mean, why, uh, he comes there during it. I mean... Could he have already been in Metropolis? I mean, could he have been meeting with Lex, possibly? It's possible, because they did have on the tankers LexCorp logo, and then also one of the satellites that got destroyed was Wayne Enterprises. Yeah, but I mean, you're talking about, like, two different set pieces. One is taking place in Metropolis, and then, you know, then they're out in outer space. Well, yeah, but I mean, I didn't know if they were, like, hinting at the idea that, you know, those, those two were working together at all. Yeah. And could be too, Bruce. I mean, if any kind of involvement Bruce is going to have with Lex, yeah, I mean, I know it's not anything to do with Nolan, but you remember how in uh, The Dark Knight, how he mm-hmm. kind of uses business connections to get in deeper with that one uh, uh, Oriental fella yeah. to extradite him? Do you think it could be something along the lines where he's using his business connections to get close to Lex to kind of figure him out? Possibly. I mean, I. Uh, there were the rumors, and I don't think they're true. There were the rumors that Lex was actually going to, you know, work with Batman and give him a suit that was made from, like, the Zod armor. Yeah. And, you know, I thought at one time that uh, to, to fight Superman, I, I thought that maybe at one time that would be the case, mm-hmm. but I don't know now. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think we're going to see. I, don't, I, I hope that they're not going to have a Batman that relies on Lex Luthor. No. I hope we have a Batman that is uh, in Metropolis on his own will. Right. And it would kind of – it would uh, disappoint me greatly if Bruce Wayne, Batman, yeah. is willingly working with Lex because he's so much smarter than that. He'd right. have to fucking know. Right. So yeah. I, that would disappoint me in the character because he's supposed to be a detective. Yeah. So. Yeah, agreed. Um, did I take anything else? Oh, yeah. Another thing that I uh, wanted to throw out there is like they show him – you know, it, Bruce Wayne in Metropolis, and then the main action takes place a couple years later, after the end of the Man of Steel. Do you think that you know Bruce Wayne hasn't done anything as Batman to Superman because he is being the detective now? He's watching Superman these past couple years, seeing if this guy's going to make a wrong move. And I mean, this is an opponent 
that he's never type of an opponent he's never faced before looking for weaknesses i'm sure that there is viral videos out there and of superman i mean think about it in a modern world if you've got superman Mm -hmm. and you're in metropolis and all of a sudden you see like superman take out some criminals right you're getting that shit on your phone right hell yeah you are yeah so you know i think you know maybe he's using these past couple years to kind of like watch his an opponent and sure. try to you know what I mean like boxers do it all the time they they watch uh, you know their opponents fight on tape to see like you know oh is this you know this I heard this guy's a southpaw I'm gonna see like what I can do to like you know take this guy out right yeah, yeah. and then he can keep his cover and stay his distance because he probably knows if it came to a straight up fight he'd lose right so he's yeah he's got to be strategic very strategic and that's what I want to see is I want to see a very uh, tactical. Batman, I want to see awesome new gadgets. Yes, and since he's older, that's the way they'd almost have to go. Yeah, 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 agreed. He's going to rely more on those. But that's going to be cool if that's the way it goes. I hope it yep. is. Yeah. We got to see our fill, really, of Batman beating the shit out of people through the Nolan films. Yeah, we did. So I'd like to see a different take. Yeah, I don't... I, dude, I, d- trust me, I want to see Affleck get angry. But not as angry as Bale was this whole time. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, man, I keep I keep trying to focus on just the man. Where is he? Where is he? Where? You know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to see that from this. I don't want to see it from Affleck, dude. I want to see him kind of keep his cool, calm. I, I want right. to see him be a very charismatic Bruce Wayne. But yeah, dude, I want to see him lose his shit in the final battle. Right. And then when he does, have it be like, holy shit, where'd that come yeah. from? Yeah. And then you really see what he can do. Right. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, they go on to say, very early in the film, Lois is in the Middle East following a story when Superman shows up to help her out. This becomes something of an international incident as other nations view Superman as a tool of the United States. Gotcha. China, for instance, doesn't want him in their airspace. It's an interesting look at how being a super being uh, being like Superman would be viewed on a global scale, which I think I kind of believe this. I mean, I thought like in the first movie, they what they did like the thing that they did was like how people would react if they like tomorrow aliens came down from another planet, right? Yeah, and they showed like how people were reacting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think this movie kind of goes along with that like yeah now now the next question is like now that superman's out in the open and he is a citizen of the u.s like how would other countries work how how would other countries think about him if if he's just like okay now i'm in the middle east blah 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 sure yeah he he's a rogue yeah so i mean and that's funny because even you know the united states army considers him an x-factor so he doesn't really fit in anywhere right yeah, it's not like he's working directly with the military. Yeah, at the very end of the film, he destroyed one of their really expensive satellites because they were spying on yeah. him. So, yeah. So, do you think, well, no. I mean, I guess it wouldn't really matter. God, I wish Christopher Maloney's character didn't die in that I movie. know, man. I he was good. I fucking loved him. He was good. I, I like how he went out. Yeah, but he was a badass, yeah, dude. Yeah, that, that one uh, chick, she was hardcore. Yeah. But that was cool how yeah. he got her. Yeah. But um, do you think that... Uh, Lex is going to be having any kind of like military affiliations. Do you think they will have tapped him to try to 
spy on? I see. I don't. I don't see why not. I mean, that's definitely a possibility. I mean, we've seen you know Stark Industries in the Marvel universe work closely with the military. Right. Yeah. Because he's got a lot of upper level tech. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, what are the lessons that Superman learned from Man of Steel? Some slight spoilers follow. When Superman confronts a big bad guy and unravels his plot, he tells the villain, I won't snap your neck. I'm going to take you to prison. An on-the-nose response to criticisms of the first movie. Right. Of course, Superman later loses his cool and threatens to break the guy's back. (laughs) So he hasn't quite internalized everything yet. Okay. Uh, As for being a protector of the people... When the Doomsday fight starts, General Swanwick tells the military that Superman will move the battle away from populated areas because he's a hero, and that's what heroes do. Again, this is a direct response to complaints about the first film. It's also interesting to see that Swanwick, who was tracking Superman with drones at the end of Man of Steel, you mentioned that, uh, is such a supporter in this film. It seems that most people, except Lu- Lex Luthor and a cautious Batman who is prepping anti-Superman weapons, believe Superman is a hero. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what blew me away in that is when it starts out this sentence and it says, when the doomsday when the doomsday fight starts. Yeah, he's not supposed to be in this film, right? No, I've heard rumors that he was going to be in the film, but I just thought it would be like a like at the end of the movie, maybe it's like uh um something that Lex Luthor had gotten a hold of. I don't know, Lex Luthor I've heard rumors of him creating Doomsday. Okay. Um somehow hmm. uh in a lab, you know, using uh Krypton, uh, Krypton, okay, or something. You know what I mean? Has, Kryptonite, Kryptonite. Has the big bad been revealed about this whole movie, or could Doomsday be it? But it, it just doesn't make sense that the fight between Doomsday is going to happen in a Batman v Superman movie. Yeah, no, come on. Not a whole lot about this film makes fucking sense. If this is true, I mean that's. I just wanted Batman versus Superman. You don't have to. We're getting Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, possibly KG Beast, and now Doomsday. Yeah, one's too much. Too much. I mean, I can understand if they're. I think maybe they're setting up. Um, I think maybe that they're setting up KG Beast in this. Like at the beginning, we get to see Batman take on KG Beast, mm-hmm. and then like he takes him in, and they send KG Beast to prison or or whatever, and then. By the Suicide Squad movie, he's also introduced. He's not uh, part of the main squad, but maybe at the beginning, just like they did in the Assault on Arkham, right. he's the first one to get his head blown off. <laughs> you know you. what I mean? Yeah. Just to kind of set that up. Sure. But that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. But a doomsday fight in this movie? That's too That much. should be Man of Steel 2. Exactly. They're taking... Uh, so fucking much is wrong with this. You know, I mean, either this thing is going to be... The biggest fucking train wreck ever, which is what it appears to be, <laughs> or it's going to be a fucking golden masterpiece where we're all going to be beating ourselves up for hating on it so yeah, much. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, we did the same thing with Days of uh, Future Past. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because after that came out, I went back and listened to some of the old podcasts where you guys are shitting on it. Yeah, and you got to laugh now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I, I don't. I know, I know what happened there, but I don't see them being able to piece all this together and have it be good. Yeah. So much. 
There's a lot. There's a lot. I'm, if these rumors are true. Well, right, but there's been so many rumors about so much, and there, I mean, even the stuff that's officially been released. Yeah. Um, let's see here. A caveat on this and my previous Batman reporting. This information comes from a script that was handed in a month before principal photography began. While the broad strokes surely will make it into the film, small details like dialogue and character moments could be cut from the script or in the editing room before the movie reaches theaters. So they're saying that this is this is a this is uh, these are parts from that script that was handed in. So um, I don't know if you heard about this. I don't know if a lot of our listeners heard about this, but it was on the internet, guys, and that's what I do. I search this shit out. Movie pilot swears that the Batman v Superman trailer, not the Comic-Con teaser, but an actual trailer, has been leaked online. Really? But it's hard to find. Okay. Here's what they say, and not, a, not many people have seen this. It's all hearsay. I've looked for it, can't find it. Good news, Bat fans. The teaser trailer for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice might just have leaked onto the internet and been revealed in its majestic Batman-focused glory on 4chan. The only problem? No one seems to be able to find it. So, the trailer is, according to comic book movie at least, floating around the web somewhere. But as of right now, very few people have actually seemed to have seen it. It kind of sounds like when uh, you know you're back in high school, and there's always that one guy who's like, "Yeah, I got a girlfriend. She goes to another school. You don't know her." If you don't got pictures that don't exist, Napoleon Dynamite taking like the glamour shot <laughs> yeah. and putting it in his wallet. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I you never meet her. Exactly. Yeah. I cry oh. bullshit. I'm dating a Swedish model, Frank. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, when's she coming over here? Right. <laughs> She's got problems with her Skype right now. Oh, So, right. yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. I would let you meet her. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, she's got some problems with her webcam. Sure. Yeah. Her internet's down. Yeah. Ask me in another week. I'll have a different excuse. Sure, yeah, no problem. So, uh, they, they do say, uh, what we do have, though, is a pretty detailed description of what the trailer is set to show us. And... It's pretty Batman-centric. So, I mean, we heard rumors of, like, uh, people getting to see the Jurassic World trailer mm-hmm. before it actually hit. And it actually turned out to be, from that description, the actual trailer. Right. Could this be more fan fiction, or is this the actual trailer that people are watching that's been floating around? As quickly as what these... Somebody li- would have got this on their fucking... Uh, right. Uh, you know what I mean? Somebody would have got this on their phone. Somebody exactly. would have recorded this on their phone. Yeah, I mean, as quickly as what word travels before they get a chance to shut something down, it, you'd at least be able to find dead links something somewhere. Yeah. And there, if there's not even that. Well, the funny thing is, media outlets all the time, like the Doctor Doom picks, mm-hmm. and even the picks of like Rocksteady Bebop that were released, the concept art of yeah. those characters for TMNT 2, they were con- once, once they got put up, within days... These media outlets were contacted by the studios saying, please take these down. Right. Like, you think that one of these media outlets would have heard about this or been contacted from somebody and said, hey, man, there's a trailer online. Check this out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. A a way more reputable source than anything having to do with 4chan would have to report this or for me to believe it. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. So, reportedly, we open on a chaotic metropolis... This is the trailer description. We open on a chaotic metropolis, highlighting the fact that the movie will seemingly follow closely on from the events of Man of Steel. 
while Ben Affleck narrates, saying something along the lines of, the world has changed with the arrival of the Kryptonians. We cut to Affleck in his bat suit. We just, just like we saw in the Comic-Con trailer. And he asks whether Superman is here to save us or destroy us, which is a reasonable question, I guess, before revealing I'm going to find out. At which point, we cut to a shot of Batman, uh, of the Batman v Superman logo. And that's it. And they go on to say, now that sounds like a totally plausible teaser trailer to me, but without having had a chance to actually see it, I'm definitely going to have to leave this one in the cool-sounding rumor column for the time being. It seems entirely possible that it's for real, but it could so easily be a really realistic rumor. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the direction. It sounds all right. But sounds boring. Really? Well, I mean, I don't know. Nothing sounds good about this damn thing, but... <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I, are eh. we really getting what we want from that trailer? I mean, I guess it's cool. I guess it's cool. The Batman narrating. I guess what he says is kind of neat. Well, and even if it was the exact same footage that we saw from the yeah. Comic-Con stuff, yeah. I mean, to see it clearly, yeah. that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, maybe with some like cool music behind it. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd be all right with yeah, it. Yeah, we get to see Batman in his, you know, bat suit yeah. and... I don't know. It's kind of cool. I don't know. I still don't believe it, but... Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. All right. Um, We're going to move on to Star Wars news. Eventually. All right. Yeah. We're going to move on to some Star Wars news and then wrap up the show. A lot of DC news this week. A lot of interesting stuff. That's cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Star Wars news. What the Misa saying? You were supposed to be here with me listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. It's not true. That's impossible. All right. Poor R2. R2 screaming. (laughs) Man, screaming bloody murder, right? Man. Woo. All right, we got emails. These emails are from last week. I was going to read them on last week's show, but I didn't. Guys, don't think I forget about you. I don't forget about my army. <laughs> I don't. All right, Joshua Shield sent us an email a couple of weeks ago about Star Wars, and you know he was uh, he was the listener that said you know that uh, he didn't really care for the Star Wars stuff, and he, he's he's going to clarify. Oh yeah, gotcha. Cool. He kind of clarifies himself in this one. He's, All right. He says, I just. Finished listening to episode 69. Great episode to come back to, come by the way. back to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for answering my question. Kind of. We tried our best. We did. I, 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 I had made some assumptions from his email, and I, I thought, like, this guy's seen, like, all the main movies, so, like, if you didn't like those, you're not going to like anything. Right. You know? Uh, he says, I sound like an idiot for not liking Star Wars, though. So let me say one thing. Okay, so I am 22. I saw Phantom Menace, Clone uh, Clone Wars, and The Revenge of the Sith. I never watched the originals. Or it's been a long, or it's been so long I forgot most of the details. Right. So I watched them, and wow, what a difference. 
People have always talked about the difference between those two, but I never took the time to watch the originals because I thought it would be more of the same. Mark me excited for the new Star Wars movie. Awesome, cool. So here's a suggestion for everyone. After watching the original trilogy, I was eager for more content, so after a few Google searches, I stumbled upon a neato game called Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. All I can say is play Knights of the Old Republic. It's a Star Wars game that's on iOS and on Steam, so you can play it nearly anywhere. I might fail my finals this week because I have poured my life into this game. Trust me, it's that good. It is. I I played the uh, Xbox iteration, Mm -hmm. uh, the original Xbox. Right. And that's where you get introduced to Darth Revan and stuff like that. It it is a killer game. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Mm -hmm. I've seen gameplay. I'll be honest, I've never played it. Yeah. The storyline's awesome, and I'm not going to spoil shit, but it's well worth a play, even on a dated system. I know Xbox uh, 360s will... Uh, they're backwards compatible with certain games, and I'm pretty sure that's one of them. Yeah. So you might be able to find that real cheap off of like eBay or like a, a local swap shop or something. It's probably get it for like five or ten bucks. Well worth it. Nice. Very cool. Um, what, what do you know? What like time period it's uh, set in? This oh, is, this is like is this in like, the universe? Yeah. Is this like it's old? It's I like mean, I'm pretty sure it pre episode one. Yeah. 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 It predates all that. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. So yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, you know, side note, man. I'm going to talk to Joshua right now. Me and you are talking, Chief. Joshua Joshua didn't listen to the show for a while. You know, he, he, he had some things going on. I guess he was busy, didn't listen to the show for a while. Mm-hmm. And he's a great listener. And I just want to thank you, Joshua, for coming back and listening to us. Yeah, man, cool. I'm glad to hear that uh, I didn't put you off. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, exactly. He likes you, Frank. Oh, cool. He said so in that Oh, yeah, email. that's right. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, thanks for the uh, thanks for the up there, buddy. But it's all, it's always nice. Like, we've got listeners every once in a while that they listen, and then they don't listen for a while. You know, life happens, and, yeah. you know, uh, but it's always nice to, when a listener comes back into the fold, back into the army. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we accept you open arms, dude. Yeah, we love talking to everybody. Absolutely. Um, you know, every once in a while, I think, like, a listener's gone, and then, like, like uh, like Mark Perillo, dude. I hadn't heard from him in a while. And then he hit me up after the Star Wars trailer came out. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, Mark Perillo's still listening, dude. Right. He was like uh, one of our first contest winners. Right, yeah. So Ernesto Navarro, my favorite. <laughs> He's my favorite, man. Yep. He's still my favorite listener. <laughs> yeah. Take that, Army. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love all the Army. But Ernesto was the one that spoke out and said that, you know, I make his day. He wakes up on Monday morning so he can listen to me. So Ernesto's my boy. There you go. Yeah, me and him, we're going to go out. Man, one of these days, me and Ernesto, we're going to hit up Vegas and have a hangover night. Oh, shit. Just yeah. don't let it get as deep as, like, Thumb and Louise style. Oh, no, we're not going to be driving off the cliffs. <laughs> me and Ernesto, like, ha- holding hands as we drive off the cliffs together. Here we go. <laughs> Screaming, Tupperware party! (laughs) As we fly into the Grand Canyon. (laughs) Oh, man. But Ernesto Navarro, he goes, Hey, Brian, been trying to email for some time now. Uh, Been having trouble. I just wanted to talk on the topic of the new lightsaber from the new Star Wars film. Um, Love reading the different and unusual reasons on why it is the way it is. My personal opinion is that the lightsaber is this way... Not to protect the hands, but to release pressure, sort of uh, speak power if this is an older model, or at least that's what I think. Back in the day, lightsabers were not controlled, uh, were not controlled the energy from the crystal, 
uh, in the sides, and the sides could just be energy release to keep the blade in its upright position. A lot of the trailer, I think, made more sense to me than didn't. I'm really excited to see it and hear more news on the podcast. Thanks for all you do. And Jake and Frank, thanks for reading this. Sorry if I repeated myself. Thanks again, <laughs> Ernesto Navarro. You can repeat yourself. I do what I repeat myself all the time on this sure. fucking thing. I do. <laughs> I make one point, and then I make it ten more times. Yeah, I think we all do. I know. I just love the sound of my own voice, apparently. <laughs> and, you know? Brian made a good point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run it into the fucking ground. <laughs> I'm like a little kid that learned something new to do. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, they're up on the couch doing something, and they're mm-hmm. going, Mommy, Daddy, look at me, look at me. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. And they're like, no, look, 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 look what I can do now. So, and I'm always begging for attention on this fucking thing. But no, thank you, Ernesto. Yeah, I think Jake has kind of alluded to that, too, that he thinks it's kind of like, uh... What did he call it? Afterburn or something like that? Yeah, something like that, where it's like venting pressure. Yeah, because like when you watch the trailer, like uh, the saber comes up first, and then they come out second. Right. I think it was for dramatic effect. Yeah, I I do. I think it was for dramatic effect for the trailer. uh, Because it's like, first you see the one lightsaber, and then you weren't expecting the two to come out on the sides. Right. Part of it's dramatic effect. Sure. The other half of it could be it is kind of like Afterburn or whatever. What I'm kind of hoping, I mean, I know we've all got all these theories and stuff. Uh, I want to know why it is the way it is, but I want it to be kind of like a a broad and overreaching part of the story. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to get too in-depth like if it is an exhaust. I don't want them to mention it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's not get too technical with it. Just let it be badass. But, I mean, if the fact that, you know, it is the way it is with those ports uh, for, like, a hilt yeah. is functional or whatever, like, well, let's see it in action. That's, okay, yeah. The explanation is in the action there. Exactly, yeah. It's not like they, it's not like, <laughs> like, uh, if it's if it's a hilt used to protect the, the arm, yeah. we're just going to see it hit the hilt. Exactly. It's not like there's going to be, like, that happens, and then there's going to be, like, <laughs> there's going to be dialogue afterwards saying, I see you've hit my hilt, <laughs> and you see that my arms are still intact. <laughs> you that or we're going to go through my, something like a user's right, manual. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we don't need, I mean, I, they can, they can just, they can, we can see why it is the way it is through action in the film. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I get it. All right. We got an email here from jpoke23. Jpoke. Jpoke. Jpoke23. I like 23. That's Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan, number. Yep. Nice. I don't know if that's why he's got it, but jpoke23 says, Hey guys, I recently started listening to your podcast. I am getting ready to launch one myself, and I was looking for some that were similar to get an idea of how they play out. I have to say, I have been enjoying your show, and I wanted to add my two cents on a couple things you guys have talked about. On your fantasy castings, I would have Bruce Willis as my Lex Luthor, and I would have Tom Cavanaugh as my Joker. Hmm. So... I think both would be sick in those roles. Really? Um, I think Willis would be a good Luther? Th- no, that's what he said. Oh, 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 that was, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Tom Cavanaugh, you know, he plays Harrison Wells mm-hmm. in the Flash series. That's the I, Joker. I know what you're talking about, yeah. I, the problem that I have with, with that, and I, I don't know, I could be wrong, is a lot of the times you take TV actors and you put them in a movie and it just doesn't translate well. There's certain... Actors that I think that are made for TV. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that and, or until they're ready to make that transition. Well, I, I don't think some of them are ever ready to make that transition, right. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what's his name? 
from uh, the the redhead guy from uh, CSI the, when he puts on the glasses and you hear yow that guy you know what I'm talking about nope um, he started off in uh, NYPD Blue Mm-mm. I can't remember his name he tried to, he left NYPD Blue to do a, a career in movies okay and bombed gotcha so now he's back on TV right Actresses like uh, Kaylee Cuoco from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. She's TV, man. Right. Dude, yeah. I, she can never translate into movies real no, well. Uh-uh. I mean, she'll do some movies. I mean, she's going to be in that new, uh, what is it, the, is it the, the movie with uh, Kevin Hart where he plays like the wedding planner guy. The, right. the, the No, the, uh, the, he, he plays like the best man or whatever in, the, in that wedding, the comedy. I casually heard yeah. about it. But Kaylee Cuoco's in that movie, but it's a bit part. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't see her as a TV actress. Tom Cavanaugh, I don't know if he could make the transition from like television into film and pull it off. Right. I mean, looks-wise, yeah, he he might be able to pull off looks-wise a joker, but I don't know if he... He doesn't have the weight behind him, uh, the resume that I think a guy like Jared Leto has. Oh, hell no. Okay, Bruce Willis is Lex Luthor. Um, I'm just not... I used to love Bruce Willis, but with a lot of the news coming out with him lately and, you know, Kevin Smith having problems with him on set. Right, and, yeah. and, like, that interview that he had where he's a complete dick to the interviewer and stuff like that. Well, that and what uh, Stallone said about trying to yeah. deal with him on Expendables. Yeah. Like, dude's supposedly a complete asshole. Yeah, I love Die Hard. It's not like I boycotted Die Hard and said, I'm never going to watch Die Hard again. Yeah. But uh, on, the, on the flip side, I just don't like him as much as I used to like him. Right. Yeah, it taints it. And I yeah. just know. I, I, he's more suited for more of your action flicks, still like yeah. Red and that. Yeah, I I don't see him doing a more cerebral role right now in his career yeah. anyway. My, my if I had my fantasy pick as uh, Lex Luthor, it would have been Daniel Day Lewis. Really, a little bit older, but I mean, if anybody is going to be able to crawl into that mind and give us the best yeah. Lex Luthor, it's the method actor Daniel Day Lewis, right. in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've I seen I've seen him with a shaved head too, and he and, and he can pull it off. Sure, I I still like Spacey. Ew, he you was horrible as Lex. I just like Spacey anyway, though. Well, I do too, but you know, I can like him from a distance, and that distance is not in my Superman movie. But you don't think that that had anything to do with the writing and direction? Just like with Brandon Routh? No, no, and I, I see your point there. I do see your point there, but I, I think they need to distance themselves from from that. I don't think you right. need to pull him in there. Yeah, it's maybe, unfortunate. Maybe if they would, if, if he would never have been cast in Superman Returns, and you would have said Kevin Spacey, I would have been like, yeah, dude, I like that. Right, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. You know, I mean, he mm-hmm. did play like in Seven, he played that character, that that uh, serial killer. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the uh, Usual fantastic. Suspects too. Usual Suspects, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But. Another people, uh, I've, I've heard people suggest this too, and I, I love it. Uh, you know, you think about um, he was such a dickhead in this in the Titanic movie, Billy Zane. That would be fucking fantastic, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because he looks charming. Oh yeah, and he could be a charming guy. But you get him behind closed doors, and I mean, he can flip like a light switch. Yeah, nice and devious and evil. Yeah, I like that, man. Yeah. Anything, man. <sighs> makes me sad to think about yeah. all this shit, and then now we know what we're stuck with. We're talking about DC news again. Again! 
<laughs> All right. Uh, in the email, he goes on to say, now this is where it comes into Star Wars. He goes, as for the lightsaber issue, that seems to be clutching the nation in some weird sort of force choke. <laughs> I, ha- I have to this to add. I listened to the podcast from last week where you guys talked about, oh, uh, the, the chow mei. The thing that oh, the yeah. chow mei that we mm-hmm. talked about. Yeah. The, yeah. And that was uh, its ability to, like, absorb power? No, 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 no. Remember, it's uh, how he described it was that um, it's an art where uh, an art, I'm not not finding the right word, but. Oh, oh, I get it. Like, they chi, like, with martial arts, their, their spirit or whatever encompasses the blade or whatever. Am I? (laughs) (laughs) You you go ahead. Apparently, I'm way the fuck off. (laughs) Wow. Like, where they commune with the force with the crystal to create the blade. Is that it or not? (laughs) Completely off. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. All right, I'll shut the fuck up. (laughs) Where their spirit encompasses the blade. Uh, I don't know, man. No, that's not it at all. That's okay. like if, like, if there was a, um, I don't know, if there was like a, the exact opposite, like a complete one hundred and eighty of what he's talking about. Yours would be like the complete opposite of this. Okay, yours is like so dead wrong. <laughs> gotcha. Sorry. It's like I'm serious. It's like completely, <laughs> completely wrong in every way. Sorry. No, it, it, it's, it was that thing where, um, you know, they use the hilt so that they can't cut off the arm. Oh, right. It's basically okay. saying, like, no, you're not going to cut off my arm. That's right. You okay. either you either have to kill me or I'm going to kill you. Battle to the death. Right. Thing. There, yeah. It. Okay. Yeah, you're not going to be able to cut off my arms or my limbs or anything. Right. You know, we're, we're, we're fighting to the death. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. Not, okay. not his chi or spirit. There's been so much fucking theory. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it all straight, man. <laughs> well, yeah, like we talked about it maybe being like that Soul Reaver blade thing. Oh, okay. Where it like gotcha. absorbs stuff, but. Right. Sorry. Right. right. No, that's <laughs> so fine. many fucking theories. Now, I remember that now, but like when I right. was trying to make the point of this and you were talking about that, I was like, you Whoa. have the look of like fear in your eyes while you're laughing. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I had no clue. <laughs> And we're doing a horrible job of answering this guy's question. <laughs> Sorry. Um, he's, he was talking, he goes, uh, last week where you guys talked about, I think it was called Chow Mai or something, or sounds like, I don't Chow know. Mei. Chow Mai. Chow Mai? I don't know. That's a, that, Frank like Mai, like that's, M-E-I. A, that's an Asian dish. Chow yeah. Mai. Are you, are you, are you hungry for Panda Express no, right now? No, we, no, we, no, no, no. I think it was Chow Mai. Chow Mai. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he goes, I believe you guys are on to part of what might be going on. Well, we didn't suggest it. It was one of our one of our listeners that sent in that email. Uh, he goes, I am a film student, and based on what I would do if I were writing it, I think that is the solo kid, and I believe he turns to the dark side in the middle of the movie, but I would believe he would lack the knowledge of this dead art, and he finds a lightsaber from the old Sith world. This would explain the Chomai aspect as it would have been made before the more civilized time. It would also explain why the blade acts differently than any other lightsaber we have seen before. What if he is actually holding the first lightsaber ever created by a Sith Lord? Ooh. Could be, like you said, an ancient one. Yeah, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's so many theories. I guess we'll just have to wait until the movie comes out or if something else gets leaked. Right. The guy that uh, has all the parkour experience, I can't remember his name, 
Uh, you guys were talking about it a little bit last week. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Do we know what he's going to be doing at all? We don't even know if that's true. Right. We're I gonna, wonder I'm going to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Was, no, go ahead. I was kind of wondering if he might be our Sith Lord. Yeah. Because think about, like, I mean, parkour people, they're, they're fucking amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. Ray Park himself is an amazing uh, martial artist who is Darth Maul yeah. in the prequels. And... Um, such a big blade, we could see some pretty acrobatic fucking shit. Yeah, but it, like it made sense for like the blade that Ray Park used in that that uh, dual blade. It yeah. looked like more of a blade that you, that would be that that would work and be more stylized with that kind of uh, parkour that he did. This just looks like, dude, this looks like a, like a long blade like that. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This just looks like somebody that's using it just like with brute force. Not so much like a skilled, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. I, I mean, I could see it being used to keep people at a distance. You know, it's yeah. like using its length to an advantage right. like that. Right, You'd have to be somewhat skilled. I mean, it's not going to be like a knight in a full suit of armor. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it'd be really neat to see something that big being wielded right. that quickly. Yeah. Last week I made the joke of like 90% of our emails about <laughs> Star Wars are, are about this fucking blade. Yeah. Guys, I didn't say that so you didn't so so you'd stop sending me the emails. <laughs> Guys, cuz I didn't get any this week. Oh shit. I didn't want the people to think like, "Oh, dude, don't send me your fucking emails about the lightsaber sword." No, I want them. I was just making a point like, honestly, we we've gotten tons of emails about this lightsaber blade. So, I mean, by all means, continue to bring them in. I, I love these series. They're a lot of fun to read. So don't don't listen to me. I, I said that, and I was like, this week, I was like, oh, my God, I got no emails wow. about this this lightsaber. Huh. I was like, I hope I didn't shut the army up. I hope they're not like, I, well, I better not send them. Like, somebody just hit, like, delete on the email they were about to send as they were listening to the podcast. So Right. No, send those emails about the lightsaber, dude. I want to hear them. Uh, we've talked about these uh, Hollywood movie live reads in the past. Do you remember those, Frank? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Reitman, he's the one that's setting all these up. Basically, what these live reads are is a group of actors getting on stage and reading a script to a movie. I mean, they're not in costume. They're just sitting and reading. I mean, they're actually just sitting down yeah. and reading off a script. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've done Ghostbusters, The Princess Bride, American Beauty. And now they're doing The Empire Strikes Back. Hmm. They don't get the actors that played these characters in the movies, so it's completely new. It's different, uh, but it's the same. I mean, it's it's these same stories that we movies that right. that we grew up on. Uh, like in Ghostbusters, they got Jack Black and I think Bill Hader to play Ghostbusters in that oh, one. And yeah, it's kind of cool. I think Seth Rogen was involved in that too. Gotcha. Yeah, cool. Uh, it's that kind of thing. So in this live read of The Empire Strikes Back, they've cast. Ellen Page as Ooh. Han Solo. Holy shit. And Jessica Alba as Leia. That's awesome. That's cool. I think it's cool. Yeah, it is. Dude, I don't I don't I haven't heard I haven't been on any sites where people have like given the reactions to it. Okay. Guys, this is not it's a fucking live read. Yeah. It's a fucking live read. Right. I mean, the cool thing about it is is they it's like it's all impromptu. They have to try yeah. to fit themselves into the character on a spot. Yeah. With no prep. So Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Ellen Page? Yeah, uh, hell yeah. As Han Solo. She's awesome. It's a it's a live read though. It's not like uh, you know, and it's a one-time thing. They don't even record these as far as I know. Right. And I think it's just a fun thing. I think it's just a fun experiment and I, I would love I would love to be in there. Like I think the tickets for this one sold out faster than any of them. Oh, I bet. 
Uh, they also, uh, the live read also stars Aaron Paul as Luke Skywalker. Oh, no kidding. That's cool. J.K. Simmons as Darth Vader. Really? Yeah. Huh. Freaking uh, J. Jonah Jameson yeah. himself as yeah. Vader. <laughs> uh, Steven Merchant as C-3PO. It's perfect. <laughs> if you've watched Hello, Ladies on uh, HBO, the tall actor, that's Steven Merchant. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the commercial. It's a car commercial. They got the really tall guy with the glasses on, and he's walking around the streets, and all these women are smiling at him. I think I might have. And behind him is this car that they're selling in the commercial. Mm-hmm. The people are smiling and looking at that car, and he thinks it's him. Ah, uh, right, yeah. He's kind of like a tall, lanky, awkward, geeky-looking guy, mm-hmm. Stephen Merchant. If you saw the guy, he's perfect to see 3 po This is... Great casting. <laughs> 24 is Dennis Haysbert as Lando Calrissian. And Kevin Pollock as Yoda. Oh, really? <laughs> One of my favorite comics of all time. That's cool. He played the son in the uh, Grumpy Old Men movies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love Stephen Pollock. He's come to Peoria so many times and I haven't seen him. Really? It's upsetting. Wow. He goes to the jukebox, yeah, I jukebox. think, at least once or twice a year. I need to fucking get off my ass and see him. I love Kevin Pollock. I think these live reads are great. I think this is one of the better ones. Yeah. I mean, I think they're really cool. It's kind of like a, you know, a actor's version of like an acoustic live, you know, Yeah, show. like Unplugged. Unplugged, yeah. 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 Totally. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it. really awesome. Yeah. You just got to take it for what it's worth. I would love to be a fly on the wall when they did this yeah, one. Yeah, no man. kidding. All right. So, a website called stitchkingdom.com claims that they know the name of another character in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Here's what the article had to say. Lucasfilm and Walt Disney Studios recently announced the names of, for several of the characters featured in the trailer for Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. On December 11th, Lucasfilm went ahead and registered several related applications for several of these characters, including BB-8, you know, the ball droid, Kylo Ren, the Sith, and Poe Dameron, the X-Wing fighter pilot. Among the registrations, however, were many for a Captain Phasma, which we were unable to find any previous documentation outside an extensive fan fiction titled Tarkin's Fist in random usernames. We will continue to provide more information as it becomes available to us, including monitoring trademark applications for additional characters, considering there are still several already known characters who have yet to show up in the applications. So... A lot of people are thinking that this Captain Phasma is the name of Gwendolyn Christie's Chrome Trooper. Okay. That sounds so, like it could be. Yeah. Could this makes I guess this makes sense. I mean we heard like the rumored names on set. We heard Kira was gonna be Daisy Ridley's character. Right. This though sounds like, you know, that they've already kind of uh registered this name Captain Phasma. So this sounds like this could actually be a character right. in the movie. Yeah. And then uh one of the things you guys were talking about last week is you only got a single name for her, Ray. Yeah. Do you think there's still possibility it could be like Kira Ray or Ray Kira? Uh, possibly. I'm hoping to hear more of a recognizable name attached to it, right. like Solo or Skywalker. Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could care less about Kira. I just <laughs> want, I want, I want to know who the offspring are. Right. You know, to these characters that we love. Uh huh. We're less than a year now, dude. I know. Isn't that crazy? Fucking nuts. Wow. Yeah. Less than a year to new Star yeah. Wars. It's all downhill from here. Hell yes. 
All right. Let's talk a little Andy Serkis news. Andy Serkis dropped some really cool hints about his character in Entertainment Weekly and debunks some of the rumors that we've reported on our show here in the past. Okay. Here they are. The voice in the trailer is the voice of the character of the movie, unaltered. He only plays this one character. So, not the two characters. He doesn't right. play a mocap character or a... F- you know what? He plays one or the other. Sure, right. So... My bet is he's the evil behind the scenes. That's such an intimidating one, voice. The yeah. one pulling the strings. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's my bet. That's a great guess. All right. He won't say if the character is performance capture or not. Okay, yeah, it's the third one. The only backstory he'll give, he's been through some stuff. Well, okay. Everybody has. <laughs> that's not that's not that big deal. Doesn't really lead you to anywhere. The only thing I don't know. He's been through some stuff. Hmm. Huh. I don't know, man. I'm not even going to guess. I'll be wrong. Could be a regurgitated Boba Fett. That's what I was thinking, but I didn't want to say it. He's been through the Sarlacc pit's intestines. (laughs) But he he looks nothing like a clone grown up. No. Uh Uh-uh. Right. Yeah, not even... Well, maybe it mangled him. Who knows? <laughs> now you're left with Andy Circus. I'm sure Andy Circus is is was happy when they brought him into the into the into the meeting where they're like, "All right, well, you're going to play a mangled up Boba Fett, right?" The guy that we got to originally play him, an attractive man. You're a chewed up version. Yeah, you're mangled. I'm sorry, Andy. All right. He is not leading a band of gymnasts or acrobats, as was rumored. So that's why I thought maybe the parkour shit was bullshit. Right, gotcha. Because of Andy Serkis' comments. And then the final thing he says, of course, he'll be getting an action figure. Right. Man, that... Oh, I hope he is the fucking big bad. I'd love to see... I mean, he's fucking... Oh, range of emotion, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Be awesome. I'd yeah. love to see him be the big bad in that movie. Oh, it'd be great. It'd yeah. be great. The guy pulling the strings. And, I, and uh, you know, I don't want to see too much of him in this movie. Right, yeah. Behind Save the Save him for like eight and nine. Sure. You know, let Ryan Johnson have a crack at this character, right. too. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I don't think he's going to be the the one like they take out at the end of the film or even if, if they're going to take him out. But yeah, yeah he's going to be the overarching character, I hope. Yeah. That'd be cool. Dude, that's, uh, we did it, Frank. That's it? That's it. Whoa. We did it. It happened. Episode 71. Woohoo! The Brian and Frank episode. It's either going to be a good episode <laughs> or everyone's going to hate it. Right. It's like going to be like Batman v Superman. <laughs> <laughs> either this fucker went up in flames uh, or... We right. have no idea. You did a great job, Frank. It's great. It was great having you back. Well, thank you. I'm it glad to be back. It was great having you back. And I appreciate all the love everybody threw my way. Yeah, I talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, I, I'm so glad to be here. Uh, it's 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 a big deal to me to be able to be a part of this, and uh, I I don't know that I could ever just give it up and leave. I, I think people kind of had the impression that I was like going somewhere for good. And granted, while schedules are tight and stuff, I've got a super awesome support system in my wife, and uh, if anything. 
she's like driving me on to make sure I can stay a part of it as opposed to doing like what you hear like typical wives do like bitching and complaining that the guy's not home or whatever. Yeah. She, she's awesome. And she knows how much I like being a part of this. And, uh, I'm really, really grateful and glad to be here all the time. 98 likes, Frank. That's insane. On that post. That's more than any I've ever had on my own personal page. That's more than we've ever had on the Pop Culture Leftovers page, Frank. That's nuts. You're a huge part of this show. And I know people have said, like, I don't know if Brian really likes Frank. I consider Frank and Jake two of my best friends in this world. And uh, I can't imagine doing the show without either of them. And just like, honestly, like, if you couldn't be here every week or whatever, you're always welcome back. You're like my... Andy Richter, you know what I mean. Yeah. Conan has said that you know Andy was welcome back when 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 Andy left the show. Conan said, "Anytime you want to come back, you can come back," and that's how I feel. Uh, I, our our listeners love you, and and Frank is a good friend, and uh, I'll be damned. I'll do everything in my power to keep you on the show. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. There's no plans on it, so right. don't people freak out or anything. I know, so. I'm getting emotional over I, here. Don't do that. It's okay. I, I can have... feel the waterworks. Oh, no. I'm getting verklempt. I'm getting verklempt. Galora should put him. Somebody spoke of some Michael Lackanozoid. Galgadot's hair looks like a handful of pubes. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, we're going to end this one, episode 71. I have no idea what we're going to be talking about next week. I'm probably going to see Wild now. The Reese Witherspoon movie. Probably going to be talking about that one on the next week's show. I don't know what other movies are coming out next week. Oh, yeah, dude. It's the week of Christmas. I, mm-hmm. I don't, American Sniper might be coming out. Yeah, that's it's, the 25th. It's it? the 25th, dude, but it's in select cities, oh. and then it's a wide release on January 9th. Oh, wow, okay. I'm <clears throat> definitely not going to be watching the interview. No. I might see Unbroken, the Angelina Jolie-directed film, right. which I think is getting mixed reception. Um... But, uh, yeah, this is 71. Thank you, Frank. And just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage, and thanks for listening. And Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to y'all. Merry Christmas. Should I play the, should, should the bells? Should the bells, like, see us out, Frank? Should, you know what you, you should do if you got that clip handy of uh, America, or Christmas Vacation? Yeah. The tirade? Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Merry Christmas. Jake, uh, Jake's not here, but Jake wishes everybody a Merry Christmas, too. So Merry Christmas from me, me, and Jake somewhere out there. Jake's not here, man. All right, guys. (laughs) Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next week at episode 71, followed by uh, episode 72, followed by episode 73, the Tupperwares. Tupperwares. Tuppies. I gotta hit stop on the stamp thing. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. 
We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat It's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcast that original and good. Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft The crap Even though we're the shit Woo! We're the leftovers Picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Gonna toss it Gonna taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it Can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture carryover Counterculture pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say Has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that Love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.